Welcome to Fate Moon Archive, a podcast <laughs> about waiting through 20 years of Type Moon. I'm your host, Fen. My pronouns are Fayfair. And joining me is... I'm your co-host, Ben Enns, and my pronouns are she, they. Today, we are joined by the podcast's Yandere Imoto Catherine. Hello, I'm here to be pretentious. My pronouns are she, her. Today, also, we are beginning... I just realized that I had today. Anyway, we are beginning the end of Zero... With an interlude and then Acts 13 and 14. <laughs> Things sure happen. But we're continuing our slog through poorly translated uh, VNs. Fan translated VNs. I can't read today, apparently. <laughs> and our joyful journey through anime. It's Yuri Tea time. Me and Fen are both exhausted. I'm entering month two of being sick. Uh, Fen just isn't sleeping. We're also recording a little later than normal after recording way later than normal. So we haven't like set back to our normal time yet. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, I think I might be allergic to the flowers that are on my desk. That's no good. That's not good. <laughs> I, at, but on the other hand, they are lilies. Yeah. So it's impossible <sighs> to say if bad or not. Um, Get medicated for your lily allergy. I'm telling you, I'm taking so many different kinds of allergy meds hoping to breathe again. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's start with, I'm, I finished, I started unfinished, uh, Himegoto Juku Sai no Seifuku. Best spelling for that one's gonna be in the episode description if you want to look it up, folks. Yes. Uh, <laughs> if you look up Himegoto, you're gonna find a lot of stuff named Himegoto, I feel Because that's like. just secret. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little hard to like yeah um uh it's very good it's a series about three protagonists um a yeah uh a kind of uh it's a series about three protagonists who's yeah i guess i could say their basic deal because it becomes clear very quickly one of them's trans a trans girl one of them is a sex worker who uh and the third a sex worker who um kind of uses sex work to affirm that she's still young and pretty uh and the third is a uh girl who's kind of a tomboy um but maybe wants to not dress so boyishly that middle one that's never ended badly for anyone Oh, no, yeah, no, I'm sure. Uh... I'm sure that girl has the happiest, best arc with like all ups. I would highly recommend this series if you enjoy girls being mean to each other. <laughs> um, <laughs> the fence special. Yes, it is. It is a. Uh, it is a soap opera in, or you know, average. Uh, average. Um, Jose manga uh in the most like acclamatory sense mm -hmm. uh there are there are wild shifts in like uh uh or there are wild like plot twists and uh people are mean to each other and there's a lot of sex that happens um and so funny because fen is always like Hey, I'm just a gentle little creature. I don't know why you're always <laughs> arguing with me, Ben. And then Fen would be like, Yeah, I watched this video. I, I highly recommend it. It's two women beating each other to death with baseball bats for 30 minutes. Okay. No one dies as far as I remember. 
Um, wow, thanks for the spoilers. <laughs> uh, I said as far as I remember, maybe someone does. Um, but I think the the all of this is like interesting. I really like the trans character a whole lot. I think what what it particularly excels at is digging into the ways in which uh all three of the characters have uh have some gender stuff going on with them and uh the com or the manga is really good at having uh gender <laughs> gender parentheses bad happen to these characters um i think it is yeah uh, I cannot recommend it highly enough if you're okay with a series that has a lot of sex. Like, it, uh -huh. it is, yeah, they're, uh, it was like every once in a while I'd be like, oh yeah, like this is a normal series that I could recommend. And then it's like, oh yeah, th then three chapters of just like a lot of titty. They're all college students, right? Yeah. That's the key part is that they're college students with enormous hangups about high school and younger. Yes. Uh -huh. Um... Yeah, the Juku Sai no Seifuku is like uniform. I think uniforms at eight, nineteen is a fan translation, but it's like it since the the uh, like adult in Japan is twenty. Mm -hmm. uh, There's this liminal space between yes. graduating high school and technically being an adult that doesn't exist in the United States because eighteen is yeah, yeah. when you're an adult. Yes, it is I like guess, it doesn't. You can still not drink, but like. It that feels like a softer like uh bar to jump in in the United States than it feels like it is in Japanese media. You know yeah. what I mean? And over here, you can just drink at eighteen. So, yeah. um, yeah. So it's like yes, it is an interesting. I was thinking about this recently when I was like, it's kind of like being seventeen in the U.S., but it's not quite because part of the play of the title is like, oh, you're out of high school, yeah. you no longer have a uniform because you're at college, but uh you are still wearing a uniform because society demands that mm -hmm. you act in certain ways mm -hmm. um yeah it it i i kind of went into it expecting a trashy time mm -hmm. and got a trashy time but also one that like went way harder than i expected mm -hmm. uh yeah it's really good well, yeah one of uh one of my friends uh doors it to death so it's on my to check out list when ben's done with it at some point we'll probably do a real year tea time but i just wanted to say that it's really good i feel like i still got about 75 girlfriends to get through first <laughs> that's a joke there's like 50 chapters of that and it's gonna be like three more girls <laughs> Yeah. I mean, uh, hey, hey, good good to make the girls feel well realized and you know. There's definitely are the girls well realized? They're very funny. <laughs> okay, I mean for for the for the type of series that is, I feel like that's basically the same thing. <laughs> uh, it's not always funny, but a lot of the it's a lot of uh, highly specific types of girls. I'm talking about the the 100 girlfriends who really 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 love you cuz I've been reading that uh manga. Uh I will try to read that for next time. I usually wait until the, the anime is over before I dip into reading these uh like series that I'm not over the moon for, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? But uh I've had a toothache all week and I was like, I need something. Mm hmm So I'm reading a bunch of that. I did start a Kevy Chan uh no 
Taylor Seifuku. Yeah, yeah. Um, the last oh. girl I got to was um, this uh, wandering bard girl who really just goes to a different school and dresses like Snufkin from Moomin. <laughs> uh, she's like, I'm going to play you a beautiful ballad for all the things you've done to me and then proceeds to play the worst ocarina music <laughs> that anyone's ever heard for like so long. We love to see it. I I just remembered I had another uh, podcast-related dream, though this one was much more normal than the last one. Uh, for the listeners, if this gets capped, I had a dream where I was solving a some sort of mystery at a hospital with Ben and Fen, like a couple <laughs> months ago, I think. <laughs> but no, I, ha- I had I had another dream last night where for some reason we were watching Suki Monogatari over Discord. <laughs> Deal with that what you will. Well this is this is me and Fens. Uh we're we're broadening out into dream podcasts. <laughs> Enter your dreams and sap your life force in exchange for podcast. <laughs> Bespoke podcasts. Uh what a great segue into not the next thing that we're covering. <laughs> uh, we also played this time for the the altogether jam altogether are waiting through poorly translated uh fan translated vns we it was a jam io christmas eve Christmas snore. You didn't play the original IO? Uh, I played the original IO. I didn't play Christmas Eve. Wow, Ben. Impressive that you played a game in Japanese. I thought you that your toothache <laughs> was keeping you from Tsukihime. <laughs> here you are, just going this off. Is, and... This is a spin-off. Uh, this um, is like a pre-fan okay. disc. Yes. <laughs> which is really funny. Uh, for a game that is not translated as part of this jam, presumably because it wasn't released for a while after. Yeah, it was like a year later, IO, the game that this is a, a spin-off slash fan disc It's of. still not translated, right? No, no. That's so funny. Uh, IO, automatically better because it does have the main heroine uh, wearing like a an animal ear headband. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I have notes for this. You want to guess how many words of notes I have for this? Like 300. Is that way 500? too many? 386. Oh, so wow. I, like right in the middle. Um, This was not very this is good. A disaster. I was like, oh, hey, hey, it's novel format. And then I was like, oh, wow, you're doing this so wrong. <laughs> I yeah, think this is partly the the uh, possibly partly the translator, right? The fact that the words go off the page by so much. Yeah, it, yeah, um, probably. But like, they're putting way too much. Okay, my technical complaints about we know the devil. Um, mm-hmm. They put way too much text per page, and they make you like click way too many times per line. Oh my god, some of these lines they like uh when the kid's counting seeds, and it makes you click. Click, oh click, my click, god click, yeah like for each fucking number and i was like oh my god i feel like i'm gonna like kill this person who made this 
And then they made me do it again. <laughs> and then so I did. I did use my mind to kill this guy. <laughs> it's, yeah, this is not very good. No. It's, it's, so it's like, it's, it's, okay. It is a, it is a mix of, uh, serial experiments lane. Eon. What? Okay. <laughs> in that there are computers, is what you mean. Well, and in that the the girl becomes a uh, virus on the net. Well, she makes a virus, oh, puts it on. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was about to say. I feel like there's a there's a big difference in nuance between. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think yeah. this. I think describing I.O. Christmas Eve as Serial Experiments Lane makes the game Wait. seem way cooler than it is. What was the other half of that? We we oh. got so thrown by this by Lane and Narcissu. <laughs> oh, or, yeah. Also, or like any any key game or it's also like... got the vibe. I re- started when I started reading this. I was like, oh shit, this is that. Uh, what's the what's the game with that was just like the the girl who didn't move away. Which was also around Christmas, wasn't it? Oh, uh, uh, like a mid a winter, a winter's tale? tale. Yes, yes, a winter's tale. Uh, much like a winter's tale. Uh, I also have a like format thing about. It would be so much more interesting. I don't know that it would be good. It would be more interesting if the entire game was uh the the dying girl's diary entries. Hmm. Yeah, because the... Okay, so... I I guess I just want to preface this by saying that I.O. Christmas Eve might be the worst visual novel I've ever read. (laughs) Not because... I think there are visual novels I have read that that you could call worse, but I.O. Christmas Eve inspired literally no emotion in me. It's not even bad enough for me to, like properly hate it is the problem (laughs) Mm -hmm. but yeah it'd be better if it was from the sick girl's perspective because the male perspective character has about as much personality as a mobile game self-insert maybe less i think yes this is the thing is it's so funny i was like oh right he he really is just a self-insert and then there's a picture that like jump scared me at the end where it's like, wait, he has a face? No, they should have done that thing that uh Kanan did where he just shows up with no face at the end. <laughs> Truly horrifying. You could just like cut it should just have like a hole for you to stick your it should like print you can print it out, cut the face out, and then stick your own face into it. <laughs> Um, okay, so this is a story about two kids who, uh... Adopt a child. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is the other thing about it, is that it's, like, a story of, like, family and motherhood, so I guess it's in conversation with Fate Fucking Zero. Um, uh, yes, they, it starts snowing, they play hooky a couple days before Christmas, and somehow end up living in the park for, like, five days in a snow hut filled with, like, appliances. Yes. Enough stuff that they can, like, cook meals and not die in the snow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> For days. Without anyone caring or noticing. Ah. Uh, and in the meantime, they take care of a girl who they do not realize is dying. Yes. I don't... The, one of the funniest parts of the translation of this is I don't remember the... It, it is what, like, in the US we would call an igloo. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what the, the specific... Kamakura. 
Kamakura? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The translation does not explain that term at all. No. But does mention for Kotatsu that it is a table with a warmer under it with blankets that you, like, tuck <laughs> your feet into. So I was like, thanks, I knew that one from, like, any Japanese culture thing that I've read ever. Uh, Kotatsu seems real nice. Yeah. Uh, uh, I wouldn't want to live in the fucking park in a, <laughs> like I'm the fucking rabbit yeah. from Blue Archive. Yes, this is, okay. Uh, I Catherine feel like is, even them are going to build a shack when it gets winter out. Catherine is correct that uh, it inspired basically no emotion, except for the one little bit where it suddenly cuts like four days ahead and they're still in the in the thing. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> yeah, um, why? I said at the beginning, Fen was like, it's just, this isn't that weird. It's not like they're running like cables into the igloo, Ben. They just have like wireless like appliances, you know what I mean? Like stuff that's oil based and like, yeah. like a lantern that's electric or something. I was like, how many days do you think they spent in there, Ben? <laughs> okay. So I don't know where else I'll have the chance to talk about this. The poor translation makes every line they say about snowballs sound like an innuendo i'm I'm just gonna quote like three lines wahaha how was that many times bigger than yours mobiji why you sure are unleashing a terrible power at a time like this while rolling giant snowballs we were totally immersed in our frolicking um uh, every time every time i see uh the name momiji because this game inspires nothing else in me i'm like Tony Ma is pretty good this girl this anime girl too she like looks like a like uh second tier uh dude best friend character who, uh who like shows up at the beginning of the game like a like a like low rent adahiko type character you know yes it's so much it's so funny how much like how blocky and uh uh like sloppily <laughs> painted most of the it is and then like they've clearly put more work into the eyes. You know what I mean? Not that the eyes are good. Yeah. It's just like the rest of it looks like a sketch done with like uh acrylics that you get from the local high school. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it we we like said this at the beginning. There was a bit where I was like, oh, right. This is like the spinoff. It is a fan disc for a game that you already made. And it's Mm -hmm. what if they got to live like happily together and like adopted a child. And then I got to the epilogue or Mm -hmm. postscript where the author says, hey, doesn't this look like it has a background with like all of the the two characters (laughs) and like some other characters and is like, isn't this cool? It's not done yet, uh, but I hope you'll, like, stay tuned and, like, play it when it's done. And it's like, why did you make the fan disc first? <laughs> why not? I, I will be frank, this fan disc was not exactly inspiring the idea of checking out the actual game to me. It seems like the actual game is, like, there's a murder or something. Yeah, it looks like an like, action game or something like that. Yeah, it's... This kid is so funny, though. The guy's like, hey, kid... You you look a little lost. Are you okay? Where are your parents? She's like, oh, my mom's dead. Dad's still alive, though. <laughs> That's such a funny answer. <laughs> um, okay, okay. Let's see. But yes, 
The bit is that the kid disappears after they stop sm- after it stops snowing, and you we get these like <laughs> interspersed diary entries from the kid with just like a close up picture of like a keyboard in a dark <laughs> room. Uh-huh. Uh, and the kid is uh, dying of anime girl wasting disease, uh, parentheses, bone cancer this time. Got a real name for it and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, is writing a journal to, like, prove that she existed, I guess. And then this is the funny twist of this is that she becomes a hacker and creates an extremely uh, prolific virus that w- one year later on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve or whatever infects every computer in Japan with her diary. Because like, the, the kids go to the school, like, school library and open it up and like the journal of this girl that they met once who's dead now like pops up. And I was like, Huh, that's weird. Why would that be there? No, it's the Christmas virus. Yep. <laughs> um what a weird what a weird like spot to end on. You know what I mean? No, don't don't you get it, Ben? By writing the diary, her legacy lasted forever or something. Uh-huh. Something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I'm supposed to feel about this. Sad? It's so easy to, it's so easy to make me cry with shit like this, you know what I mean? This couldn't do it to me. (laughs) No, it didn't. This is basically an Oscar bait movie, but like as a 30 minute visual novel. Like really Mm -hmm. poorly put together one. I could like (laughs) still find this, this idea not quite like this, but like. Ba- the basic structure that's happening here is like, it doesn't it suck to die? <laughs> yeah, a lot yeah. of like the stories that I like are about that. And the translucent really well. JPEG of Sikihime floats over the screen. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, but yeah, this is just really poorly put together. And like I said, I didn't. This this can't. This couldn't make me cry. But I am very like. Uh, even if something makes me cry, that doesn't make it a good piece of media, right? <laughs> But it didn't even hit, like, that. Strings in a very, like, cheap way. I don't... Yeah, this is the thing, is, like... I I guess that's what it was trying to do? But, like, it didn't... It didn't even feel... It wasn't even manipulative enough for me to go, Ah, I see what you're doing. It just felt like... Yeah, there needs to be more, like... Oh, Bonichan, Onechan, this time I spent with you was the happiest time in uh-huh. my life. Like, they they barely even do that stuff. It's, like, uh-huh. kind of there, but it's so rushed. They're, they're, they're trying it, or when she's like, oh, if only they had chopped my leg off earlier, I wouldn't have met them, but I would have lived longer, and all this stuff. And it's like, ugh. <gasps> okay. Um, it's a bit... It doesn't really... <laughs> the tone... I don't know... <laughs> I don't know if amputating a child's leg is really a swing that I trust this visual novel to be making. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of trying to do this, like, arcade thing of, oh, you can't can't live life just by doing what you have to do. You have to, like, do the unimportant things, because that's what makes life actually worth living. Mm. Uh, Brackets, they don't do it well. It's technically there, but... Yes, yeah, this, uh, this one's not got a lot of juice. No. I'm hopeful. I, 
I'm hopeful for next time. But we'll talk about I, it. I, yeah. I, w- I was expecting Ben to roll up like, no, this was really good. <laughs> why the fuck would I be the... Why on earth? It's because so you... funny. It's so funny. I post... Okay. I don't want to talk about conversations that happen in the Discord all the time. Because I think that that's unfun for people who are not in the Discord. Uh, however, I posted in the Discord that I... Uh, me and Fen were going to have a spicy episode because of something, uh, well, I just said that, and everyone assumed that either I had started to love Zero, or, uh, or IO, or hate Madoka, or something like that, and I was like, why does everyone think I'm the one who's gonna be the problem? Gee, Ben, I wonder why! (laughs) Because you're the one who posted it! Um... Yeah, I'm so sorry for anyone who's been playing along with us. With the uh, Altogether Jam? Yeah. Who I think... was doing that at this point? People got to be listening to this and being like, oh, Midsummer Day's Resonance? That sounds cute. I'll check it out. Yeah. People ain't over here think... playing uh, fucking Planes oh, Christmas special. <laughs> Narcissu, until, I will say... until we meet again and a Midsummer Day's Resonance are the three that I would recommend of the ones that we've played so far. Which one? Narcissu. Narcissu, Until We Meet Again. Which That's is the train. Train. This is and all of the worst Day's ones. Resonance. All of the worst ones have been about <laughs> Christmas. Plane song's also bad, but that's four things, and three of those are about Christmas Eve. Uh, yes. Accurate. I will say, it's kind of, it kind of ended up being sort of, like, funnily topical that I was also on the Narcissu episode, mm. because through our discussion of that, I was like, wow, can you imagine how much worse this would be if it was just, like, a normal boy and an ill girl? <laughs> and, uh... I guess what can... I still maintain that it would have been great if that, ca- if that guy died with her in, uh, mm-hmm. in Narcissu, you know what I mean? But like, yeah. damn, this is, this is, this is so much, wow, that, that dying girl really did teach me a valuable lesson <laughs> as I go and get married and have a child with my boring childhood friend wife who cooks stew for me even when we live in a park. <laughs> okay. Do we have anything else to say? No. Uh, don't read it. Yep. Don't read it. Um, you can if you want to, but it's really a waste of your forty-three <laughs> minutes or whatever. Li- literally, like a random YouTube video essay that you throw on as background noise because you need something to listen to. Probably better use of your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We also watched. Well, Ben and I watched the compilation movies. I don't know. How did I... you? Did you do the the series, Catherine? Uh, yup, I I was too lazy to download the movies. We watched. I've watched the series this Wayla, year, just a couple magic. Uh, Magi, Madoka Magica.
trying to get through that and you were like saying the title so i started saying a couple of magis ago <laughs> instead of months <laughs> the title started blending into my words these are not summary movies it's basically just it's, the show yeah uh i believe that the first t the first movie is like two hours and 11 minutes so they had to cut something they cut basically two episodes worth and then the second movie makes up for that by adding an episode's worth of this is, new stuff this is fascinating because i feel like the first movie i was like what have they actually cut and i noticed that like what they seem to have cut mostly in the first one is every pause for breath <laughs> from those first eight episodes because it's really just like bang 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 like thing to thing to thing to thing to thing and then the second movie happens and it's all happening at a normal pace again yes and or yeah there are and then there are moments of like oh no we're just gonna add like another shot to like slow this down uh-huh and let you like think about Umbra wandering through one of japan's <laughs> many wastelands <laughs> uh yeah you know japan famous for its savannas <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a metaphor for the atom bomb <laughs> um <laughs> yeah madoka slaps madoka yeah slaps. Monica really slaps. I'm like, where where do we even start? This okay. is my problem. Okay, okay. My it, problem It is yesterday. Let me finish. Let me finish. Yesterday, while we were when we started it, we were like a little bit through the movie before the nightmare happened and we were pulled away to watch four <laughs> episodes of Zero before we were allowed to finish the movie. Um I turned to Fen and I was like, I honestly do not know how to talk critically about this movie. This is a, a movie that I saw at a formative time. This show. This show. Yes. Well, they're move we were watching movies. You <laughs> okay, know what yes. I fucking mean. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to talk about this piece of media. I saw it at a formative time. It's really important to me. I feel like my critical sense is not like uh all the way here for this because I have a lot of attachment to it personally. You know what I mean? Uh so I don't know how I'm gonna talk about it. This is why I've avoided talking about it for your tea time for so long. <laughs> um and then, uh, yes, we were interrupted and had to go watch Zero, uh, and I mm -hmm. wanted to pull my fingernails off. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's it's good. Yes. I also don't have, like... It was... Okay. The, the place I can start is it was really interesting watching it this time because I was like, oh. Oh. This is absolutely written by the same guy who yeah. wrote Zero. Like... <laughs> Uh, the uh, only real Homura difference is just cooler Karitsuko a little bit. <laughs> She's actually Shiro because they're all Shiro. Yeah. But they're, they're all Shiro's. Uh huh. I, I if I recall correctly, a little bit of Shiki. But yeah, I I, I can see it, but that's because Heaven's Feel is basically about Shiro becoming more of a Shiki. Yes. So. <laughs> Uh, brackets. That's why it's the best route. Um, and, hell yeah. Um, so the thi the thing is, I'm pretty sure when they hired Urobuchi for Madoka, they literally told him write something like Fate. So in my eyes, Madoka Magica is a spiritual Fate spinoff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's very funny. Yeah, it's the uh, I can I can see that. You know what I mean? Um. But, like, turns out it's good. 
Yeah. Like, I maintain that Zero has stuff in it that I think could be interesting, even if I think that the, like, broad, uh, the project is bad, right? I think some of the ideas could be done better if they were free from the shackles of being a bad prequel project. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And so Madoka is kind of a proof of concept of that, right? It kind of has similar, similar broad thematic leanings, right? Whereas, yeah. the the basic questions are not all like exactly the same or anything like that. And Homura is Kiritsugu uh in a very in like very funny superficial ways. You know what I mean? Because she's like <laughs> yes, a she's time gone. Mage who has stunted emotions and has a gun. <laughs> yes, which is like oh right, this is what Urobochi thinks is cool. Yes. <laughs> and and he's like, right, he's right. <laughs> I wouldn't even necessarily be anti Kuritsugu if I didn't think Zero was like so bad. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. I know I'm the lowest on Zero. So, Catherine, the fight that, the thing that I said, the thing that led to me posting about me and Fen getting into a fight was Fen saying, watching Madoka again is dragging Madoka down and Fate Zero up. And so I was like, this is going to be hell because I'm going to be stuck in a two front battle where Fen <laughs> is arguing that uh, Fen and you are arguing that Fate Zero isn't very, very so bad, and Fen was arguing that Madoka's not as good. Okay, I, okay, I'm okay. I'm happy to fight Fen. I'm ha- I'm happy to like I'm just gonna like shift allegiances through this podcast. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Some might say Let that I'm a double this. agent <laughs> who can who. Goes into conflicts between the Beige Association and the Church. <laughs> um, I think uh, I was making a joke in the podcast uh, in the chat. You know what I mean, Fred? I didn't think yeah. you were going to come in here being like Madoka's shit. I hate it or anything like that. No, I think okay. like so. I want to know what are you thinking, Fen? Like, what led you to that? Recap, Madoka. Do we have to? <laughs> uh, Madoka is about Homura, who has never done anything wrong in her life. Homura is like the coolest woman alive because she's a loser and she sucks. <laughs> uh, I don't. But know... also, she's never done anything wrong. Like, sorry if this if this conversation is unintelligible. Uh, <laughs> please spend the next five and a half hours watching. The TV show Madoka Magica. Just watch the series, Madoka. the compilation, and then watch the movie. Yeah, watch. Okay, there's something happening here. There is a series. It's 12 episodes. It's very good. You can watch it. It stands on its own. I think it's fantastic. There are two compilation movies, which uh, don't really add much. Uh, They just like change up some of the way that the scenes look, and they add some like and ship two characters harder than show does. One conversation (laughs) to help ship a pair of characters, but that's fine. Uh, There is a third movie called Rebellion that is a sequel. Yes. There will be another movie coming. Some soon. Gosh. Is it really soon? It's soon. Oh, Christ. If I, it is soon, parentheses, assuming that, like, Shaft somehow gets their stuff together and gets it out. Uh, yes, that, uh, that plus, like, six months wait for the Blu-ray to come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yes. That so. is... Uh, Walpurgis no Kaitan or 
It's like Walpurg Wal- is not Walpurg rising. is not rising. Yeah. I think it's like funny that it breaks the cycle of the uh, localization names being like single words. You know what I mean? I don't remember what the first one is, but the second is Eternity and the third is uh, Rebellion. Uh, so it's funny that they've like broken out of that. Yeah, what is the it's Hajimari no? I don't I am not It's Beginnings about that. Beginnings Eternity Rebellion. Hell yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Um I'm not optimistic about that sequel movie, but Rebellion is fucking sick as hell. Rebellion, <laughs> Rebellion is that next time. Yeah. Incredible. We we're not talking about it until next time, but so. Rebellion is probably the best Madoka Magical thing. Madoka is like a like speed run of a magical girl story uh, with twists. <laughs> it's about a girl named Madoka who is tempted to become a magical girl in exchange for uh, any wish she can imagine. Mm-hmm. And uh, she has some friends who get mixed up in it in various ways. But the main the core of the show is the relationship between Madoka and another girl named Homura, who appears from nowhere and seems uh, hell bent on stopping Madoka from becoming a magical girl. At first, people claim it's because uh, Madoka is going to be very powerful and Homura is jealous of that and doesn't want her to get in her way because uh, magical girls are a cu- is a cutthroat industry in this world. Uh, but it becomes increasingly clear that Homura uh, has ulterior motives. Parentheses is a time traveler. <laughs> Parentheses is gay. So gay. Oh my god. That's that's a homosexual girl right there. They don't uh-huh. call her Homura for nothing. No. <laughs> um. Yeah, Homura's great. Uh huh. Real, real incredible creature. Yeah, fantastic girl. So by the end of the series, everyone has died except Madoka and Homura. Uh, while a uh impossibly powerful witch, the monsters that they're fighting against, is are is going to arrive in the city and destroy it. Homura is uh trying to fight it on her own because she's been in an endless time loop trying to save madoka from her inevitable fate while watching her die every single time and all the while making madoka into a like flashpoint uh turning point for the entire universe by like tying timelines around her and then uh madoka uses that power to try and make a wish to save everyone at the cost of herself as a human sacrifice now, the wish that Madoka does make does kind of just make it a more humane sacrifice kind of situation. But, you know, she's doing her best. She's, like, in middle school. Yeah, and she does sort of, um, you know, before going to do it, she does have a talk with her mom where she's like, oh, no, I do, like, actually, I do sort of value myself now, and I understand that, like, people care about me and love me and that like i should care about myself but also i don't know what else to fucking do Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah um and then uh it ends with madoka having like changed the world for the better basically previously magical girls who uh like run out of energy and fall into despair, turn into the witch- very witches that they're fighting against. This is the big twist of the series, right? It's like, we were the monsters all along, et cetera, et cetera. So she turns into a godlike figure that erases witches before they come to exist, uh, like bringing them to some kind of magical girl heaven. Yeah. Seems like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. And she's 
Madoka, fated to become the worst witch of them all, worded this... This is the most Nasu that uh, uh, this gets, I think, is Madoka worded her wish in such a way that it, uh, the like rules of the wish bind herself despite creating a paradox. This is very like how magic works in, Nas- in Nasu stuff, where it's like if you can word it a particular way, uh, it trumps reality and, <laughs> and everyone else's powers. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good. Uh-huh. And then uh, the New World, uh, Homura is the only one who really remembers her besides, like, a, a kid who thinks she's an imaginary friend. Her brother. Her little brother. Yeah. Who doesn't That's important. It's not just some random kid. Yeah, but I get the vibe that it's, like, he's not going to, like, remember that forever. You know what I mean? He's going to grow out of that. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's going to grow up and be like, Madoka was real. Even Homer is <laughs> like, I'm not sure Madoka was real, and I've been in love with her for an untold amount of time. Um, there was oh right the okay. Not to complain about Madoka, but I'm about to go over the table at fun. <laughs> all right, all right, we're ready, we're ready. You know that thing that cats do where they kind of like wiggle their bottoms when they're getting <laughs> yeah, <go> yeah. <laughs> uh, the one, the one thing that struck me on this watch was that the like the metaphysics of witches make zero sense. No. Half of magical girls die fighting witches. Mm-hmm. The other half become witches. Mm-hmm. So most of the time, there would be like, a new magical girl gets born. She has one witch to fight, and it's whoever was there before her. Mm-hmm. And then she's just kind of like, vibing, I guess? Well, I guess the thing is that witches um, multiply. Well, this is the thing, well, is that they... Which is also make yeah. familiars, which can turn into witches if you well, leave them yeah, be so, and this long is the enough. Thing, is that I was like, oh, the the um the gotcha game, the the Madoka Magica gotcha game should be about like carefully raising familiars to get grief seeds from them. Oh, that's and, like because <laughs> that's like that's something that one of the girls, uh, Kayako, kind of recommends, right? She's yeah. like, no, 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 you don't kill it. You let it eat four or five people first, and then you kill it. Yeah, which is like, yeah, you would basically grim, have but... to do this if you wanted to last more than like a month or something. Now, I do think that this is something that it has in common with Fate Zero, where in order to make this world make sense, there has to be untold amounts of carnage happening just off screen at all times. Yes. <laughs> that doesn't really affect society at all, right? Yeah. It's like uh, it's like Maya's uh, like... Oh, yes, there are terrorist slave nations all over the world. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like um, every back alley has people with rocket launchers in it, you know? Uh, so that is like a prerequisite of how this world works is like, oh, how many people are dying from witches every day? You know what I mean? In order to maintain this. Yeah. Yeah, though they talk about how witches like... This can cause death by illness or suicide or they all other seem to get things. caught pretty quick is the thing. Yeah, um, my my point more so is that I feel like a lot of witch deaths just get filed under. Oh, this person got sick and they died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always yeah. like chalked up as a disaster, but like, uh, it does feel a little unreal. It at times the like metaphysics of the world feel a little unreal because it's like, oh yes. Everything good and everything bad that's ever happened is because of magical girls and witches. And other than that, you would still be living in caves. And it's a very silly. It's very silly at times. I'm yeah. not 
not sure if you're supposed to be taking the character at their word when they uh-huh. say that. This is the thing for me, mm-hmm. is like, I don't think that magical girls during World War II were like, you know what I want to wish for is like technological advances in cryptography. <laughs> yes, this is this is the thing. Okay. This is where it bothers me. This is the thing that has always kind of bothered me with, Ma- with Madoka is when they are like, and here's like possibly a little Jewish girl hiding from the Nazis. And here's like Cleopatra and here's John of Arc. And it's like, how are they magical girls? <laughs> okay. I, y- like, y- I, that I, stuff I, is I, very y- silly. It just doesn't match yeah. with the, the legends that they are being referenced. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't match with how magical girls are portrayed in the show to tie it into. I guess I get that the thing that is broadly being done is being like, Oh, this is about the oppression of women. Madoka is about women suffering. Right. That makes sense. But like tying it to these like big name cases where it's like, it just doesn't match with the, the, the witch thing. No, they probably should have picked like Joan of Arc. Maybe. Jean of Arc f- did not famously turn into a monster and kill everyone in the square when she was burned to death. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you no, don't that's know true. That. Maybe it may- covered up in the history books. Oh, <laughs> uh, no! I think I'm. Uh, maybe they should have gone for slightly more mid-range historical figures. If you get my drift. Yeah. yeah. I don't even think that they need this. Is the thing like the bit where it's like, oh. Madoka appears to a bunch of historical girls like the the like uh Moe anime Viking girl and shit like that. It's the so Moe silly. anime Viking girl is great. It's so silly. it's so funny, you know what I mean? So I don't yeah. think that it needs to like tie it into this like um I don't think we need to see that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh for it to work. That that's the part that's always felt the most uh for lack of a better word cringe to me. But uh, I do get the metaphor that it's going for. I just think that that's uh, a s- kind of a silly way to do it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That that's completely fair. I at some point in my life, I'm gonna read like the fucking Joan of Arc spinoff manga, and I'm gonna see how the fuck they try to handle this in Wait, practice. That's a real thing I'm that sorry, exists. That wrote about Joan of Arc. Uh, yes, there is a um um the um uh. Um, uh, Magi Tart Magica, The Legend of Joan of Arc, a spin-off manga released after the premiere of the Rebellion movie featuring Joan of Arc, originally serialized from 2013 to 2017, five volumes, released in the U.S. I do think that, um, uh, Rebellion benefits from not really worrying about that stuff and just focusing on what's happening in the here and now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um... Because, um... like, it's important that Madoka is, like, doing her like wish like echoes throughout time right and that's not really the part that i have a problem with but some of the like cube speeches about entropy are so like funny you know what i mean yeah it's i i do think it benefits all of a sudden it, it is but i think it also does benefit from the fact that like there is a lot of uh because they do talk about it a lot, but they leave just enough open that, like, you can take Cubay's words with... not You can't necessarily disregard them entirely, but you can take them with some uh-huh. skepticism, at yeah, least. The thing with Cubay is that if you're, like, if you're taking... 
you could take it at its word, right? Where it's like, oh no, I'm not lying. I'm just like care, like telling you things, and you're misunderstanding. And then there's a scene with uh, Kyoko where it just like plainly and clearly lies to her. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah so and... trust the little bastard. Yeah, uh, anyone. Who yeah, there's also a... actually like a, an arbiter of uh, like a like a Kube is the thing that is uh what people who are centrists uh actually are. <laughs> Right, it's like, oh no, you're on, you're on the wrong side, and you are using a claim of like logic and reason to uh, obfuscate your true intentions. You're just a bad person. You just suck shit. Yeah, and like, uh, there, there's this like whole bit where Cuba is like, well, actually, we're doing it for you guys. But in one of the timelines where Monica's witch form just goes ramping, Cuba is like, well, fuck you, losers. I'm out. Uh huh. How? How are they, how are they getting an how did they get enough energy? What's their quota? I thought it was infinity was what they were looking for. Fan, are you looking at this manga right now? No, sorry. I found the wildest spin-off manga which could be good cuz it's it's uh let's see. It's the it's the characters in their 30s from Mommy's viewpoint. Huh. Which is like, "Oh, that's cool." And then they just married all of them off to That's men. Insane. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, uh, let's see. Kayoko has like a kid and Sayaka has two That's kids. Insane. And... Luckily, you don't gotta worry about any of that when you watch the television show Monica yes. Magica. No, sorry. The the existence of like spin-off mangas made me go look and I was like, why would you do this? It is like <laughs> such a betrayal of everything that's going on in the main series. Yes, even Clearly even not like the same people, right? Uh, no, like no. if you if you like listen to the way Urobuchi talks about Monica and Homura in interviews, he knows. Like, mm-hmm. he 100% knows what he's doing. Uh-huh. Shoutouts to Urobuchi in this and only this situation. <laughs> a Monica Magica is Urobuchi's best work by a, yeah. like, pretty decent margin. Um. Yes, there is, like, I don't understand how you can wa- watch the series, first of all, without understanding that Homura is, like, in love with Madoka. Even yeah. if you can call it Coward's Yuri, sure. But especially when you get to Rebellion. I don't know. When you get to Rebellion, I feel like. like, Possibly imagine a world in which Madoka and Homura end up with dudes. Yeah, this is like not. uh, Madoka's just good. Homura's just a great character. You know what I mean? Sayaka, also great. Uh, Sayaka's the most like doomed idiot girl in existence, and I really respect her for that. Yeah, is. Okay, let's rate some girls. Come on, let's let's uh, uh, let's rate the five main main magical girls. Oh gosh, okay. Okay, let's uh, see. We got here. Got Monica. We got Homura, Sayaka, Kyoko, and Mommy. Mommy, the worst. <sighs> I th- she just doesn't. Un- unfortunately. She Okay, that's true, but she does also have the thing about how, like, even though she acts like a cool senpai girl, she's basically just this, like, lonely person who has not had any meaningful human connection in years, and I think they do do a good job of making you feel for her in her relatively limited screen time. 
Yeah, I guess this is this is also partially like uh the compression of the first movie. Mm. Uh removing some of the like time that you get to spend with her. Okay, okay. Fen, run down the the list from go five. Okay. Let's start at the bottom. Who what's everyone's Mommy. least favorite girl? Mommy for you? Yeah. Mine's Kyoko. Yeah, I th- I think I think I'm also going Kyoko brackets. I still like her. This is all relative. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. Yeah. Number four, Kyoko. My turn. Yeah, Madoka. Yeah. Madoka. Oh, wow. Gathering our Artsukihime one mind is activating. Yeah. Uh, number three. Ben. Sayaka. Mommy. Um, mommy. Oh. Yeah, I thought, I thought, I thought. Sayaka. Sayaka. Number one. Homura. <laughs> Wait, did you two have exactly the same Yes, we had exactly the same list. Yes, yes. Asuki may High find it transcends. <laughs> it transcends. <laughs> yeah, it goes all the way to Madoka. Uh that's really funny because like I've I've almost switched them around a bunch, but that's what I settled on in the moment, and it just happened to be the perfect moment. Uh, Homura, just one Homura. of the best anime girls of all time. I feel like yes, <laughs> yes, one one hundred percent. This is the thing: is that people the uh, I'm not super invested in the idea of. Fen asked if Homura Madoka is my OTP. And I said, my response was, I don't actually care if they get together. I'm not really interested in that. <laughs> it's it's I, well, I like, want them to. That makes me like Homer so much. <laughs> That's true. But at the end of the day, uh, I, I'm like, Homer deserves to be happy. Give her that fucking Kohaku true, Heavens Feel True ending. She fucking deserves it. <sighs> she really yeah. does. It doesn't seem like where she's headed, but... Um, you, you never know. You never know. Um, but yeah, what a girl. Like the one of the most interesting things is like this like uh drift in expectation between her and Madoka, right? There's a great scene where Homura starts to like break down in front of Madoka and Madoka is just like that's uh that's rough, buddy. Uh I got to go talk to one of my actual friends now and like walks out on her. You know what I mean? And it's just so brutal because Homura, having repeated this timeline so many times, uh, knows Madoka better than anyone in the world. Uh-huh. <laughs> Probably Madoka... knows Madoka better than herself. Yes, and Madoka just met this like kind of weird girl who's been mean to her for the whole time that she's been on screen. Okay, to be fair, I don't think Homura has been that mean to Madoka. She's basically been like, don't become a magical girl, you will fucking die. Which, she has you yelled know. at Madoka multiple times, and she hasn't had that many conversations with her. I love every time that Homer is like, you, how can you do this to me so many fucking times? Can you just think about yourself for once in your goddamn life? <laughs> uh, Madoka, extremely doomed girl also. She would, like, <laughs> sacrifice herself at the drop of a hat for basically anything. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And has countless times. <laughs> She's proven this. It's like really, really an impossible girl to love. Mm-hmm. Um. Homura. She's Homura. so bad. She's down so bad. So 
if we're gonna compare her to someone like Kiritsugu, right? Because like there is a lot of like resonance between Madoka and Fate Zero, sure. Mm-hmm. Something that I think is like this is a friction that I've had with uh, Shiro and much worse with Kiritsugu. I don't think that saving the world is a very interesting motivation. I think it's like possibly the most boring motivation. It's like the motive. It's like listening to a girl uh, at like a Miss Universe contest give a speech about saving the world. You know what I mean? It's like this is so completely not connected to anything I care about that like I I can't get in right. Yeah, that makes sense. This is Kiritsugu's goal, right? He is like uh, very optimistically believing that he can save the world, and mm-hmm. you know that's like whatever. It's really not my thing. Homura, even by like timeline two, she's like, "Yeah, I'll let everyone else die." No, I don't care. No, it's just Madoka. It's okay. <laughs> I'll kill them all myself if I have to. And she's still like this like pasty little nerd uh-huh. who can't do shit. That that is true. That, I find that being really, said, like, interesting. Yes, I do think Homer cares about the other characters more than she lets on and is willing to admit. This is why it's good, right? Is because yes. she does. She feels horrible about it, but she'll still let him die. You know, she's not a cartoon <laughs> yeah. villain. She's well, <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, but she's like, she does love all of these other girls too, but. The looms down okay. to it. She's her hands are only so big. She can only hold one small girl, and it is Madoka. The loop where mommy kills Kyoko, oh. and then uh, Madoka kills mommy, uh, and and Homer is just like, well, we're still alive. <laughs> so good, yeah. As as Madoka is having a breakdown, yeah, and and Homer's just like, well, we'll be fine. <laughs> she's like totally lost her sense of like uh, what normal is at this point because she's like, well. Well, maybe it'll be okay, but otherwise I could just reset and they'll be alive again. Well, and I've seen them die how many times? I'm so callous at this point. But yeah, in this last loop, she's like still torn up about it. She When when mommy like ties her up and is like, I'm going to go fight this witch, the witch I don't know that I'm destined to die to if no one intervenes. Uh-huh. But she's like fr- kind of freaking out a little bit. She's like, hey, I'm not joking anymore. My My like cold cool girl tone is kind of wearing off hey can you let me out yeah That's it's such a fucking it's such a sad scene to watch and i also think about the one they cut this in the movie and it makes me sad it's the one where like homer realizes that Saika is like about to witch mode and she's like mm-hmm. hey Saika, you're about to witch mode either stop or i shoot you so monica doesn't get sad mm, that's a that's a good scene right Sayaka is also a fun girl. See, this is you know how Sayaka is like Oh, you first. In you know how I complained constantly about how in Zero every single woman's like motivation is uh is a man? (laughs) It doesn't bother me when it's Sayaka because that's like her thing. Mm -hmm. No one else is like completely invested in uh the man that they uh want to have children with and have a beautiful baby (laughs) girl with. (laughs) Yes. And also, this is not, um, we get a, like a denouement at the end of it where she's like, I don't even know that I really wanted to be with this guy. I just like the music that he played and it means a lot to me that he gets to like play music, you know what I mean? And I think that's more interesting than, oh, I'm thinking about all of the little Sayakas that (laughs) we'll never have, you know what I mean? Yeah, 
the the best way to describe Saika in relation to Fate Zero characters, and I think this is really mean, but it's the closest one you have, is like she's kind of like Karia if Karia wasn't a like loser Reddit nice guy. Mm, that's interesting. I do think she is also kind of the most unlimited Blade Works hero <laughs> of the cast. Yes. Yes, yeah. abso- absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's so fun. Like her bit where she's like, I will never regret anything. Fifteen minutes later. Fifteen minutes later. I kind of feel bad no. about it. <laughs> whatever feel- Sa- well, the scene with Saika and those guys on the train, incredible. Oh. What whatever Saika did on that train is between her and God, and I do <laughs> not judge. I don't think those two guys went home to their girlfriends and said, Oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> No. <laughs> I think if anything they went home in boxes. <laughs> Incredible scene. Yeah, uh yeah. Oh god, the bit where she like opens her eyes and like the music notes are just swirling. Which, beautiful. Yes, I would say uh What a what a beautiful show. Yes, I was about yes. to say. Uh uh it is interesting having seen more of Shaft slash Shinbo's stuff mm-hmm. now and like when I first saw Madoka, I was like there's nothing. Oh my god, like what is happening? And then the you see others are so cool. And like, yes, it is still very cool. Uh it is I think I, it's still it is now like, oh right, stuff. you've been doing this, you've been doing mixed media stuff for a long time. Mm-hmm. This is this yeah, Madoka doesn't come out of nowhere. Yeah. It's like, oh right. Uh yeah. Uh, Hidamari and Monogatari mm-hmm. to some extent. Um even Zetsubo. And and Zetsubo something. Like the, the, it's collage, right? Yes. I think Madoka has like a really distinct aesthetic, right? This like s- like uh cobbled together storybook look that I think is really beautiful. Yeah, it's but it's, it's in a lineage. Bar- yeah, it borrows a lot from a lot of like different sources. I've seen like a Tumblr post or two that talks about how some of the like witch labyrinths are inspired by like Soviet animation or whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like totally that's that. one of the things I really like about Monica. Every few days, a few weeks, I will find a Tumblr post or a whatever post or a Twitter thread or even a fucking academic paper. There are good academic papers on Monica <laughs> that will just that will just make me think about the show or at least one aspect of it in a way that I hadn't before. And like, that's how, you know, it's a fucking dense show. Mm-hmm. Oh, Shinbo worked on a couple of like minor role on Utena. Mm-hmm. Uh, just looking through his, his annulus page. He did, he did a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, yeah, it is, it is, uh, it is interesting having that context for like, Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you've been yeah. Uh I think that Madoka is is really incredible mm-hmm. uh looking. Um and also it comes out of a lot of other stuff that you've done that is also very good looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like um Homer is kind of like uh very again, is very Kiritsugu and aesthetic, right? When the first time she pulls out a pistol <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> and she has like this is so irrevocable. She like uh in this big final fight against this witch called Vol- Volpergus not. She's like uh got <laughs> rocket la- like military rocket launchers and shit. Uh it's it's very like uh heightened and uh goofy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? 
Uh, but it works for me a lot more than um, with Kiritsugu because we don't get the scene where it's like, and then she got a hold of her contacts in the JSDF and like got a hold of some modified American <laughs> weapons. You know what I mean? She's just like a loser girl who like steals a bunch of shit and yeah. causes trouble. And I think that's a lot more charming, right? A lot more charming than a grizzled man with a gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also notable that she's not, um, she's not trying to get Madoka to have a heterosexual family with her, right? She doesn't even know what she wants from Madoka. She just wants Madoka. Yes. I think that's yeah. a little, it's more interesting than she's like talking about the family they could have had together, which you can do. Like, oh God, bring up, uh, of all things, The Last of Us 2, which is about uh, the main two uh, main character is a lesbian. But oh. like, um, it is a story about putting together an approximation of a heterosexual nuclear family, despite being lesbians. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that is not what is happening here. <laughs> you know? So I think no, that's, no. that's fun. But, like, Zero is so much mommy baggage. And, like, there's a little bit of that in here, right? Like, uh, Madoka and her girl boss mom, like, trying to tell her how to, like, be a person. You know what I mean? I guess that stuff is, like, kind of up and down, I think. Some parts of it are good. Some parts don't really work for me. Uh but yeah, Madoka, this is, I rate Madoka really low because uh, I feel like uh, she is the girl who wants to save the world, right? She's yeah. She's smarter it, than Kiritsugu. Or she gets smarter than Kiritsugu. I don't know if she starts smarter than Kiritsugu. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but this, yes, Homura is, uh, you say Homura has never done anything wrong in her life. Homura has never done anything but the wrong thing for her entire life, and that's why she's good. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, she tries to uh, defy fate in the worst way possible, which just compounds a problem endlessly and ends up with Madoka in this position where she has the power, will, and desire uh, to, like, burn herself at the stake to save a bunch of people she's never met. And that's the worst thing in the world that Homura can imagine. Yeah, it's great. Yep. Ah, uh, the the loop where Madoka and Homura are just this is the same loop with the ma- the mommy thing, but when they're just like in this like water together, uh, transforming into witches, and Homura's like, wouldn't it be great if just the two of us could just kill everyone on the plane, destroy this whole world? There wouldn't be anything, and there wouldn't be any suffering anymore, and it would just be the two of us. And Madoka like pulls out a, a like grief seed to suck the uh, to like save her life and is like please please just like stop it before it gets that bad please well i don't want to hurt people no yeah that that one's interesting because it's like oh homer had been going back and being like well somehow together we're gonna overcome this mm-hmm. and then th- at that point madoka's like hey could you go stop me from becoming a magical girl such a bad thing to ask of her it's so much harder yes she couldn't even save him when they were working together Uh uh-huh ah that's an interesting oh go ahead i was just gonna say the time loop episode it's fucking devastating uh it's so it's so good it's far and away my favorite episode of the series like uh yes homer's the only anime girl in the world who i will accept a uh glow up where she takes her glasses off from (laughs) she did she did it right (laughs) 
Oh, she's so cool. But yes, fantastic episode. It's just one of my favorite episodes of anime, like, ever, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. There's an interesting thing happening here where um, they talk about how the way that it's phrased, like, posed is that magical girls use magical energy from their, their soul gems, which are these, like, crystallizations of their soul, which are vulnerable and separate from their body. And the more magical energy they use, the worse uh, things get for them. They need something they get from witches, these grief seeds, in order to drain that and make them feel better. Uh, but there's also this bit of, like, uh, they are producing, in, in defiance of en- entropy, are producing theoretically infinite energy. <laughs> which is really, which is interesting because um, Sayaka, we get her uh, overdoing it. She doesn't have a lot of potential to do this, right? So she wastes enormous amounts of magical energy and her soul gem like gets tainted really easily and she doesn't get enough back because she's not doing the thing where she lets familiars turn into witches and then killing them, right? Mm-hmm. So there's she's not getting any of this resource that she needs to stay alive. And she like throws away uh, a grief seed that is given to her out of like this misguided sense of honor, right? Yeah. And then Homer is doing the same exact shit. <laughs> The only difference is Homura is so obsessed with Madoka that she can make it work. <laughs> she is. Uh, she does have this like one-up power where she goes back and her soul gem is restored, uh, which is cheating. Uh, but like we we literally see her do the same thing as Sayaka, where she just throws a soul gem away. Uh, it's really great. This is the power of lesbian love. Love will save us. Love, love, love will save us, and love you know, will make to... everything worse, possibly. <laughs> yeah, and also save us somehow. <laughs> I tra- you know, I, f- I feel like Heavensfield does this in very different ways, but it's kind of gesturing at a similar idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There's, like, parallels to be drawn between the end of Zero and the end of Madoka, but we cannot... No, we got we gotta wait till next week. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I have a lot of thoughts about Zero Madoka intertextuality, but they cannot be talked about until we have the ending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I still give in to Astonishment when Homura pulls a gun out. I think it's still funny. It's the same type yeah. of move as Berserker riding a jet and Saber riding a motorcycle. It's just so much funnier in this art style. <laughs> the part of this is, yeah. I think that uh, uh, I think Shaft can sell all this stuff way better than UFO Table t- can. I think. Yeah, it's... I just don't like UFO Table. <laughs> is part of my that... problem with Fate Zero. <laughs> That's completely fair. I think there's also something to be said about how like action scenes in Madoka sort of exist in this like weird realm of allegory where the witches' mm. labyrinths and the witches themselves are often subtextually reflections of the girl in some way. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Fate Zero is not really doing that sort of thing as much. Mm-hmm. I also think uh, Fate Zero has like 14, 15 principal characters and like side characters that it like tries to split its time between however many masters and servants there are and it's like like i've said it's just too doing too much and it's exhausting and there are five main characters of madoka <laughs> mm, i feel like you gotta count cube it's six okay. 
six yeah, is so. still less than 15. And yeah. I think yeah. that does a lot. And like Madoka has half the time from uh, what the Fate Zero anime has and uh, does so much more with it. There is not um, as much chaff. You know what I mean? It's all yes. wheat, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In in a way, Monica is kind of like, what if, you know, in some ways, it's like, what if Fate was just fi- firing at all cylinders at all times instead of actual Fate Zero, which is firing at all cylinders sometimes, mostly in the back half of Volume 4, and most of the time just being Tokiomi sits in the basement. There's so many Tokiomi sits in the fucking basement. I'm going to have to take your word. I won't fight you on the back half of Zero because, you know, despite... Uh, Speaking of Fate Zero, do we need to take a break? Do we need to take a break? Does anyone have anything else to say about Madoka? Uh, it's a really good. If you're Just listening to this podcast and you haven't seen it for whatever reason, pause this episode right now, watch 12 episodes of Madoka, come back. And then, okay. and then, hey, pause it again and watch twelve episodes of Grand Bell. That show's also Grand very good. Grand yeah, Bell. that show, that show is also bad. very good. Very maybe good. watch, maybe watch Grand Bell first, so you have a like upgrade. But <laughs> you can do it either way. Okay, okay. This is what I want to say about Madoka: is that there is so much discourse about Madoka that it is, it's like it's like playing Undertale now. <laughs> <I feel> like. <laughs> it's like it's not as bad. It's not as bad as like uh trying to read Homestuck now, you know. I mean? <laughs> yeah, wow, wouldn't it be cool. funny if somebody in this call was reading Homestuck? Uh-huh. But like it's so discourse poisoned by people being like, "Oh, this is like cooler than other magical. This is the real shit and all other magical girl shit. This show suck." And then on um, conversely, people who hate the show so much that they can't see straight you know what i mean mm-hmm. and like yeah. if you go into it expecting either the worst thing you've ever seen or the best thing you've ever seen you're probably not gonna come out of it feeling very good right uh so don't do that it's just a good anime like anime is very rarely uh going to shake you to your core <laughs> yeah especially if you're not 15 mm-hmm. uh so don't uh don't expect the world of it it's just a good tv show <laughs> Yes, and you know, you know, like my my advice has always been like go in. My advice for this sort of thing has always been like go in with an open mind that it could like let yourself be open to the idea that it could be your favorite thing since sliced bread, but mm-hmm. don't expect, don't expect that. It, right? Yes. No. And it's like it is just a very different thing from other magical girl shows. Just by virtue of yeah, being 12 episodes long. By virtue even. of being 12 episodes, it doesn't have a tuxedo mask guy. Which... It doesn't have a tuxedo mask guy. They do transformation sequences once for each character very quickly as kind of like a, a cameo, like this is a magical girl show bit. But uh, the thing that they are well, doing, it is not a show about... It's not uh, even in it's a conversation. Show about repetition, but not in the way that magical girl shows are typically about repetition. And it's not even really in conversation with no. magical girl shows. It is like, no. because it's like the idea of magical girls <laughs> as like a, a like mythical savior force. You know what I mean? And, yeah. Yeah. No, like, Monica Magica is like in conversation with fate much more than it is with other magical girl shows. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I wouldn't I wouldn't really like compare it. To, if I was going to compare it to a magical girl show, I'd be more likely to compare it to Tenna than, like, Sailor Moon. Yeah, Grand you know Balm I mean? is also a, like, I think Grand Balm is maybe the best comparison. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so I recommend watching it. Rebellion is uh, fantastic. Um, Rebellion's the best part. Yeah. We'll talk about that I think next week. I really was not expecting to be a person saying that Rebellion is the best part, but I do think Rebellion is probably the best part. It's Rebellion in the Pretty time solidly episode. the best part. Huh. <laughs> Rebellion, the, that's the, the fucking cinema. Is, is some of my favorite anime I've ever seen in a list, in a thing that is all my, some of my favorite anime I've ever seen. We, so we can't talk about it. It's, I'm just yeah. saying, it's the end of Rebellion. Yeah. Like the end of Evangelion. <laughs> I don't know that End of Ava is no. the best anime I've ever seen. No, definitely, no. <laughs> definitely no. not. It's pretty good, though. Okay. Do we have anything else to say about Madoka? Yeah, I wanted to wrap up with that. Um, cause, you know. No, that's all. It's one of those things where I feel like we either go forever or we keep it concise. I think I could go much longer if we had the rest of Zero to compare it to. Yeah, so, yeah, we'll so next we week. The end, right? Yeah, yep. next week. <laughs> Zero is the thing that we're continuing today. Why? Because we signed up to do this podcast, Ben. Signed up with who, I hear you asking? God. Yes, we had to, like, this is the, uh, instead of becoming magical girls, this is what we had to do in exchange for our soul gems. (laughs) This is our destiny of battle. I'm telling you, the cycle, the Ben cycle with podcast stuff, is eventually she looks back at and is like, you know what? Maybe I was being too harsh on this thing. And I'm telling you. I do think that's typically what I do. However, this is not my first time with Zero. And going mm, back true. to it has made me like it much less <laughs> than the first that time. Is, that is true. I'm just like, when you're in the fucking apocryphal minds, the grand order early chapter minds will no part of your brain feel like damn i wish i was reading fate too there are i gotta tell you Catherine. there are so many beautiful things in this world that i could be reading (laughs) (sighs) okay okay uh interlude sometime somewhere it's the past kiritsugu is here that's pretty obvious. His name is okay, okay, are we not are we not gonna play the game where they pretend he's not carried to you for a few paragraphs? Okay. The pa- <laughs> paragraphs, yeah. Um, okay. Uh for some reason I'm like having a hard time getting into this. Uh we are on a place called Arimago Island, a- Alimago, I think that's how the subs in the anime mm. translate it. There's about 300 families living here. It's a fishing island. And we got little Kiri, little Kiritsugu, baby Kiritsugu here. And he has a maid named Shirley. She's not really a maid. Maid slash crush slash older sister. Uh You know, I've said this before. Nasu loves Inamoto. I think, I think Urobochi's more of an Onesan guy. Yeah, yeah, I I can see it. the The way Kiritsugu uh interacts with 
Shirley feels, uh, it feels to me like Urobuchi is, like, trying to evoke, like, really early game Shiro Sakura interactions. Hmm. Okay. He does go from, from, like, older girl to mom to mom. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Is Homura Nune-san spiritually? Yes. Hmm. Is Homura Kudere? Or is she Yandere? I think a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we get a sto- this like very funny story. Fen, you didn't like this this okay uh, story. I thought I let me it, tell. It was story. a little okay. It was a little hard to parse in the in the volume. I think they changed it. A and little I didn't in the like go reread it. I thought that this was a story about how the island came to. be be shaped like a crab no i think it's, it's just what the island that. is named after yes yeah so there was a this island they made offerings to a god uh, a young girl in the village couldn't uh, afford food anymore couldn't get food her mom was sick so she stole some of the offerings for her sick mom and uh was punished by the gods and she was turned into a crab and then because the gods had a very funny sense of humor they also made it so that if you eat a crab that is caught on this island it'll cure any illness and the mother gets killed by eating maybe her daughter maybe a different crab yes that's pretty funny to me yes Uh, i I agree i also misread this part or the part about her stealing i thought that she was stealing for an offering not stealing the offering. No. Uh, How? None of this made sense to me. No, that makes sense. I did think, I was like, yeah. It's still is, really goofy. It is very goofy, but it's also like the kind of thing where it's like, <laughs> the Kiritsugu, uh, little Kiritsugu is doing like a funny straight man routine where she tells the first half of the story. And he's like, oh man, that God sounds like he sucks. And she tells the second half of the dramatic irony thing. He's like, oh my God, this guy really sucks. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Um. But yes, uh, the the book does immediately lampshade this by being like, it may sound unlikely, but local legends like this exist all over the world. <laughs> it's like, come on, <laughs> shut the fuck up. I know what you're doing. Yeah, it's like you can, um, you can pass yeah, on that you, one. Yeah, you have cut that line. <laughs> Kiritsugu's dad, who is a foreigner, has built his house in the cursed area that the offering place used to be. Wait, okay, one sec. Uh, also... <laughs> Uh, I've heard several people, mostly Ben and other people, yeah. I've heard several people refer to this as kind of Tsukihime. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I just want to note that Carrie has a knife described as a knife for, like, skinning fruit or whatever. And it's like, she does even a fruit knife here, huh? <laughs> it is pretty funny. Uh, that is Shirley's knife, though, right now. No, I think Karitsugu has a, a fruit knife. Does and the wait, anime wait. condenses it down into just the knife that she gives. Yeah, I That's I, I feel like the the adaptation for this bit is so different that I feel like we gotta go through the novel section first and then maybe have a small talk about how they mm-hmm. chose to adapt yes, it. This is what I mean is that in the in the novel, Karitsugu has a knife that is described as a fruit knife. Okay, this knife comes from Shirley though, because the knife that she, she's talking about is from a priest. As That's a, a different. Yes, yeah. Karitsu has no. an unrelated fruit knife. <laughs> wait, I okay. I okay. just okay. Wait, I just control aft. Like I have the, I have the interlude open. One of my tabs, I control after the word knife, 
I think there's only one knife. I don't think Kiritsugu has a separate knife. I would normally believe you here, Fen, but your reading of the local legend is inspiring <laughs> a lot of confidence in this like multi-knife theory. We're going to call this multi-knife theory and move on. How's that sound? <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. This is like a bigger Luke kind of situation. <laughs> Kiritsugu's smaller knife. <laughs> Fen looks. Fen's doing the Ashtano Joe like defeated pose. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm weirdly being colored in grayscale now. <laughs> I don't actually know what's ha- the context of that scene. I don't know if he's actually won. Maybe he won. I think the idea is that like he wins and then he dies, right? That makes that, that seems does like make it. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> okay. 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 So. Uh, Kiritsugu's dad has built his house in a weird, in a bad spot. All the villagers think it's cursed. They hate his dad, but they think that uh, Kiritsugu's c- cute. He's just a little guy. Well, yeah, specifically because he's Shirley's younger brother now. Yeah, yeah, he like runs around yeah. town with her. Yeah, uh, he like actually bothers to integrate himself with mm-hmm. the people this- he lives with. <laughs> This is part of a reading that I uh, am drawing from the anime, but when I started reading this, I was like, this feels l- a little bit like some fucking noble savage shit. This feels like, Do- oh, wouldn't it? things be so much better if we had like an idyllic fishing village that didn't even really need cars or technology and we had chickens and everything is just idyllic and nice <laughs> and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. I- I see, I see how you get there. I don't think it's that far, because so far, all of the horrors have been because of, like, technology and uh, mages, <laughs> both of which don't exist on this, like, idyllic, beautiful island. Well, except for Kuritsuku's dad. Except for Kuritsuku's dad, is who is, <laughs> who is an, a corrosive force from the, from the real world intruding on this paradise. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh... Yeah, so I don't think that that's too far-fetched a thing to read. Uh, no, I, I guess not. It's just that the flashback in the novel is so relatively brief that I'm... I'm mm-hmm. it Because it just tops around so much, it kind of yeah. feels like it's just trying to do the bare essentials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bones are still the same, but it, it stands out less when you don't have to like look at all of these... like vaguely foreign people who are like have dark skin but are named like shirley and simon and catholic uh yeah like unknown place that has like pacific islander style like legends of giant of like i I think it's supposed to be like near the philippines i that's kind of the vibe i got that sort of area you know so it's like yeah it, it okay, feels... his name means crab in Filipino. In Filipino, okay, yeah, that may... Yeah, you, but, like, it's the people with darker skin who have, like, an idyllic life. Uh, uh-huh. And, like, yeah, I the think real the, the world anim- hasn't caught up to them. And the anime Yeah, I think the, the anime, like, really goes in on this. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think it's absent from the original. No, that, that that's fair, that's fair. Uh, yeah. So... Let's see. Um, where am I? Where am I? Uh, okay. There's a guy who runs the local church. 
he thinks that uh, Kiritsugu's dad is going to bring the devil down on him, but also he thinks Kiritsugu's fine and surely should just stop going to the house, uh, mm-hmm. which is pretty funny. Uh, we get this bit about uh, Shirley's knife. Uh, she's only four years older than Kiritsugu. She looks a lot older than him in um, the anime also. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's he's young, so four years is a, long a lot time. of growing. Uh Shirley is acting as uh, Kiri- uh, Kiritsugu's dad. Big Kiritsugu. No, Big Emiya. Big Emiya's yes. uh, magic assistant. Yes. And she's like going on about how he's going to save the world with his magic or whatever. Uh, and she's like, Carrie, Carrie, you have to care about magic too. You know what I mean? Et cetera, et cetera. Uh, he yeah, doesn't have a mom. That's she tough. died when he was born. I was just going to say, that stuff's interesting to me, because I feel like it gives you, I feel like you get, like, just this tiniest look into Shirley's interiority through that, but it, you you kind of only get in so deep, which, for the purposes of an isolated flashback section that mm-hmm. is ten pages, I kind of like. Yeah. The thing with Shirley is that she's, like, a backwards islander girl who can only ever be an assistant and fuck up. Uh, and then spoilers for how this is gonna end. <laughs> die to start Kiritsugu's journey into being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look. So surprise. <laughs> um. Okay. Let's see. He's got a crush on her, et cetera, et cetera. Uh. The but yes, one of the things I really like. Would you believe, I've been kind of uh, complaining a lot, but this is one of my favorite sections of the book so far, and I think it should have come a lot earlier. Uh, I do like how quickly it cuts here. It's like, shot, shot, shot. You know what I yes. mean? Uh, the yes. anime kind of draws it out. I don't, think it, I don't think in a bad way. It doesn't draw it too long. I think it gives it the time that it needs in animation to be like intelligible. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like, yeah, it is fun that, that she's like, hey, what do you want to be when you, when you grow up? And he's like, thinks to himself, it'd be really embarrassing to say like a superhero. Or a yeah, I, 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 I wonder, I wonder what he wants to say. <laughs> oh, uh, after the cut, Kiritsugu is looking for Shirley uh, around town, and he finds her uh, turning into a monster, eating chickens in a hen house. <laughs> mm-hmm. She, uh... The, the anime makes it clear that she's the one who stole her dad's research. Or his dad's research. I, or, I, I'm pretty sure the, book, they, does the book does, too. Does it? Because it says, like, oh, if only, uh... She throws Kiritsugu the knife and is like, please kill me. Yes. And he runs away instead. And he's like, later on, he's like, if only I had killed her, I could have prevented everything that came next. Well, yes, yeah. that that is true the the thing for the book i wasn't clear if his dad had finally moved on to like human experimentation, human experimentation or if it was uh, her like i say yes the anime is very much like she she was kind of stupid <laughs> yeah, yeah the, not, the, she the, believed too much in her uh-huh. in his dad and yeah i feel like uh i i feel like I wish there was some sort of third option here because mm. I get not wanting to make, I think, I think I wish there was a third option that was not make Kiritsugu's dad a 
cartoon guy who does human experimentation on his assistant or make surely a complete dumbass. Well, he's, uh, I think there's a difference between like a guy who is theoretically okay with doing it and a guy who does it. Does that make sense? I guess I get, I get what you mean. Like, um, Okay, I do like this uh, scene generally, though. I do like her, like, trying to kill herself by, like, ripping her own wrist open with her teeth. Uh, that's a very cool, like, cool, horrible moment, you know? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> if I was Kuritsugu, I would simply be built different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would I would just kill her here and now, because she's begging for it. Fen famously loves it when a girl dies. Yes. <laughs> I don't love it when Fen, when girls are begging for it, Fen will give it to them. You put you put you put Fen in Tsukihime, all the girls are fucking doomed. <laughs> wow. Maybe it'd be better off if I just died, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anemia, so you know. <laughs> okay. Kiritsuki. Huge quotes around anemia. <laughs> Okay, I, 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 I'm like I'm like skimming the book percent. part while we talk about this. I think Fen's right. I think the book does sort of like not tell you why Shirley ended up like this. Rare W for the book. That's the third option. Is oh no, what the fuck happened? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's better. Yeah. Um, he runs away from her. He runs to the church. And he doesn't even close the chicken coop on her. Should have at least closed her in the coop. Yeah. Uh and then it cuts again. He's... Well, and it it is clear here that he, little Kurisugu is like, well, surely someone will have a solution that doesn't end in her death. Yeah. It's not, I don't want to kill her. It's, uh-huh. I don't want her to die. The priest seems to know stuff. Yeah. He'll have a solution. Let's ask? Yeah, Unfortunately, let's... the priest does know some stuff, but <laughs> the stuff that he knows is not how to exercise a dead apostle. Uh-huh. The anime has an incredible scene here where the priest is, like, running off to go send a telegram or something. Uh, and there's some guys just kind of, like, they kind of just boogie, boogie up, up behind him. Yes, no, the, the book makes it sound like, oh, this guy is from the church keeping an eye on this or something like that or he knows how to get in touch with like the 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 real like killer guys of the church the show makes it look like he goes outside and gets murked so i don't really know how the church finds out about this yeah it's weird (laughs) i do wonder i do wonder Mm -hmm. if i guess yes he could be sent from the church because they know there's a mage there Mm -hmm. i do kind of wonder if like every church has a like a open in case of emergency thing like pamphlet yeah. that that you rip or that like unseals if there's too much magic nearby or like you rip open and it's like all right uh we're gonna be quick because you're in an emergency situation magic is real <laughs> uh-huh. we're or gonna... <laughs> we don't actually believe that magic is real because that's like against our whole deal but uh-huh. here's the number but... to call <laughs> So, we cut, Kiritsugu has been saved from something by a woman named Natalia Kaminsky. Uh, and she does a lore dump. Uh, the, uh, the, like, momentum of the book at this point kind of slows down as she has to explain all the factions and politics involved in the situation to a fucking 12-year-old or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I think, um... 
I, I think the really fun part of this is like it's a it's a really fun like portrayal of like can you fucking imagine how much it would suck to be caught in a like Nasuverse faction war if you were just some kid? Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, I said this during the watch part. It is so funny that the Mages Association hires bounty hunters. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we know that. We know that people like Bazette exist for this reason. <laughs> yes, to do exactly the job that she's doing. Uh, and it, it's like, yeah, sure, the, the famously secretive organization is hiring bounty hunters. This- Does she even have magic? Uh, it's, I she don't. knows about she, magic. She undoes the bounded field. Does she? Oh, I guess she does. So presumably she does also have magic. Yeah. And she does the bullets for... Well, powdering bone and putting them in a bullet isn't like a big thing, but well, she, she has to do something some to like stuff. trap the his. It doesn't seem to be a big man. thing. Oh wait, she does a spell to kill the guy, and well, that's the anime. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she does. She does have some magic powers, but it's not really like important. Well, it's like also, I don't think that the association would, even if they did hire people, I don't think they would hire normal yeah. people. Yeah. Uh huh. They would. Um, but this no, is, I'm this pre- is, uh... This is. I don't this is remember like, where this is from. Like, feel free to cut this. I, but I'm pretty sure. And don't quote me. I'm pretty sure Natalia is like three fourths succubus or something. Is that where he gets the succubus come from? <laughs> okay, because <laughs> it might be in the fucking Fate Zero material book. Ah. Uh, y- uh. Yes. Yes. Okay. I found. I found it. Um. In the distant past, Natalia's ancestors crossbed with Succubi, and while she doesn't have eternal youth or regenerative abilities, she does boast inhuman reflexes and coordination, as well as the special ability to boost her magical energy stores by consuming semen. Oh my god. <laughs> Why is this the Wow. Um I saw that she was uh, I I remember now when I was like looking up to make sure I got her name right. I did see that she was half demon, which is like or like demon blood, uh, which is the same thing that Tono family is. Uh, a different demon. clearly a different demon. God, the world in which uh, fucking Akiha was succubus blood girl. Oh, can no. Oh, no. That would make uppercase Shiki succubus blood boy. <laughs> uh, uh, but this is this is because Urobochi needs a mage who uses guns. Yes. And so she can't actually be part of the association. Yeah. Uh yeah, uh-huh, because of this like funny self-imposed rules. Uh the church is here now, and like especially in the um well the way that she describes it in the book. Is that she's like, yeah, there's a huge faction war going on. It's an international incident. There's like bunches of guys murdering everyone in the island. And um, in the anime, yeah, there's like, it's not like a Tsukihime kind of situation where they send like CL and then maybe maybe more people in the remake or whatever. Uh, no, they got like dozens of guys running around with black They food. got... They got Cornelius Alva from Karadu Kyokai in the anime. <laughs> 
the the cameo of all time everyone was waiting for the gay puppet loser to like come back and scream and like do that shit he didn't didn't even scream or do anything fun they just showed him for a shot based on fate zero these two factions or sorry not fate zero uh based on fate holoraxia these two factions should have killed each other, and then the one remaining guy should have walked out of the ashes of that conflict and mm-hmm. burned down the town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's so funny that like they're like, <laughs> Fate's Day Night, uh, and Tsukihime is like, Japan is so backwater, we can't spare more than like one person to come show up here, you know? And now it's like, this tiny Polynesian island, yeah, we're like, bringing out the big guns, <laughs> we've got like thousands of... <laughs> And for Priest. what? Like for air a dropping small... down. Yeah, for a small like for what is functionally like low, low level dead apostles. I it I feel mm-hmm. like even more than the fucking They seem particularly virulent, you know what I mean? They spread yeah, even very more quickly. than like the fucking caster like see demon stuff. This is like reading this and watching this. I did start to understand your complaint of oh fate zero scale is kind of weird. Yeah, it's like they have like, it's like the mages association and the church are both like maintaining America sized military bases across the world to like quickly deploy armies of assassins, uh, not assassins, uh, like troops, like ground troops instead of assassins. Mm-hmm. And so it feels a little um goofy, goofy at times to me. Yeah, it's like and like, like there's no reason island. you couldn't. This is a just, tiny uh, island. One guy could show no up and kill everyone. Re- yeah, yeah. And there's like, no reason you couldn't have it be like two guys tops, like two mage guys and two church guys. Yeah, like, like a small strike team would have been a lot cooler. Um, but also, um, the idea that Kiritsugu's dad's like, yeah, I've been preparing for this. I knew this <laughs> day would come. I got a motorboat. <laughs> Is he gonna get away with that? Did Kinesiko need to kill him? Was he really gonna escape on a motorboat from this? Apparently. Uh the zombies are so funny too. This is like it's like Resident <laughs> Evil 4 all of a sudden. Like all the villagers going cross-eyed and walking towards you slowly with their arms out. Uh yes, and they're not uh, they're not trying to get anyone out of here. They're trying to kill butcher like every single person. <laughs> uh, a, a, a fire that engulfs the protagonist's everyday life and etc. Where have I heard this before? <laughs> uh let's see. If only Kiritsugu had just murdered a woman faster, none of this would have happened. Uh so Natalia. Natalia is working as a ceiling designation enforcer, basically. She was here to take out Kiritsugu's dad before anything bad happened and drag him back, or at least his body, back to the association and sell him off. Um, Yeah. So I guess Kiritsugu's dad was like ceiling designation. Mm -hmm. She sends Kiritsugu in with a gun, or in the anime, unarmed. Uh to kill his dad yes yes uh, uh, this is, this is up where this bounded field yeah uh, yes and uh, this... this is where in the book uh carrie is not the boy's real name 
the name of the boy who was born in a foreign remote country was very hard to pronounce for the people here. <laughs> the boy's real name is Kiritsuke. They like fucking mic drop it. It's so funny. Uh, I wonder. I didn't know. Maybe this was Waver. <laughs> uh, his dad's name is Emiya Norikata. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Guess what his motivations are? Oh, that's right. He wants to live, or he wants immortality, et cetera, et cetera. You know, surprise, surprise. He wants immortality to reach the root. Uh, I do think that the the anime, the bit with the flowers in the anime works because it's like, oh yeah, this is this is how you bamboozle like a young girl, like surely into believing in this cause. It's like, look at this; these flowers are beautiful, are like stopped in their prime and they're beautiful and they'll live forever. And we could do that to people too, and everyone could be happy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like naive, but again, a lot of stuff with Shirley wouldn't read as bad if it wasn't in the context of every other woman in Zero. <laughs> Yeah. That's how I feel about basically the stuff with Shirley and the stuff with Natalia. In mm-hmm. isolated from everything else in this flashback, I think they work fine, especially because they're not real characters. They're this is flashback tools. This is part but, of why my my argument is that this should have come first. I think that those stories yeah. would hit better if they came first, and you would have a much better grounding of who Kiritsugu was if this is the be- before all of the faction grounding stuff that happens in the beginning of volume one. Yeah, that, that that's completely yeah. fair. I think, uh, as you've said, it would also just be a really exciting start. You're right? right? Mm-hmm. It's like a dynamic, enclosed short story about how Kiritsugu became the guy that he is, and then maybe you care about him a little bit before you see him like yell at one of your favorite characters and uh, every woman he sees and cheat on his wife well, like an asshole. The start is already a bunch of like yeah it's already years like, before the war yeah so you might as well have just done this first yeah 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 and then maybe i think i'm glad i didn't they didn't put it here but i think if you are putting this at the start of volume one which i think i'm i'm more inclined to agree with than i maybe mm-hmm. was initially you also maybe put a third section that very briefly details his initial relationship with irisville how he got involved with the Einsburns, etc this is the thing is like they spend so much time in zero on like the most unimportant shit that you could possibly imagine but the amount of time that they spend on setting up any reason for you to care about kiritsugu and airi as like a couple as people who love each other is basically zero it feels like you're you're expected to just be uh, yeah, because they have a beautiful baby girl. This is yes. the thing. It's like they're at a he- they're a heterosexual couple who could be happy through heterosexuality and raising a child if it wasn't for the evil machinations of other people. Like, <laughs> and that's you're supposed to care that they were denied heteronormativity. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't, I don't. Sorry, bud. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I get why this is the conflict. Um, you like want for your you know, for your Shiro character, it makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. but the execution, there is a um, there is a drama CD that actually details how Kiritsuku and Irisville met and stuff, and I ended up liking it more than most of Fate Zero the book. <laughs> so I'm like, maybe that should have just been in the book. Maybe that should have just been in the book. Uh, I don't know that I could like. I don't know how much I would. Be- did did Urobochi write that? <laughs> 
Yes, but he wrote okay. it year. Uh, that okay. was written by 2011 Urobuchi, not 2005 this is, Urobuchi. This is import- an important thing to keep in mind with Madoka, like being so uh, different or like different uh, about how women are treated in it is one, there's less men in it. And two, it came later. Yeah. You've, you've time to like learn some things. And also it's like a big anime production, not a fun little like uh cameo book that you're making with a friend. Yeah. You know, these are all uh, important to keep in mind. This is uh zero to me is not, or Bochi's best showing. Uh, let's see. Let's see. What was I saying? I was about to say something else. Uh, uh we were talking I about think Irie. We on... uh, yeah. Let's move on for now. We will have plenty of time to talk about Irie later. Anyway. Yeah, I, oh, real quick, before we continue, I do find it funny how, uh, Big Amia, Large Amia, uh, Large Amia. Is, is basically just a normal Nazi antagonist but he shows up for like three seconds. He's like yeah. the most normal Nasu antagonist character in this book. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. He's he's like a pretty classical ma- mage. Aside from like, it's funny that he's a classical mage, uh, despite being uh, not part of mage society, because he's <laughs> yeah. like, oh yeah, I don't. It's always immortality that trips up mages you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but uh, it's interesting that he's like oh yeah i'm not super invested in immortality for myself i'm trying to dose you with the vampire drug so that you can finish our research (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of funny um anyway yes they're gonna escape on a motorboat uh in the book uh kiritsugu pulls a gun that natalia gave on him and then enters serial killer mode and shoots him like 15 times uh no ben shoots him once in the back and then twice in the head like a cool killer it's so stupid uh in the um anime they try and like changes up a little bit he like stabs him poetically with shirley's knife <laughs> and then and finds there's a gun, a and gun shoots him. in the drawer why is there a mages what? would never touch such a disgusting implement but uh <laughs> That's why he couldn't get rid of it. When he bought the house, the gun was already in the drawer. And he was like, oh, gross. I can't touch this. But Kitsugu is special, so he can touch it. Uh, his cold, his like cold-blooded killer genes are so funny. It's yeah. like an unnecessary thing. Like, why not? Uh, it's, it's, people can just do things that they don't want to do. They don't need to have like superhuman will mode that they activate. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It seems like it's. It feels like this thing to like try and maintain some kind of softness in Kiritsugu to be like, oh, he's actually a really kind person. He just has like a switch that he can flip and do brutal, like sick, twisted murders. Uh, and it's like you're trying to do a Tsukihime thing here, <laughs> like a Shiki oh, thing here, I but it's not I... really working for me. Yeah, I guess the idea is like, um. I feel like it's supposed to sort of be like a contrast with the Shiro, because like, you know, pre-fire Shiro, he's just a just a little guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, everything gets taken from him and he becomes fucked up that way, but Kiritsugu is like sort of like there's something just inherently strange about him, and he's also Kotamine's foil. 
uh-huh. in this book. So when you put those things together, I see how you get here. It just feels silly. Uh, Natalia shows up. She takes the gun. She's like, oh, I'm a bad person, Kiritsuku, but you're a nice boy. So I'm going to save you and bring you out of here. And then you can choose what you want to do with your future. This is like, <laughs> this is like another through line of this idea that like, the, these adults are letting these kids choose their future mm-hmm. while like they're clearly not doing that <laughs> um anyway so he's like well i've got nowhere else to go so i might as well let this like international assassin babe uh be my mom and that's how kitty two becomes an international assassin you know what they say uh kids who grow up without a mom will forever be searching for one mommy theory mommy girlfriend theory um okay there's more stuff that makes me like squint at the magic crest way magic crests are working here uh (laughs) yeah i it's it's something that well you've said this before Catherine. you just think urobochi doesn't really know or care how magic crests work yes i genuinely believe this there is like a transference process that has begun early uh, but here it just sounds like it's something that they like, hacked out of uh, this guy and kind of gave part of to Kiritsugu. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And But it, like hey, that I... doesn't sound like a smart way to do business when you're in a business where you get killed sometimes. You want to have something that you want to have, a, if not a backup because of what what it is, you want to be able to transfer it, right? To be a little fair to Urobochi, Stainite is kind of confusing about how magic crests work. Uh-huh. But, but this like, is confusing in a different way. But also, way. yes, yes. Stainite is basically like, yeah, you even at, like when kids are babies, you start transferring your magic crest to them. Yes. And by transfer, it really means copy. Uh-huh. I always uh, figured that when the person died, it sort of just automatically moved on the way that like command spells do here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm uh like the the finishing touch was your death or or when you finally let go or whatever uh but here it's like oh no 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 no. we can just like take those that shit out of you and like that doesn't feel that doesn't feel in line with the way that it's worked well this is also again the thing of urobochi taking concepts in stay night which are like magic crests are thematic it is a literalization of uh knowledge and wealth accrued by a family over the generations yeah uh and making that a physical thing that can be moved around uh the exact details of how it is passed on doesn't really matter uh what is important is that it is a thing that you pass from uh like parent to child Mm -hmm. uh and and yeah and and then it's like well okay it's a thing where you can take it off and like cut a part of it off and then stick it on to a new guy and I do. I have always liked the description of it as like a parasite, uh, yeah. a, like yeah. a flesh thing, right? Which I kind of like that. But the idea that you're just like running into a battle royale where everyone has died basically every single time for like five, four times in a row, carrying this, and anyone who survives could just take it out of you and do something with it doesn't. That seems unwise i i'll kind of always assume tokiomi either had a way to transfer it or got rid of it before going to the battlefield to die i think the thing is is that it does it does well yeah i guess it's unclear if because kurisuku doesn't give it to shiro and the reason he gives is you can't transfer it to someone who's not like a blood relative 
but you could probably still learn something from it, right? That's why the Mages Association wants it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's fair. Uh, yeah, so Kiritsugu gets part of the crest. None of the cool taboo shit, just like the boring like baby time magic that he does. Um, Let's see. Okay, now we cut forward to the second episode <laughs> that we watched. Mm-hmm. Which was uh, the first episode that we watched. The stuff up to now, pretty good. Yeah, it kind of fucked. Uh, yeah, if, if this I... was the start of zero, I would have started on much higher note. It, it, it's a good. It's a good episode. It's a mostly good section in the novel. You know, it's, it's good mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, also, just... they have a unique ED for these episodes, and it's kind of a banger. I don't remember. I feel like I was complaining during all those EDs <laughs> during the group watch. Surprising it's no a, one. No, but it's a good song. Anyway, it's been it's some time later. Kiritsugu's uh, talking in his adult voice now. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how old he is, but um, uh, teens, they say he's not like an adult. Yet, yeah, yeah, so... he definitely he, he's like, yeah. He's he's somewhere. He's between. wearing his uh his like schoolgirl uniform, <laughs> but he's in, not in college or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> Natalia is going after Odd Borzak or Vorzak, <laughs> depending on uh, uh which translation you're going. This for. is a hunter hunter guy. <laughs> he's a hunter. He's also a JoJo, uh, which is pretty funny. Uh, this is a guy who is a demonic bee user. What is okay? I'm actually gonna look this up now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's what's the question, Ben? How does this guy work? Okay, yes, this gray fly from jo- from JoJo Part Three. <laughs> He's the tower card. He uh is fights them on a plane, and he produces insects from his body that attack his foes. I don't think he turns them into zombies, but let's see, let's see. Hmm, yeah, no. what, what, that sounds familiar. But it's very this, which is very funny. A fight on a plane is a cool idea. Great yeah. fly. <laughs> anyway, so the thing that this guy does, he's got bees and he turns people into zombies with those bees. Um, Well, dead apostles. But, dead apostles. Know. But like ghouls. like ghouls. Low level. Like yeah. they're basically zombies. They're not really vampires mm-hmm. yet. He's gotten face surgery, so she doesn't know what he looks like. And but I don't remember if this is in the book or just in the anime. But she's like, "There's no way he'll have the bees on his person because it's an airplane, and I trust the <laughs> security <laughs> of an airplane." In fucking what? What year is this? I'm surprised he couldn't just bring the bees with him. I'm surprised he's not smoking. <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah, too, I, I don't think it. the, uh, I don't think the, oh, there's no way he'll have bees on the plane bit is in the, uh, book, cause the book part of this is like, if Shirley's bit was brief, <laughs> Natalia's bit just like, flashes by. Yeah, it's so, uh, yeah, yeah, it's funny, cause like, in the book, it's like, oh yeah, there was a big fight. Uh, he he had bees inside his body, which I wasn't expecting. She, I think she does say that. And now I'm in the cockpit, and everyone's dead, but I'm flying the plane. And in the anime, we get, 
I'm in the back of the, I'm in the storage <laughs> shed uh, in the plane, this big space that I have access to for some reason. Um, and then I have to fight my way across the entire plane, presumably, <laughs> or most of the plane full of like, whatever, 300 zombies or whatever they say, and then get to the cockpit, which has more zombies in it. And somehow she does that. <laughs> and, like, okay. So... I guess we're 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 kind of past this, but because I checked Natalia's like thing for the succubus thing, can I drop funny Shirley lore? Yeah. Yes, anytime. Okay, so Urabuchi says that actually Shirley is super smart, even though she doesn't have formal education, and that by the age of age thirteen. She had already received a master's degree through correspondent courses, and that the reason she took the potion was because she was so super smart and just thirsted for knowledge too much. Which That is not that is like, oh, you think I'm sexist. Actually, she's a super genius. She's so yeah. smart that she did something deeply stupid. Fascinating. Uh, that's very dumb. That's like really silly. Uh, yes, I I think the expanded lore for Shirley and Natalia in Fate Zero material is very dumb, and I'm glad it's not in the book. Her being like a actual seeker of knowledge who is undone by her own hubris is a lot more interesting than I'm trying to prove a point so that Kiritsu, you can inherit your father's legacy and be a great man like him. Yeah, I uh, think but, it's a but good. But none of that's there. That's not, no, it's not. It's not in the book. There. It's not in the book. They didn't have a line where Kurt is like, "Wow, Shirley's so smart. She got undone. She had her master's degree at age 13. <laughs> that's so. Uh, that's yeah. Okay. Um, where are we? Right, Natalia. They we, they did rob us of a like train from Busan like style fighting their way up. Uh, her fighting her way up. Uh, scene which could have been cool. Uh, none of that. We only get the most annoying fights in the world in the anime. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we get a conversation as she is trying to. Okay. Natalia is a super assassin who's been working secretly for many years. She is currently in an airplane with 300 zombies on it. Uh, highly, highly virulent zombies that also have bees that spread zombie disease uh, entirely autonomously now that the guy's dead. She is in contact with the, the New York City like, uh, contr- like air traffic controllers and is being guided to land in JFK. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck does that look carrying- like? <laughs> carrying 300 zombies and she's like yeah i'll get out of it somehow (laughs) she could okay Okay. there is a thing happening here i remembered this differently what i remembered was that uh that natalia was having a sad conversation with kiritsugu that was very clearly a goodbye and uh he had to uh kill her because she was bitten or she knew that there was no way out of this or whatever. And like the final lesson that she taught him was like, oh, you have to be willing to sacrifice people. Right. What is actually happening is she's about to drive 300 zombies into the middle of New York City. And Kiritsugu has to man up and kill this woman who can't decide to uh, like end her own life instead of kill a bunch of people with zombies. I cannot. I cannot read 
her side of the conversation as anything but a I know that I have to die mm-hmm. here is like a couple of words right. before I and die. The, they, an- the anime, the anime has adds a smirk. Yes, the anime adds a smirk when spoilers Kiritsugu kills her, which with a to me rocket the... launcher that he got from a Grand Theft Auto character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, I know, I know that Uroboshi thinks that the whole world is like a wretched den of villainy, and like there are guys who will sell you a rocket launcher on every corner of New York City or whatever. It's so fucking stupid that he was able to like go she's got like uh, i've got about an hour <laughs> left until i land and he's like okay i'm gonna leave my house get a rocket launcher go out in the <laughs> middle of the ocean and kill the shit out of you yeah also this conversation i remembered liking this bit kind of i think the ending of it is very stupid especially in the anime but like i remember liking this conversation but the problem is now that i'm looking at it again is that she's like I always wanted to be your mom and I'm going to retire and I'm going to be your real mom now. And he's like, mommy, I love you so much, mommy. I wish I could say <laughs> yeah. this to your face, but now I have to kill my <sighs> yeah. mom. Uh, in uh, Again, in isolation from the rest of Fate Zero, I don't think this would be, I don't, I'm not saying it'd be great. I don't think it'd be too bad. No, Unfor- yeah, it would be like, like, it's fine to have one mom that you have to kill. <laughs> But yeah, because like, it's like also... I have to kill every mom I've ever met, and I hate it because yeah. I'm such a mommy's boy. <laughs> yeah, it's like because it's also like dramatic. You know, it's kind of there's a kind of a sense of like dramatic irony, right? Because eventually, you know, meeting Ilya and Shiro will do the same thing to Kiritsugu that meeting Natal, you know, that meeting him did to Natalia. So I kind of like that aspect of it, mm-hmm. but. In, but every because, single woman is tied yeah. up in this, right? Yeah. Yes. If it was just Natalia, or hell, being generous, if it was Natalia and Irie, if it was like the Kiritsugu plotline lady characters, and the mm-hmm. other lady characters were just, you would need to add some more women. Like you would need yes, to add yeah. a woman master. At uh, least. Honestly, cut Ryunosuke and Giles, replace them with a woman master and servant pair. That's good. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, if we're if we're talking about just cutting entire swaths of the novel and replacing them with good stuff, I've got some suggestions. Uh, you know what would also help is Natalia realizing that girls can also be dads. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. If there wasn't I'm this whole thing of like, mom. but yeah, can we cut? We we can cut that. You know, take that out. Uh huh. Uh huh. It could almost be a funny joke. Uh. If, again, there wasn't so much motherhood woman baggage in this uh-huh. whole thing. I feel like so much of modern otaku media is influenced by Evo, which is really weird about moms because it's inspired yeah. by Tomino, who is which really, who is weird, really about weird about moms. moms. And, like, Nasu, he does not care about this. And that's He's fucking a guy great. He doesn't care about a mom. That's fucking great. Urobuchi? is like really bought into this stuff in a way that yeah. I really find cringe coming back to zero. Mm-hmm. It's rough. Yeah. Like I, 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 going yeah. over the 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 cast it's like what Sola uh she her motivation is still to like marry a beautiful man. 
uh, Irie is like the most like oh sad Irie's mom, a mom character in the world. We'll get there. Shirley Maya's is like a the mom. hot neighbor uh, who he could have had a beautiful life with on this like uh, island. Oh, Natalia is like, I want to be your mommy. I want to retire. I want to stop doing bad shit and be a good girl. Uh, what is Sa- Saber is constantly craving the approval of every man she's ever met and has no real like, goals of her own. Except for- Saber is like kind of exempt from this because she's a Fate Stay Night character, yeah, sort she's of like asterisk. Less- less absorbed but again all of her like actual desires are sublimated into this i need to prove myself to a bunch of men mm-hmm. yeah because they don't actually go into her like ideals and wishes that much which on the one hand makes sense because uh already a story that did that mm-hmm. on the other hand you know it's one of those things where like no one female character in Fate Zero is the death knell. It's all of them stirring like in this pot. It's yeah. that like that's the problem. Any one of these things would have been fine. Any two of these things might have been fine if you had more female characters. Mm-hmm. Who who else do we even have? Aoi? <laughs> well, Aoi, uh, actual, like, literally the one who has nothing but mom. And, yeah. Oh, and, like, object, of, object to covet. Object yeah. to covet, you know, the book knows that that's bad, but also it's still, like, oh, we'll talk about that when we get to the Karya stuff. At I don't want to talk about time, that right now. At this point in time, Urobochi cannot conceptualize writing a Bazette. <laughs> You know what I mean? No. No. Not not even close. <laughs> now, hang on. Is Homer a Bazette? I can... B- trapping yourself uh, in an well, endless I, well, loop yeah, for a pointless I was... goal? One second. Uh, yeah, if we're, ta- if we're talking about Monica Hollow intertext, I think I want to wait till next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just dropping that. I'm just like putting from that what one we out have, there. From what we have seen, the difference there yeah. is Bazette, even when confronted with the fact that this is pointless, mm-hmm. is like, yeah, but I don't want to die. Uh-huh. And Homer is like, I don't want to die and like, yeah, the world's scary and miserable. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Bazette. Uh, yeah. I do wonder if Homer really would have given up the ghost there. Maybe. It looked bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Bazette didn't have a beautiful girlfriend who she loves. <laughs> she she had a one night stand with Kodamine. Yeah, I don't had know a that one... I would want to leave the time loop either if that's all I had. <laughs> that, that's true, that's true. Yeah, I, I you know, I'm I'm sure this was talked about a lot in the hall episodes. I, I'm pretty sure it was, but I do think it's good that Bazette does not have a like male love interest character no. really mm-hmm. no she has just, like one like the best bros with Angramanu and she's that's all best she needs bro- yeah she's best bros with- i wish i was best bros with Angramanu. that's my boy that's my boy yeah that's our boy i'm 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 here on the Angramanu is our podcast boy like i'm here on this club let me be clear the, yeah podcast be- is is Angramanu the best boy of the pod uh, I I sorry, I might still have to fight for Shiki, all things considered. Mm, but 
I, I, I will have to like uh, see how I'm settled on remake Shiki before really being able to say this. That that's completely fair. I th- I, I I like them probably just about equally. Mm-hmm. Might be the best boy. He's up there. He's definitely he's a, up he's there. He's such a fun guy. <laughs> he's just a fun and funky little guy. He's so annoying. Okay. Um, he is see. he is subclassed into pest. <laughs> Uh, it's nor it's always good when women do it it's sometimes it can be fun when men do it yes wow characters Um, who are fun but also have sadness and pathos can you imagine if there were any of those in this book except for like maybe eastgonder a little bit i'm i'm sorry to have to say this but like i'm so unsold on iskandar at this point that's so fair. I have no love in my heart for Iskandar anymore. Uh, his like funny guy antics just like ring so hollow in my chest. Uh, okay. the The last thing I wanted to say about this scene of uh, Kiritsu killing his uh, first mommy uh, is the like anime slow sad music and doves flying while he <laughs> yeah, this stupid <laughs> rocket launcher, uh, and then like scream cries after shooting her down is so like it's so cheap (laughs) it's so goofy it's so silly it's like oh it's okay okay it is okay it is the kind of thing that probably would have gotten to a 13 year old fan Uh uh-huh just like yeah, it is really sad that he has to kill his mom. Uh-huh. Yeah, so there's but does nothing like, for me. Yeah, there's something I I think I think there's an interesting context that maybe I I, I think maybe you two should have that mm-hmm. I, I I find interesting when thinking about this book and particularly Kiritsugu's role in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Fate Zero was written before Heaven's Feel got, like, rehabilitated properly mm. and was, like, significantly more controversial. And back in the day, you did really have a lot of people being like, oh, yeah, the bad end where Shiro lets Rin kill Sakura and he becomes a superhero, that's the best end, that's how Heaven's Feel should have ended. And Wild. the best way for Tsukihime uh, to end is Shiki cuts Akiha's head off and walks down the hall. Okay, yes, exactly, <gasps> exactly. And Hold I think on. in 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 it that environment, ending. you know, in the environment where people are like really bought in on like, oh, Shiro should like kill all of his emotions and just like become a you know capital H hero. I think Kiritsugu's story hits a bit different because you get to Instead of, like, being told sort of abstractly through Saber and Archer how much that sucks, you Mm -hmm. get to properly see it. And I Mm. think there is, you know, I think there is, I think there is a value in that, even if the way it's done could be better. For example, make the book like the anime, make Natalia complicit in her death. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, give her any agency at all. Now... My counterpoint to this, Catherine, is that I also see the bo- the value of books that teach you how to, like, say the alphabet, but I'm not <laughs> super invested in reading them. 
Yes, that that is fair. You 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 are not you are not the target. You know you are not somebody who yeah. is like super into the idea of Shiro becoming a stoic, emotionless hero killer badass. I think for me, it's also interesting that is like Karitsku. I guess it is not is not someone that I currently like current me finds cool, mm-hmm. but he is absolutely the kind of like cool teen guy. boy fantasy of like oh he's so cool yeah. look at him go like yeah. yeah it sucks that he had to kill his mom but he did it and that's cool yeah and like uh fi- fighting against people with way more power than with than him because he's so smart and he's uses all these tools because he's batman you know what i mean it's this, it's like batman disease you know yeah, where 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 are we on the notes? Because I'm wondering. Because there's one note I'm wondering if you're gonna bring up. Because I think it's a good note. Uh, I'm highlighting a section. You should be able to see, which is right. About okay, where okay, we're, we're like three notes down from the one. I was, okay. okay, okay, we're good, we're good. Okay, um, let's see. Uh, what? Okay, why don't you just uh, mention the thing you want to talk about here? Oh, I just like what you have in this note where, like, Kiritsugu does something painful for the greater good, and it leaves him wanting, and the book knows that that's unsatisfying, and that's the good part, but also woman problem. That's basically yes, yes. how mm-hmm. I feel about this flashback in it's a nutshell. It's a series of, like, it's a se- Zero is a series of rigged trolley problems, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, um, what if what if you could throw a lever and like uh, save like five people, but your wife got caught under the gears. You know what I mean? It's like so heightened that it makes the trolley problem itself look tame and like reasonable. Well, right. It's like, it's the thing of like with, um, with Shirley, Mm -hmm. Kuritsugu looks for a third way. And then it turns out that the way was the only two options were kill Shirley or the entire town dies. And like the, basic premise of zero is this like absurd trolley problem where it's like oh i have to kill my wife <laughs> and also a bunch of people who i don't really actually need to kill uh so that i can save the whole world you know what i mean uh-huh. and it's like um it's just it's just it's too big it's it's silly right this is this is this again is, a thing this is where homura versus kiritsugu why i don't care about kiritsugu because his goal is so silly to me it feels like forever ago that I watched this the first time. Uh-huh. Uh, but, like, yes, it is a thing where, like, oh, right, younger me uh, loved a trolley problem. Uh-huh. I was like, well, yeah, obviously you do the right thing. Mm-hmm. There, there's a right answer. You you kill your friend so that, like, 100 people can live. Sure, uh-huh. of course. Um, Didn't you take, like, morality and philosophy classes or something like that? I took one philosophy class while I was in high school okay, at okay. the local community college. Thinking about social justice—that's what your uh, the class that I associate you with. I was a that, club. That Thank feels like much. it would um, uh, discourage this kind of behavior. Yeah. Uh Well, I was okay. Listen, I was a very annoying teenager. <laughs> um, I hadn't figured out that you could be cool and a girl. Yeah. Uh but like, and then yeah. Homer showed us. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, this is the, the, the problem with trolley problems Mm -hmm. is that they suppose a world where there are only two options Mm -hmm. and it's like, Mm, well, I bought a fate zero next week, next week. (laughs) Um, and, and yes, the thing is, is that that is kind of 
yeah, as you said, all of the setups in Zero are well. There are only two pro or two like uh, options really. When the actual solution is, how do we stop the trolley mm-hmm. or not even put the trolley on the tracks, uh-huh. like or not put the people on the tracks at least? Yeah, yeah, um, it's. I think it's interesting because like Fate Stay Night also gets trolley problem brained at times, but I think there are two differences. Mm-hmm. The first is like a lot of what you know, a lot of what Saber and Archer did during their lives, you get the principle, but they sort of they don't really give you detailed scenarios, so you can kind of just fill in whatever makes the most sense to your mm-hmm. mind. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also the fact that, like, the only times in present day that you really trolley problem are, like, should Saber kill Shiro to get the Grail and save her kingdom, proxy the world, and should Shiro kill Sakura to save the town? You know, that's, mm-hmm. like, the only two times you really do it. Mm-hmm. What we need is the third way, which is that guy from Gundam Seed uh, Destiny showing up <laughs> and stopping all the fighting. Mm. Exactly. This is all I know about, about I did, Seed. I did immediately regret using the phrase the third way. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, that's completely fair. Um, we need this, liberalism. Uh, uh, this is me jumping ahead in your notes a bit, but I do like how you point out that, like, in both, you know, every time Kiritsugu does the trolley problem, the woman kind of becomes an object in a way that is, like, not true when they do this with Sakura, and not mm-hmm. true when Saber does this with yeah. Shiro. Mm-hmm. Oh. Sakura's acting on her own volition. She's uh, coerced a lot in that in Heaven's Field, but she is also, especially towards the end, uh, taking taking like steps to act as a person. Right? She is not. Yeah. She is not sitting home pregnant. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? No, no, so exactly. She is, but she's pregnant with evil. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, they even uh, in Zoken's death scene, they have this like, but well, his quote-unquote death scene, because that guy's a fucking cockroach. In Zoken's first death scene, they have, like, this bit where it's like, oh, Zoken died because he thought Sakura was just a pure wife. In Zoken's first death scene, flashback, a title card says 478 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) He also is a cockroach, parentheses, literal. Yeah, yeah, he's an Yeah. Um, but yeah, I basically, feel like Boogie has more path, like believable pathos <laughs> than this guy. But yeah, whenever, uh, whenever Fate Stay Night does this, like, oh, would you pick? You know, would you pick the person you love over the world? It does it way better. It just does it yes. way better. Yeah. Right. So after killing his mom, Kiritsugu is like, now I just gotta keep murdering people. I guess to prove that that was right. And uh, this is a, I guess you could draw a parallel to Homer again, like, oh, I know I'm doing something wrong, but I already started doing it, so I have to keep doing it. Except it's like, again, just more interesting when Homer's doing it. (laughs) Like, that idea gets recycled into something cooler. It is truly cooler when girls do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for, like, different reasons. He's, Homer is not looking for new wives to kill off, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, she hasn't endless like cloning factory for the wife that... one wife <laughs> who she could kill over and over and over again 
like compare oh god comparing uh kiritsugu shooting uh the rocket at the plane to in the flashback episode the silent scene of uh uh homura shooting the gun at <laughs> madoka's soul gem this is hydrogen bomb versus coffee baby <laughs> yes what a great scene it's, it's so good. good scene. It's so good that the yeah it's... camera pulls out and then there's just a flash, no sound. I think they do that in Zero, literally with his dad, right? Where like there's no yeah, sound. yeah, yeah. Uh, and it just who cares about this fucking guy? Who <laughs> no. cares about his evil vampire making god dad? Rega- regardless of if you compare Fate Zero to Fate Stay Night or Madoka, both of which are valid comparisons, it's always going to be the coughing baby and not the hydrogen <laughs> bomb. <laughs> Okay, thank you for finally elucidating which one is which. Because I made fight. Who would win in a fight? Okay. <laughs> is the okay. <laughs> Coughing baby or I just <laughs> I was like, is it which one is like more evil? This is like a normal mapping meme. <laughs> Wait, is this an abnormal mapping meme? Or I swear I've I seen see it, it everywhere. I've abnormal mapping a lot. Uh, but I've, okay. I've never seen it outside of abnormal mapping. But I'm sure that people it's, in those circles—it's such a it good around. meme. I don't like. I don't know why. I'm just like, yeah, I love this framework. I say this shit all the time. Yes. I did say this about something, and then I was like, I'm gonna be honest, Ben. I have no idea what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> this entire podcast was worth it just so that I finally understand <laughs> which one's which. <laughs> One more, I'm glad. one more thing about uh, Kiritsugu's morality here is that um, there's a framing that's trying to be done where actually Kiritsugu is uh, an innocent doing his best. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he's like uh, killing because he believes it's necessary. And then we again, we get to Kenneth and Sola, who he tortures, brutally murders in like a Saw-esque fashion to generously prove a point to Saber. Not generously for <laughs> no reason whatsoever. Because even my first thought when I was thinking about this again was, well, I guess he could be doing it because he knows that they're bad people. And if they go back to Clock Tower, maybe they could, even though they're basically harmless now, maybe they could do something evil. And then I remember that Kiritsugu believes that in two days time, he's going to save the world and these people will be rendered harmless regardless. Yes. Yeah, I think this under the... this clearly undermines uh to me his like any claims that he has to being an innocent good guy because he just does heinous shit for like funsies. <laughs> yeah, I think the idea they're getting at is that like so like this is Kiritsugu like in his like peak kind of innocent robot man years. And then he stays in, then he stays with Iri in the Einsprints for eight years, and that softens him up. Like that makes him more human. But because he's more human, he's also more capable of conducting like unnecessary unnecessary cruelty. And then there's a bit later in the stuff we're covering today where Mai's like, Alright, you're finally back to the old you. I it's... think that's what they're going for. It's just bad. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't think yeah. that's good. Well, like, no, it's, you could, yeah. you could just cut it's... the Kenneth bit. Just just yeah. cut Kenneth. Yeah. It's, it's also the thing of like the first time he tries to kill Kenneth, he like pulls the fire alarm to get everyone out of the hotel mm-hmm. before he blows it up. Um and it's like, mm-hmm. yes. In that case I do believe that you are trying to harm the fewest people. Although we do get that bit in that scene where he's like, oh, maybe I yeah. should have just killed all of those people. And it's like, yes. he can't, I don't, <laughs> you're such a shit. 
<laughs> um okay let's move on to act 13 one that's the end of act two or act interlude 12 interlude yeah. fuck I, me I, you have I, too I, much I, of this left I, I, man i'll be honest i i like I, I somebody who likes the you know as somebody who i like broadly describe myself as a kiritsugu flashback liker I ended up agreeing with Ben a lot more than I thought I would going into this. this I'm worryingly like, eloquent about these things sometimes, huh? Yeah, because, like, no, the thing is, like, you're right. There is a good thing here that is being undercut by the fact that Natalia and Irisville are not people. Yes. yes. I do feel like, um, and this is the thing, this is my, my like, uh, surprise UFO hate table, like, hater uh, agenda. I feel like you could have done a lot to fix some of these problems in a good adaptation and with natalia they try they yeah they give her that smirk at the end uh but it did it did totally change my read of that scene for the better uh-huh. when i watched yes. it so yeah ufo table improved the natalia stuff ufo table improved is not a sentence i think no. you'll be hearing very often on this podcast so yes i'm anti-ufo table now same uh, K and K was the best they did, and it wasn't like the most I mean, amazing K and K could have been. No. And I mean, Rewatching... think about it. You don't even you don't have the source material to compare for that. It's true. Rewatching Madoka was like right. Madoka's great. This is what fucking uh, anime can be. Yes. Though to and... be fair, I do think the K and K adaptation is not perfect. It's pretty good. I like K. I also think yeah. Yeah. Uh, except for six. <laughs> except for six. Fuck six. <laughs> Uh, and also, they put way too much stank on that guy's drool in seven. <laughs> they put way too much stank on that guy's drool in seven. They shouldn't have shown Fujino's rape on screen. I don't know why they did yeah. that. The book doesn't do that. Ugh. Shaft's still not. I like. I like like very detailed girl animation. Mm-hmm. And Shaft is mostly like. Uh, very good composition and cuts. I prefer. Like, I I'm more invested in direction than I yes, am like moment yes. to moment animation. And this is yeah, same. We don't. We it, we're not enemies. We walk a, the road parallel. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. But it's like I could. I look at Madoka and I'm like, hell yeah, that looks awesome. And I look at basically anything UFO table has ever done, and I'm like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that exists. I guess. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, I have one more thing to say about the Natalia thing before we okay. jump. Uh, uh-huh. So, in, uh, you know how we were joking about, oh, is this inspired by snakes on a plane in yesterday's watch party? Um, I think Ben accor- posited the opposite. Yes. <laughs> no, uh, according to Ganorabuchi in Natalia's entry in Fate Zero material, the answer is yes, it was inspired by snakes on a plane. Wait, oh, Snakes on a Plane came out earlier than I thought it did. That's where he got it from? Not even from That's fucking so Jojo. funny. He got it from Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> oh, Wait, one second, one second. I'm getting, I'm getting his fucking words. Um, By the way, this uh, her heart-wrenching and gruesome end <laughs> was inspired by the movie Snakes on a Plane, which I watched with Nasu. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> these like fucking like wild ass like nasu uh urbuchi like bro moments make me want to like zero but they can't, yeah, they can't like... save it but the image of that like him he this is what i mean when i say that i don't believe the bit about urbuchi being like 
uh, writing these books being like i hate women <laughs> you know what i mean no. he's no, just like he not just thinking watched... about it he's just not thinking no, about it he watched yeah. snakes on a plane it's like wouldn't it be cool if a russian assassin who was also yeah. a whose mom died in a plane full of bees instead of snakes yeah. oh. <sighs> i'm so I, glad I... that i brought this up yeah uh, like I'm as so... a joke being like there's definitely no connection between these two things <laughs> this is I'm like so... when, um this is like when I'm the, so the... glad I feel like fit this in. <laughs> it reminds me of when like ch- the Chainsaw Man, when uh, uh, Fujimoto, the Chainsaw Man uh, mangaka, was like, "Here's a list of some of my like media touchstones: Poi Poi Molkar and the Big Lebowski." And <laughs> sometimes you just watch snakes on a plane, and you're like, "Hell yeah, snakes on a plane." <laughs> <laughs> yes, the image of Urobuchi and Nasu sitting down to watch snakes on a plane together, and Urobuchi being like, hey, dude, wouldn't it be sick if it's ridiculously charming? It's so funny. Really fun. We should skip Rebellion with just do snakes on a plane. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, snakes on a plane, one of the few... <sighs> Like, I remember that being a joke in high school of people being like, yeah, snakes on a plane. What a yeah. dumb movie. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> or, what a dumb idea. No one went to see it. No, no one went to see it. <laughs> like, them. budget $33 million, and it only made $15 million domestically. Uh-huh. So, like, okay, but everyone knows okay, about so snakes can, on a plane. Yeah. So can we do snakes on a plane for tea time next week? <laughs> <laughs> Let's Next time yes. on Yuri Team no, no. Time, Rebellion and Snakes on a Plane, I guess. <laughs> cannot be. Wait, wait no, be. I wasn't. I was Showing not, up I to Yuri Team Time, I'm like, you know, we watched one good movie and one mid-anime for this. <laughs> <laughs> I could never. Rebellion. Me. Oh, this. I wish this anime wasn't, uh, this Fate Zero wasn't reminding me of something I'd rather be watching. Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> It's so funny, Fen, because especially we're doing exactly the thing that you just said about kids in high school doing, where we're like making fun of this movie we have not seen because the premise is so funny. So fucking true. I think I've seen a, a total of like 10 minutes of Snakes on the Plane. I've only seen the commercial. I remember snakes like coming out of the fluorescent lights on the ceiling or whatever. I have seen some clips of Samuel Jackson. The the only part I remember, surprise, surprise, because it was uh-huh. uh almost twenty years ago. I remember the like uh, I've had is... it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. The only bit I remember is two people uh in the in the bathroom having sex and then a snake like descends and you bites know what? <laughs> I gotta hand it to them. That's fucking cute. pretty fucked up. Yeah. On a plane and that happens. Oh to god, you. can you fucking imagine the fate zero equivalent of this where like two Two people are having sex in one of the airplane bathrooms and a fucking dead apostle bee <laughs> sneaks in through the door. <laughs> I'm so glad I know where this bit comes from now. It's fucking insane. It's so funny. Episode, I think. Act 13-1. For real this time. <laughs> okay, for real. We're out of... And- and this is a scene we've already gotten because of the anime. This is Kotamina killing I was, Kotiomi. I was so lost for a second because the anime already did this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why is Kotamina going to Tokiomi's house? Like, isn't 
Tokiomi. D- oh <laughs> no! This is where we're doing this. Yeah. Um. This is like the same kind of thing as uh Kotamine stabbing Bazette in the back in Hollow Ataraxia. Uh, but it's way better when it's Bazette, and not just because uh-huh. she's a woman, but because she has like any believable reason to like trust and care about Kotamine. <laughs> Whereas Tokiomi yeah. was like. I like the vibes on this guy. I'm going to tell him all my secrets and give him a knife and then turn my back and wiggle and see what happens. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because, like, yeah, it's like this idea that, like, Bazette looks for, you know, looks into Kotamine to try to, you know, find something. And, like, sure, it does the same thing in Heaven's Feel. Tokyo meme. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is, like... Tokiomi just being a complete dearth of like any interesting characterization or personality. Yeah. He's like, there's a lot of characters in Fate Zero who I think are kind of pointless, but I think Tokiomi might be like, he has to be here. But like, he's, well, he does he, he gets the possibly the least for me for the amount of what about time he has. Rio Dosuke and Giles. At least they're doing something different. The the <laughs> I don't think it's good. My, but like the thing with Tokiomi, you could at least make an argument with Ka- with Castor and uh, Uryu that again the like camp argument that they're supposed to be yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. Sure, at least you can do that. Tokiomi is like, and then he sits in a basement. Tokiomi feels like Uroboshi just trying to do a very straightforward like typical Nasu mage, except he doesn't really understand why Nasu likes that likes that or like. Uh, or is interested in writing characters like that. And he doesn't also doesn't really understand like why mages might be like that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know. He's just kind of yeah. Like, it's like yeah. when Nasu writes normal mages, like Nasu doesn't even really write normal mages because a I think Bryn says this in Heaven's Feel that like the the ideal mage is an ideal that like all mages strive for, but none of them will reach because it's such an yeah. inhuman uh-huh. abstract thing you can't even reach it. And mm-hmm. B, Nasu like Nasu writes Aria, and like I I know the KNK Five movie didn't super endear the pot Aria, but Aria mm-hmm. wants to like examine human history in totality to like determine the happiness of people who died miserably and like mm-hmm. that's a really interesting motivation Tokiomi well, yeah it's like every Nasu mage is a, is like a freaky little guy <laughs> yeah. yes, yes, who, who exactly. like fails in an interesting way Tokiomi is just like well I'm a hard worker uh, I'm about as smart as your average brick those yeah, are the two it's, things I got uh, going for me. These are my charm points, a, right? More than a mage, um, there's this line in this scene that um, where they're like, Tokiomi is like a guy. Oh, um, yeah, um, to his final moment, the mages must have stubbornly believed his own understanding to be accurate and refused to accept the real truth. Uh, he moved forward with that hesitation every mu- uh, every time. What a man to not wake up to the truth even after having fallen into the endless abyss. That's a I great think that's a, line. That's a great line. That's a but, banger line for a different character. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, it's one of those things where I don't even think Urobuchi is that interested in writing about Tokiomi as a magus. I think especially with the traits that he displays in this book, I feel like Tokiomi is supposed to be like a commentary on like Japanese salary men. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that could be good, but you know, you would need 
you would need him to be more present in the rest of you would the need him books. to have like yeah anything going on he he exists that, that is a fucking a banger line. now yeah it's a good which, line i yeah. even yeah, wrote it's that a down banger you know line. Li- like zero lines i've written down like that one is pretty much it. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a fucking good line though. Best thing about Tokiomi. <laughs> uh huh. But like, yeah. Here's the other thing: is like Tokiomi just being like a terminal patsy. Uh, again, that's fine. But like, we spend so much time on hi- on him. Yeah, so many scenes nothing. of him just sitting in the basement, like, "Hey, Kirai, what's up? Are are you doing stuff? I'm not it's doing like... stuff." It's like I complain about the idea of like showing you a villain doing evil shit like Zoken character over and over and over again so that you get some kind of catharsis when they die. But like this is this is somehow even worse because it's like, oh, and now we're going to cut for 15 minutes to Tokiomi eating some probiotic yogurt. (laughs) (laughs) And then we cut away and then we cut away. Okay, to be fair, Tokiomi eating yogurt. It would be more interesting than Tokyo <laughs> right. sitting this next to. If he was like a, if he was like a charming, ter- like fuck up like Rin was, then it could be funny, right? But like he, he just doesn't. He doesn't even take the risk to like step on rakes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? No, because it's all a salaryman commentary, but it's done in such a like boring, unengaging way. And maybe that's the point, but. That doesn't necessarily make it super interesting. Mm-hmm. He's like a Dracula motherfucker. <laughs> I, I will he's say also, he's also like a like a D and D villain that you meet and kill <laughs> in like a like pre bake adventure that you bought for thirty seven dollars from Wizards of the Coast. You know what I mean? <laughs> wow, just really roasting. <laughs> It's true though. He's like, yeah. my spells are launch fireball, <laughs> and I have a little castle full of like beam-based barriers. <sighs> Sorry, I heard beam-based barriers for a second, and I was like, Tokiomi would be a beam. more interesting character if he was just a huge <laughs> like beanbag slob. <laughs> No, you don't understand. This is this beanbag is full of high quality little special pebbles, <laughs> and it gives you a massage as you sit in it. Anyway, Tokiomi's dead. Uh, this scene is better in the anime because it is a short little stinger after the conversation where Gil's like, "Hey, wouldn't it be funny if you killed my boss?" Yeah. Uh, and here it's like kind of drown out in a way that it just doesn't. Again, because yeah. I don't care about Tokiomi, it doesn't really do much for me mm-hmm. that being said the book does have the banger line so the book maybe have the banger it, uh... line. who's to say if it's good or not us we're to say <laughs> yeah. us oh uh i dislike how the anime gives tokiomi a meme face as he dies because kotomine yeah. and gills the whole thing afterwards is like oh he looks the same mm. yeah mm-hmm. act 13-2 Kiritsugu has is coming home to have a real conversation with his wife for the first fucking time. <laughs> Not <laughs> um Yeah, he's like, I'm punishing myself for my sins by talking to my wife. <laughs> Me every morning. <laughs> no. I love you too much to oh. ever say that. <laughs> You said it. Um, okay. <laughs> well, I, I don't mean it. 
Yes. So he's like, the book like does this overwrought thing where he's like, this is the final trial of my ideals. Can I look at a woman I love and tell her to fuck off, basically, and then leave? (laughs) It's like, yeah, you're really cool, dude. Like, what am I supposed to be getting from this? I, I think uh, you're supposed to be getting that he is a sad, miserable dude. Uh-huh, dude. uh-huh. No, it's like... But, like, again, I don't need this. There's no yeah, you know, and everything like, we it, said about eerie... the Natalia stuff, just copy-paste. Yes. And, yeah, Eerie, who is she? What does she believe? We're gonna find out soon. It's nothing, and she's nobody. <laughs> okay. Um... Let's see. Let's see. I have a bunch of random, like, silly <laughs> notes that aren't very useful. Uh, I have some commentary on Hollow Ataraxia <laughs> being better. Wait, uh, wait, where, where, where is this? I'm fucking missing this. I'm seeing Shiki okay. because we already talked about Shiki parallels. Yes. Uh, both Ben and I had exactly the same reaction, which is the bit where, uh, like, they talk about um Kuritsugu not being able to like do everything that he promised uh mm-hmm. Yuri and her saying like go do it with Ilya I was like yeah and Shiro got to mm-hmm. and that's really wait a sec no <laughs> no you're not getting me <laughs> no it it reminded me of like one of the ba- most banger lines in all of Halataraxi which was uh uh I still don't know the difference between a promise and a wish and I'm like yeah. hell yeah hell yeah and then I'm like wait that's a different that's a different game that's not <laughs> that's not this yeah and I mean also the fucking bit where Kiritsuki is like oh I wish you know they're like I, we wish we could have seen the flowers together I'm like wait that's also reminding me of a different better game uh-huh. Y'all, y'all, y'all should be so fucking thankful I pushed Fan into covering DDD. You're gonna get back to Dasu after this? Uh, yeah. Um, this... Okay. Uh, she gives him the sheath. Uh, he no longer needs his wife as equipment because he has the actual equipment out of her now. Hmm. Um, yeah, he, like, basically doesn't talk to her. Yes. And, like, the anime... Also, real quick, the anime cannot help but make him look incredibly silly just holding this giant <laughs> sheet. <laughs> the sheet just does not fit the aesthetic of this world whatsoever. Like, Saber, no. Saber can. But, like, it, I think it's telling that Excalibur doesn't make a lot of, like, actual appearances. Yes. <laughs> because it does also kind of look goofy. It looks like a it looks like a fighting game character's weapon. It doesn't look like something that belongs in this world next to, like... American military hardware. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Though that is really funny. Mm-hmm. But yes, again, like the complaint that I have here again is that um, I'm supposed to care about them because I'm supposed to care about Kiritsugu having a wife and child automatically. Yes. So they don't do any of the work to make you care about them because you're supposed to already be bought in because you're also a man who uh, <laughs> cares about having a wife and child. Yes. So, um, yeah, and then we got the Maya bit where she's like, you finally returned to your level cap, boss. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we act 13-3. Waver interlude. Waver's good. Waver's fine. Wa- <laughs> sorry, Waver's <laughs> good. Waver's fine, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm not mad at Waver. Um, 
he does have a funny bit where he bitches about how uh, portable heaters are too cheap. Uh, there is, okay. He does compare the camping equipment that he got to the price of the console that uh, Ryder bought mm-hmm. and says that the camping equipment wasn't as much. I guess it was only for one person. I was thinking of it being for two people. Yeah. I still think that the camping equipment was probably more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe he, he walked in on a, like, clearance day. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, hell yeah. Good camping equipment is expensive, especially like winter stuff. Well, he only needs it for the day. Um, yeah. Now, him and Ryder are going out to play in the snow and build a Kamakura together. <laughs> and Waver will say, many, many times bigger than yours, Ryder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, Ben. Oh. So you're saying you're making the bold claim that Waver tops. I'm making the bold claim that Waver is the one who is more likely to say that word for word than Ryder is. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's fair, yes. That's true. Um Okay. Let's see. Right. Okay. He's camping in the woods at the spot he summoned Ryder. Mm-hmm. Because Ryder overdid it with his noble phantasms. He's been spending his own energy instead of borrowing it from Waver. And uh, so he's going <laughs> to drink a bunch of energy drinks like they're mana potions and feed it all to Ryder. Um, this is, yes. The vibe I got was that the amount of like mana you could possibly produce is limited by uh, both what is in the area and also it's a like hard limit on your magic circuits. Mm-hmm. That both of these would be true. I don't... I did not get the vibe that, like, your metabolism influences... It does feel like D&D brain a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Energy <clears throat> potions, you know. They're blue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Ryder has, like, a moment here where he's, like, gets a little maudlin. He's like... Well, you know, I spent my whole life trying to find the ocean at the end of the world, Okanos, and uh, it didn't really exist, and I didn't know that until I showed up here and saw the world's a globe, and then I was like, ah, I feel kind of, I feel kind of stupid now, and so he's worried that Waver is fighting for something that doesn't exist, the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, Waver is not fighting for the Holy Grail. He's fighting for winning this fight and going back home and telling people how cool he is. Uh, so that's already kind of a flawed premise to be get upset about. He does also want a couple more inches. <laughs> Ryder's the only yeah. one who's ever said that. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do like this bit. I'll turn like, to the joke. Uh... Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> I think this bit is fine. It's yeah. just, again, I'm not super invested in Ryder or Waver's, like, deal anymore, you know? I mean? My note for this section is Waver good, Ryder mostly good. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, yeah. yeah I the, 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 the stuff Ryder says, like, yeah, mostly good. And then Ryder's like... And I have to beat up Saber, so she realizes what a stupid small stupid girl she baby. is. And I'm like, uh, never mind. Yeah, I don't I know. know why. Yeah, I ever, you know, like, talk about this in Banquet with Shiro and Saber. They're at least framed as peers. This is a weird paternalistic thing. 
I well, think the, the book the banquet is him going. We are not peers, actually. You have you are you have failed a test that I am qualified to give. That means <laughs> that you do not deserve to stand next to me as a peer, and I will forever more treat you as a baby, <laughs> which is very insulting. <laughs> yeah it's it's, just... it's really something that like the one the guy with charisma is this guy mm-hmm. you know what i mean he's supposed to be like like he may not be right about everything but he's the likable guy only likable guy he, uh he, and he has like dude worst shit he's dudes yeah. rock parentheses dudes meaning dudes no get out girls yes yeah it's uh i do one of the things i do like in this segment uh and i probably better to talk about it more in detail next time but i think it starts here mm-hmm. so i think it is worth at least bringing up is that i think this scene it reframes banquet of kings in a way that i like better because like mm. you know Ryder like spends a lot of time for you know shitting on saber for being like oh you were an idiot who just followed the stupid dream in your heart it's like well no you were also just an idiot who followed the stupid dream in your mm-hmm. heart it frames him as a hypocrite, and I like that, you know, I like that idea, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just something about the, like, way it's posing him as someone who has any ability to, like, save Saber, if only things were different. You know what I mean? In the same way that the Saber is so desperate to fight Doomweird, uh, you know what I mean? As if that's going to mean anything, you know what I mean? It's just... Ryder, yeah. you don't know who Saber is. You talked to her one time. Like, this is, eh, just feels very forced to me. Or it doesn't hit. How about that? Yeah, that that makes sense. I I can I think I can feel that way about like the totality. But I think in the context of this scene of like a mm. guy who spent his whole life chasing his dream, you know, he comes back to life and he realizes wait a minute, my dream was fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It, it, there, there's uh, a nice see, sense R- of... Ryder has never betrayed anyone, or he's never regretted anyone, anything either. Th- there's a nice sense of sadness to this scene that I like mm-hmm. a bit, I think. Yeah. It's one of the better like scenes in the back half of this section of reading, uh, I would say. Act 13-4. Speaking of scenes that waste my fucking time... <laughs> Uh, Iri is dying. Maya is hanging out because uh, she's only qualified to babysit at this point. <laughs> and we get some insane Maya backstory. <laughs> we sure do. Um, remember what I was saying about uh, Madoka, like kind of being predicated on this d- idea that there's like uh, heightened extreme violence happening constantly in order to make this world turn. Uh. Yes, this is this is what Maya's doing. Maya's like, she is not talking about the Middle East, but she's talking about those like war-torn places where it's all terrorists and mm. evil people who torture children for no reason and also sexually assault them. Uh, and it's just hell every day and there's no community or caring among anyone. Uh, these places do not exist. Yes. <laughs> like, like, yes, I know there are places where there are bad people who do bad things, but like, it feels like, you know, joy exists in places that are, like, uh, struck by war, right? <laughs> like, yeah, this, like, well, did you know that Maya is a mother? <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. This is this. Yes, this is was the one note I wrote down before I just kind of gave up and was like, this section sucks. It's a He's, miracle that Maya is not like Middle Eastern. The way that Maya, she could be. Kuritsugu gave her that name. Yeah, if she doesn't have, she's got like pale, pale skin. I think that's yeah. like. Yes, the anime makes it clear that. They drew her for. Yeah, let me. Book, uh, so. Yeah. Let me see uh, like, if what. Okay, so. I feel like if this happened a couple years later, maybe she would be. Maybe. Um, I think there is, like, one kernel of a good idea of a scene <laughs> in here. Because, like, one of the things they... Uh, actually, wait, maybe we should go down the scene a bit more and then I'll come back to this. Yeah. Not not quite yeah. yet. Well, the yes. My, my The complaint I have is that she's like... Yeah, you know, they never told us why we were fighting or anything. Yeah. They just go to war. And uh -huh. it's like, I don't think that a war has ever been fought where they, where both sides didn't try to demonize someone on both sides, tried uh -huh. to demonize the other as much yeah. as possible. These are like allegorical wars that happen in yeah. like, in, in anime where it's like, oh, wow, we don't even remember what we're fighting for. It's like, no, no, people know what they're fucking fighting for. Yeah. Like it might be yeah, bad. Uh, it might not be good, but people know what they're killing for. In like, yeah, it, that, that that part is uh, admittedly very stupid. And like, even, like, even in situations like World War One, mm -hmm. where like the British and Germans had like you know they celebrated Christmas together and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, yeah, but at least there, it's oh yes, our commanders are ordering us to kill each other, mm -hmm. uh, and you know bad things are going to happen. This is this is truly like. I don't know. They gave me a gun and told me to point it over there. And like, <laughs> where she's like, uh, you know, it's more efficient to use child soldiers. It reads like that fucking Ivy tweet where, where she talks about how like littles combine all of the like effectiveness of child soldiers and fully grown adults. Damn she, damn, she was really spitting with that one. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. This is okay. I've I've said this before about Nasu stuff where it's like this is uh this is partly inspired by like uh the idea that uh Buddhist uh beliefs are that the world is going to be hell no matter what you do because the world is a trial to reach enlightenment yes but like there's no conception of how things could actually improve Nasu's like uh ideology seems to stop at I can make one person's life better and I can make the situation not get worse and Urobochi is doing the same thing here, but by, like, linking it to terrorist superstates, it's like, bud, you know the United fucking States is the problem, right? Like, yeah. Kiritsugu will never have any sort of meaningful political ideology where he's like, oh, yeah, I know who is behind this, and it's the goddamn United States of fucking America. <laughs> you know what I yes, mean? Yes, um, I kind of want to come back to that next time, because I think mm -hmm. that's half on purpose. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, like when you see well, how Kiritsugu's character ends I think it sort of makes that clear mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You, you could also do something a little more interesting I don't know that it would save this scene but at least have Maya say looking back of course we were fighting over nothing mm -hmm. but like when I was there 
what well, you know we truly believed that the enemy side was evil yeah um yeah or like, do the like, opposite right where it's like well back then i was a child and i like you know i was just doing what i had to in order to survive mm-hmm, yeah. looking at it now i understand that these things happen for reasons you could do it either yeah. way but I, Maya is an empty, hollow person who had her child taken away from her, and therefore she just does whatever Kiritsugu says, regardless of whether or not she believes it or understands. Or she believes it, but she doesn't understand really what he's talking about. I, I think I, Maya understands. Irie doesn't. Yes, Irie's like, I'm just kind of here alone. I'm long for the ride. Uh, don't tell my husband. Ha 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 ha. Bullshit. Yeah, um, so. Okay, I think I. Th- Okay, wait, we'll go a few more down. I'm just like, is, is now uh, time for down? No, not yet. Let's see, let's see. Um, yeah, Irie's like, I just hope my, I, I'm gonna die, and I hope my husband and our beautiful baby girl live and have a happy life and get the grail and all this stuff. And she talks, she does talk about this whole, like, what really made me human was pregnancy. <laughs> and, fa- and, like, parenting the next generation. Mm-hmm. This is what women are for. Did you know that, Fan? <sighs> oh, this is where uh, Maya anyone, drops anyone, the like, yeah. uh, the like <laughs> barracks rape stuff, which is yeah. just like again, much like the the soccer <laughs> worm from last time, which is in the anime this time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fucking unnecessary bullshit. Yep. And even worse than that is when Irie suggests uh, Irie's like vision of a better world for Maya is find your family and your beautiful child your beautiful son and like be a mom that'll be great Did, does anyone remember when like you know in heavensville it's like very soft you know it's soft to mildly implied that like half the reason sakura was um taken was to birth the successor and this is portrayed as horrifying and nobody's like mm-hmm. well sakura if you did birth the successor and then you connect you with them, a good mom yeah yeah (laughs) (sighs) yeah it is truly wild that uh maya's like yeah i don't even know if that child's still alive Mm -hmm. and yuri's like yeah but you should find him Mm -hmm. you'll be happy ah it's 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 so weird there's yeah it's it's like even if it's like oh we're doing this on purpose to show how naive irie is it's like again great like all all of these women are stupid and naive like what am i supposed to be getting from this that women suck <laughs> uh, i do like the bit after this though where you know maya's like well you know i people like me probably shouldn't exist in kiritsugu's utopia and iris feels like mm, no that's not true yeah oh yes yeah. so iris bit where she's like i really think that we should learn from the past not just pretend it didn't exist and maya's like Wow, you should probably tell Kiritsugu that one. Because he's certainly never fucking considered it. <laughs> okay, okay, we've we've hit the end of this scene. So I think I can talk about the, like, slightly interesting but very fraught way to read this still. Oh boy, alright. Okay, so they talk about this, I don't remember where, but we've passed it at this point. Kiritsugu's origin is severing and binding. That's the, like, guiding principle that drives his life, in a way. And we didn't mention this, but uh, Natalia does, like, say, the kanji in your name (laughs) means severing (laughs) and binding. What a perfect name for a child like you. (laughs) Yeah, 
And I think there's, like, I think what Fate Zero is trying to do, and, like, this is maybe sort of weird, because Fate Stay Night doesn't imply this was the regular case for him, <laughs> but it's trying to imply, basically, that, like, Kiritsugu takes empty, broken people and, like, fills them with his ideals as sort of, like, a substitute for, like, their empty brokenness. And in that way, Irie and Maya are kind of, like, Gen 1 Shiro's, in a way. Mm-hmm. And I think, in abstract, I think that is an interesting idea. Hmm. The, pro- you know... The, the problem, problem is that is... It, he does this to women in Zero, and yeah. he does this to his son in, which is like, yeah. Maybe um, you just make Maya male. Like, I, I maybe was about that's to say, the... I think this would change it uh, pretty significantly. It would, it would fix a lot of my issues if you make Maya male, because he sure is filling both of them with something else as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 th- I think making Maya male lets this idea come across without getting caught in the icky women stuff of zero yeah 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 exactly because i Um, i do you know if you are expanding kiritsugu from backstory guy to character the idea that he is just like sort of subconsciously been making shiro's his entire life is sort of interesting it's very funny (laughs) yes this guy's a real shiro factor if you know what i mean yes but yeah, it's just caught in all the weird Fate Zero gender stuff, which yeah, yeah. Like I laugh, I laughed out loud when she was like, "You know, I'm a mother too." Ah, uh, I, like, I couldn't handle it. Um, yeah. Okay. Do we have anything? Yeah, like, oh, oh. Uh, the last thing is rider attacks. Oh yeah! yeah. <laughs> bang, yeah. bang 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 bang. Uh, okay. God, it's like, e- e- even the parts of this that I was, like, sort of positive on going in, I'm like, yeah, I still see the good stuff here, but yeah, there's a lot to critique. Urobuchi, please, just do Urobuchi, the woman- please. Do the women differently, and, like, probably a fifth of the bitching on the Zero Podcast episodes is gone. It's true. Yep. Also, make it fucking shorter, you bastard. <laughs> it doesn't need to be four fucking volumes. Or just give it more substance to last the four volumes. No, give it less. <laughs> you could, I really honestly think you could squeeze a good two volume, uh, like Fate Zero out of this. Probably, yeah. Yeah. I think you could. I, I think you I have still to take think- some liberties with the way that a Holy Grail War, like, uh, I think you have to not make the most use out of the Holy Grail War as a format, but I don't think you can do that in a book really successfully anyway <laughs> i think also yeah. yeah you you still run into my primary problem which is you know it's all fruit from the poison tree yes but i think you, you could make something better certainly yeah yeah and i mean honestly in some ways right i think it would i think it would almost i think further sell the idea of like kiritsiku and saber as like you know machine robot justice killers if sometimes for some of the masters all you got was kiritsugu and saber tracked them down they're dead you know it would make them feel 
this is really the perfect opportunity to sell. I I complained about this during Fate Stay Night too. I was like, they say Saber is the very strongest, and then she like chumps for every fight. Like this is the opportunity that you have to show Saber like just killing some fools. Yeah. And instead, she stumbles over her fucking feet in every single goddamn fight. I I well, really so worried wish about they honor, had but... like. I really <sighs> wish they hadn't bothered with this stupid fucking plotline of like. Oh, Kiritsugu's the, like, pragmatist, and Saber's, like, the stupid honor lady. It's like, no, let them be, She's like... She's not a stupid honor lady. She's also no. a pragmatist. Yeah, it's she's so also... Funny. She's also, like, two machine, you know, a master-servant pair of machine justice murderers just going around killing their way through the Grail War? That's a good but, premise for a two-volume series. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They would have to have some like good fight scenes. That's a tall order. Anyway, <laughs> Act fourteen dash one. Um, oh, Saber God, is doing police work. This one? <laughs> right. Yeah, Saber is staking out the house. Uh, she should also be eating a hamburger here. I think. Um. But give her give her a little ketchup dribble down her chin uh-huh. just to really sell the sense of slaughter that the she's tasting. Slaughter, yeah. <laughs> uh she's staking out the Mackenzie's house because they know because of the deal with Tokiomi, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Waver's not here. He's he's camping in, in the Kamakura. You know what I mean? Uh, it is very funny that they're just she goes up and talks to them, and it is very funny that immediately they're like, Oh yeah, you must be friends of Ryder and Waver. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> I guess, yeah, yeah. She is foreign, but not the same kind of... Well, Waver's Japanese, right? No, no Waver's no. British. Yeah. Is he? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Waver Velvet. Waver not Velvet. a... Okay, for some reason... <laughs> that's a Nasu white guy name. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, anyway. I was getting him confused with Kuritsuku. Ah, yeah, yeah. Because Kuritsuku's like, ah, oh, I'm coming home. Uh huh. You know, I dread every time we get Saber, uh, like point of view because Saber says shit like, "There's no way Ryder would ever behave in any way other than the way I'm expecting him to, uh, because of honor, because he's honorable." Mm-hmm. So I'm just waiting here for him, very obviously, because he's gonna come back and have an honorable duel with me, obviously. And but- like, regardless of whether or not Ryder's actually gonna do this, again, it just reads as like so night ni- like fucking bo- rock bottom naive well it's, it's the, like it's urbuch is too in love with this stupid honors like honor saber thing yes it's so dumb it feels dumb it doesn't feel like saber oh well and it's the thing of like okay she wants the grail mm-hmm. because she regrets what came of england uh-huh. and she wants to change that she doesn't seem to care about that right now <laughs> but yes this is the thing is that is the entire reason she wants the Grail, but uh, what matters most is being honorable. Just proving a point. It's like when Shiro pulls this shit, she's like, that doesn't matter. I have to kill people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and when also, Ryder pulls this like, stuff, she's like crawling on the ground, begging him to acknowledge her. It's so, it's so stupid. And like, you know, Saber's backstory. Girl burns down villages. She is stone <laughs> yeah. cold. Yes. The whole thing is that people were like, oh, wow, is she even human? She has no emotions. 
And it's like, when you look at Zero Saber, it seems like Urobuchi interpreted that as, how could such a goody... People would look at her and be like, wow, she's such a goody two-shoes. Is she even human? Which is... Uh, oh, man, I thought I was over this. I'll be honest. I've had years to, like, absorb the fact that Zero Saber is a really strange character who is not Saber... But it's uh-huh. like, no, talking about this on podcast, it's all fucking when coming you have back to, like, to talk me. talk about it, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, it is fucked up. Yeah, it's frustrating. And everyone's like, oh, actually, you know, Zero Defenders and, and will often be like, oh, actually the point of this is that Saber becomes blackpilled through her interactions with Kiritsugu and Ryder. And I'm like... Her- do you really fucking interactions? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, what fucking interactions? B, she burned down villages. And C, do you realize how boring the concept of oh, Saber becomes black pilled because two guys talk to her is? But yeah, but wait, Catherine, you don't understand. Women are like weak, mentally weak, and they're like easily impressed upon by like the strong men in their lives. Uh, and I've I've seen you some like that. awful awful raids where people are like oh Fate Zero is about Saber losing her pride and then Fate Stay Night is about her regaining it. And I'm yeah. like losing her bros? pride, much like her virginity, uh, as that <laughs> as Gil made the comparison during the King's Banquet. You see, it's all coming together now. Actually, this is good. <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm fucking back in the zone of God. Most of Saber's content in Fate Zero is awful. There is some good scenes with her later. But you just believe gotta, it or not, I feel like this would be better if if he if Urobuchi had just written a like just been like okay I'm throwing out all of the this is not this is like a prequel but it's not gonna have any like real solid connection to uh, Fate Stay Night Nasu would have gone like hell yeah bro do whatever you want I love you so much <laughs> are you up for snakes on a plane later <laughs> um, yes, and then just exactly. like completely diverge. Use a different saber, you know what I mean? Have her summoned as a different class or something. Or, or and, fucking like, have her be like, oh, Kira- Yeah, or just... Have her summoned as, like, a young girl who is still immature, you know what I mean? Just do that. Uh, yes, though I think that would... I think with that, <laughs> you would fully run into the problem of Saber's worldview being shaped by one bad week she has in the fourth girl war. That's the yeah. one issue with that. But, like, at least it's, like... At least... Give me some excuse for why she's a completely different character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least you could do that. Um, and to be clear, I'm not saying summon her as like a like a 15 year old or whatever, and then send her back, and that's why she's like that. I'm saying awful. summon her, with her as an immature version of herself who can't help but still look up to those ideals. Because uh, <laughs> you know the throne. Who cares? You could write anything, and this is what Urobuchi wrote. Or alternatively, if the reason you're writing Saber like this is because you don't know how to give Saber an arc in the Fourth Holy Grail War, which is a problem I sympathize with to some extent, there is an easy solution to this. Just don't put Saber in it that much. You have one good plotline with her in the back half of this volume. Just do that one thing. Let that be Saber's one thing. Uh Uh-huh. But it's like... um. Yeah, again, it's like this idea that this is this saber is for the people who want saber to be saved, 
instead of die. <laughs> you know what I mean? This yeah. is this is written for people who are like, oh my god, it's so beautiful, like in eclipse or not eclipse in i wish it was eclipse again in uh (laughs) like post story when they meet in heaven or whatever and like it's beautiful and she's like a a maiden you know what i mean that's like that's not the interesting part is that saber dies uh like in the woods after (laughs) losing a battle presumably she does go to avalon yeah but but like (laughs) you know what i mean it's this like well, I yes. don't know. It's but like, it is it's like, like this. Ooh, look at this little, little, little sad girl. Oh, yeah. Saber's story has her. this like kind of bittersweetness where like, mm. you know, she does get a nice, you know, functionally, she gets a nice dream at the end where she's able mm-hmm. to like, A, be happy for herself and B, sort of like look back on her life and realize, you know, wasn't that bad. End of the day. Yeah. Yeah, but like uh, Arcoid, almost. It's almost like yeah. her ending is also Arcoid's ending. Yeah, it's like it's like, you know, Saber is like if you like smosh together Arcoid and Hisari. Mm-hmm. Man, real Saber, Arcoid, Hisari. Remember these characters? Remember these good characters? Oh, Hisui. <laughs> I know I was hard on Hisui during Tsukihime fan, but Hisui. I kiss kiss me better any than any character in Fate Zero. Zero. Yes. <laughs> I would do I would do backflips to read some Hisui. Would you right take now. CL over any character in in Fate Zero? I would run a mile right now <laughs> for CL instead of Fate Zero. <laughs> CL's uh, this good, is I swear. Because uh Tsukihime is good and uh CL <laughs> Uh, already beats all of these characters. No, I I agree, Catherine. I just remember Ben writing CL very lowly. This is the, my thing, though. With the with Tsukihime was I love all of these characters. Yes, uh, all of these women. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> girls love them. Uh, so CL being, I think, at the bottom of that list. No, Hisui was at the bottom. CL was over Hisui because I did it specifically okay. to bother you. That <laughs> does sound. Uh, that sounds right. Anyway. Anyway, we at fourteen dash two. No, 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 we're no, not even no. Close. We just went down the fucking saber rabbit hole because I fucking again fuck this version of saber. Even okay, here real quick. Follow me on this. Uh just you could use saber even. Just give her a different motivation for wanting the Grail because it feels so at odds to be like. Yeah, you know, I'm really sad about how things went in England. Uh, but anyway, time to fight Lancer. I have to be, I have to be super honorable. Um, time to waste my like, goddamn time. So, so you don't actually care that much about how things went, or, uh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. just like, yeah. I'm still not over Lancer like starting their like thing with a dirty trick and her being like, wow, what an honorable guy. I need to like hold back constantly <laughs> in order to like make match his honor. Okay, so uh, again, Urbuti just saying shit in Fate Zero material. Um <laughs> he talks about okay, is this how another like, banger? <laughs> uh less of a banger than fucking Natalia or Shirley, but I still think it's pretty funny. He talks about how, like, Lancer is naturally a, like, dirty trickster guy, but how meeting Saber, like, reignites his spirit of honor. 
he's like he's just saying shit it's like that makes so much more sense right like like him just being kind of a shitty dude right yeah uh and like he has a a, he has two spears and one of them you don't have two spears if you're not a dirty tricks kind of a guy Uh uh-huh they each have a trick attached to them but like the idea of a character who wants an honorable duel trying to get one from like a loser like deadbeat delinquent dude yeah that's cool saber's not the person who should be the honor guy and (laughs) dearmweed like should not immediately turn into the same honor guy (laughs) yeah like you can imprint on her that quickly yes uh to quote um out of all the masters in the fourth Holy Grail War, he had the second worst compatibility with his master. Um, out of all the servants, if his first appear, if his first opponent had been anybody besides Saber, he might have been able to fight in a way that was more in line with his master's expectation. For you see, it was Saber's serene beauty and grace which kindled the flames of chivalry in his heart. Can we go back I'm to like, snakes on a plane? <laughs> this fucking guy. He like yeah. He imprinted on her like a baby duckling, and I'm supposed to like. And it's not even in the, the. It's not even in the book. They don't say that in the book. Yeah, yeah. They say so much shit in the book <laughs> that is not necessary. <laughs> but they don't say that. And to be fair, yeah. some of the stuff like, in zero material. Read, but thir- you know, thirteen-year-old Shirley, MA student, doesn't need to be in the book. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> snakes on a plane needs to be in the book. We it need needs to, have to be a in the afterward. We need an audience insert guy on the plane being like, oh my god, it's just like snakes on the plane, but like with these. <laughs> oh, well, Ben, that would break the like continuity of when the this is. takes place what in the we 80s. Need is Karitsugu like sitting in a bar talking about this, and some guy's like, sounds just like that movie, Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> Or like, you see, you like, you cut to it, and he's the director of Snakes and Plane. That's yes. a pretty good idea. Oh, but... yes. <laughs> Funny, huh? I gotta go think about some things. He like does the Back to the Future calling, like, I oh, got producer. We need to get on this shit. Your kids, your kids are gonna love it. Me, me at the start, me at the start of this podcast. Oh, I would give Fate Zero like very light eight out of ten. Me. Uh, three hours and 40 minutes into recording. Maybe more of a 6.5. <laughs> I will say, going from Madoka to this is like a roller coaster, so it's probably affecting your brain. That's true, that's true. And I swear, the back Four half of, of the volume... will also do it to you, man. <laughs> and I swear, the back half of the volume is better. There are some cool scenes in there. I gotta say, Catherine, I think you're great. I don't believe you for a second. I'll be, I'll, I'm, my heart is completely closed, but I'm trying, I'm going to try and give you a chance. I will give you an actual chance, like a real one, not just a like promised one that you'll, you'll, I will break in front of you to demoralize you. (laughs) I didn't promise anything. I did say word for word. Ben Ben adores me. Ben would never do that to me. (laughs) The beautiful desire to hurt what you love. (laughs) I was about to say, Ben does all sorts of things. (laughs) Yeah, I was about to, yeah, I was like, wait, I don't know if that protects me that much. Um, you are our beloved Emoto, but... That is oh. true. <laughs> Sorry, the podcast. The podcast, beloved Emoto. 
Remember when I called us fuck up on songs? <laughs> You're not wrong. Okay. Uh, Saber is waiting for honor. Uh, Kiritsugu is waiting to snipe Waver when he opens the door. Oh, okay, which this is scene funny. is so funny. No, this scene is like Wait. actually funny. Real quick. Wait, Ben, do you want to go first? Okay. I do want a rewrite of Waiting for Godot, <laughs> but <laughs> it's Saber standing there talking about Waiting for Honor. Uh-huh. Okay, uh-huh. There's two on. characters okay. in Waiting for Godot. Okay. Right? okay. The so the... It has to be Kuritsugu. Kuritsugu. How much better yes. would this okay. be if they were chatting? Yeah, that would be great. Did you see? Okay. I saw... Okay. No, 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 no. This is too much of a tangent. Go on. Okay. So the whole this is like actually really funny on purpose because there's this whole bit where Kiritsugu is like oh actually maybe Waver's a mecha genius because he's just with these ordinary guys and he's abandoned them the moment they've become like you know he's probably moved to an, another hideout already fuck I was underestimating this guy I didn't mm-hmm. think he was capable of surpassing me and I'm like that whole mini sequence actually incredible. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, because he's it like it has broken his brain because he's like, I've seen this kid. There's no way he's that smart. But also, what if he is? So I'm just gonna sit here because <laughs> I can't. I can't process what's going on anymore. Anyway, uh, he is like, okay, I'm gonna just bomb the house and kill everyone. <laughs> but his he's got some kind of hair based warning system. <laughs> to tell him that Maya's dying. Uh, this is also one of those, like, super forced moments where he's, like, loudly, like, I'm using a command spell to make my puppet Saber go, go fight whatever, go do save, save Irie and Maya or whatever. And it's like, people don't talk like this. Dude, she's not, she can't even hear you. <laughs> like, who are you doing this for? it's like sure he's like doing the thing where he's like oh servants aren't real people i don't think i don't really it doesn't ever really people say this a lot like oh servants are just like mindless familiars but i haven't really gotten anyone who actually seems to believe this for like a second i think that could be kind of interesting Mm -hmm. um but like no no one actually believes that and he's just saying this to no one kind of believes that but Tokyo is—he he just like, spends his whole time sucking Gil's toes. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's but like, he is planning to. Gil would be make... more happy if Tokyomi did some more toe sucking. Honestly, at least it would okay. be a character trait. But like again, yeah, he's just like a the way he treats Kotamine is, is like there's no like anything besides Kotamine saying, "Oh yeah, he doesn't like care about you at all." You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, no, of course he doesn't. He's going to kill him. But, like, there's no seeing him as less than human happening in Tokyo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, you know that I mean? makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, okay, okay. Saber is teleported. She's like, whoa, shit, I think I got teleported. <laughs> um, uh, I, uh, Idy is missing. Maya is dying in the magic circle instead. It's very funny that uh, the attacker put her in the magic circle <laughs> to die. Um... Apparently, according to Maya, Ryder has done this. And Saber's like, what about honor? <laughs> um, again, yeah, Ryder, again, 
a marauding like leader of an army that like conquered a bunch of li- like I don't think he's that honorable. I think he says things like, I break into the library and take what I want. This is you know, so he, in character for Ryder to me. Yes, he also literally says, by the way, Saber, you're stupid for thinking that justice exists. Yes. Uh, this is also, you have written down that she is stunned. Uh, she more like walks in and is like, huh, weird. Anyway. And then walks out. Anyway, Saber's going to ride a motorcycle now. She sure is. We're going to get so much description of her riding a motorcycle <laughs> in a little bit. Yeah. I think uh, if I had what I think the anime scene of her riding a motorcycle is fine. Yeah. I'm not like, I am not awed by it anymore. I thought it, I thought it was cooler, much like her suit. Uh, I thought it was cooler the first time I saw it. And now I kind of don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like. Having to read all this shit was so fucking exhausting. We're not there yet. <laughs> we're we're <sighs> not there yet. Act 14-2, in which Kurikazu talks to his daughter wife. Yeah. Um. He makes it to the storehouse. Uh. He cries, and Maya's like, no, don't cry. I'm so fucking worthless. Don't cry for me. And he's like, you've finished your mission, soldier. And then she dies. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, what a what a way to go out. What a meaningful and like uh poignant death. You know, yeah, she's like I, just 3 days away from retirement and getting her baby back. Like Yeah, it's uh you know, we, we talked about this in the watch party, so I want to bring this up again for podcast listeners. Um the even people who like Fate Zero often do not like Maya. There's this whole thing of like, oh, every character in Fate Zero was used well, except for Maya. I do have to say, that is also sexist. (laughs) That is also a sexist belief, because there are so many men who are not used particularly well, and of course that kind of guy would single out Maya, a woman uh, who doesn't even have a, a husband and child to call useless yeah it's uh i will say about this scene i think at the end of the day even after talking through this with both of you i like kiritsugu i think the way women are like subordinated to his narrative by the weird gender stuff in fate zero is not good but looking at kiritsugu as an individual character i think i do like him still mm-hmm. that you're wavering on this means i'm having a very serious impact on your psyche <laughs> no i i think i do I'm, like there's no even wavering it's like i do like kiritsugu i think i'm the first kiritsugu liker on the podcast <laughs> i like him i dislike what's happening what is causing it but i don't mind this bit of him being like damn i finally have a chance to save the world and uh it turns out that i did make actual meaningful connections with people that i care about and mm-hmm. that's kind of jeopardizing yeah the whole yeah thing. it's it, you know it, it is spinning on shiro but Shiro was good, and Kiritsuku is good, even if that goodness comes with a lot of Fate Zero gender baggage, because of how women relate to him. That said, it's still Nyad that uh, he slept with his daughter. (laughs) Maya, yeah. Okay, you know what 
Urobochi does not want to have sex with anything in this book as much as this motorcycle. He wants to fuck this motorcycle. He doesn't care about men. He doesn't care about women. He cares about this motorcycle and nothing else. I would believe that Urobochi wants to have sex with Ryder. Like, I'd believe it. I'm not, (laughs) like, super committed, but I would believe it. Sure. But the motorcycle is number one. Well, the motorcycle is number one. The motorcycle is number one. Kiritsugu's collection of guns in that one scene where they talk about how the gun weighs less than Ilya, that's number two. And then Uh Ryder is number three. (laughs) The car might be number three. The car is probably up there. Okay, Ryder is number four. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Um... Number five this... is the burger that Kiritsugu <laughs> Wait, no, number five is, yeah, number five is the burger, and then number six is the plane. Yeah, I was gonna, yes. I was wondering when the plane was gonna come in. Mine's um, a little unwieldy, it's too big. But with Berserker's power, it can be, it can be used all sorts of new ways. Um, okay, this motorcycle is one of the stupidest, like, appliances I've ever heard of in my entire life. <laughs> See, I read this and I was like, Heather would love this though. <laughs> yes, but but Heather can't do mana bursts, so she no. can't drive it because this car, this fucking motorcycle, goes so fast that it won't that it will like go go off of the road because of like not being able to get any friction unless you use magical energy in enormous amounts constantly to keep it on the fucking road and make it turn. I think there is a line you you wrote a bunch of th- there are so many question marks in this section um i, I think don't there care is... about motorcycles no you tell but also like the way this is described it's basically it, it's like they're trying to make it into a ho- like a rowdy horse yes that's what's happening and the way it's talked about is like oh yeah if anyone besides a servant were to drive this they would die instantly <laughs> well yeah like why would you design fucking anything like this unless there's it was designed where... for saber yes which is designed is, for saber but also you could just go a little bit slower <laughs> and it wouldn't have to like drain magical energy to use yeah but also they talk cool. about saber's spirit of chivalry i know we've been through this i'm not gonna go through it again but did, do we have to fit the word chivalry into every scene saber is in apparently also uh why is this high this highway completely <laughs> devoid of cars for this entire sequence um the gas the- leaks <laughs> the gas leaks. <laughs> yeah. Salary workers are all at home with their nice it's wife a city. and children. God damn it. And... They're like, oh yeah, uh obviously no one's here and no one will come, so we can do whatever we want. And we'll have there's zero risk of hurting anyone. And it's like, why? You don't even, just say the road's closed for fuck's Doesn't sake. Doesn't Saber on the way dodge a like tractor trailer or something? That's probably when she's deeper in the city, I guess. Or it's in the anime. No, I remember it being a text description. Um, but... So she chases Ryder, who is on foot for a little bit, which should be a pretty clear sign that something is wrong. And then she spots uh, Ryder and Waver in the little cart mm-hmm. uh, and she chases them. And uh, I'm not even going to begin to get into how many times it goes. And then the bike, which is already going too fast uh, for any possible bike to do. And she does this move and it gets even faster. Oh, my God. Can you believe how fast this bike is going? Now it's going to hit 10 kilometers faster than that. Are you excited yet, folks? Okay. This is for like so many pages. Yeah. It's one of those things that I think hits better watching it than reading it. Yeah. Because it's like. 
not 20 fucking pages of description of a bike going slightly faster every couple of minutes. Why would you write this? Why would you waste your goddamn time writing this scene? Because some people like motorcycles. But like, they like, I presumably they like riding motorcycles, not listening to like the minutia of how you can squeeze a couple more miles per hour out of this imaginary magic motorcycle. I don't know. I okay, Ben. People also like uh, My Hero Academia, so there's no, there's truly no accounting for taste. At least it's about people and not motorcycles. <laughs> like, Again, this is like, we've been over this. this like Herbochi likes motorcycles more than people. That's that's fair. Um, but yeah, to like, be fair, have, motorcycles like, are sick. I. A motorcycle is cool, whatever. But like, this is just like a pacing nightmare for no no gain. You can do all of this in like a quarter of the amount of like word space that is taken. It's like I've been quoted as saying this: if you're gonna make me sit through this much like fetishization of like hardware and military equipment and like dumb bullshit, it better be fucking lesbians at least. (laughs) It's still annoying when the other side picnic guy does it too. But at least they're fucking gay in that. Okay, hey, Waver and Ryer are in this scene, Ben. Yeah. They're, they're not... They're, they're, like, fighting Saber for honor. They're, like, looking down on women and talking about it's how a... they're going to enslave her. <laughs> like... Ryder and Waver are the kinds of gay guys who, uh, they don't want to fuck women so they can treat them however badly they want. Okay, okay. <laughs> Act 14-3. Kotomine is hanging out with Karia? And Ryder! Yeah. Uh, Berserker having uh, magic transforming abilities. Uh, oh, are we not going to pretend that it's Ryder for a few minutes? Okay. Um, I there's nothing there's nothing happening here yeah. to, to waste time on pretending. Uh, I started writing down a note uh, uh, of why does Berserker have the power of imitation, and then while writing that down, I was like, oh, that's why. I gotta say, like being we'll like, we'll talk oh, about yeah, it next time. Berserker, he can magically transform into Rider for uh some reason, but it costs a command spell uh, to even get him to do it, and it costs him another command spell to use it properly. Uh, but Kotamina gives him the, the command spells back immediately. But also, this power can only be used once. Why does any of this happen? This is just a big it's, it, is the, it is the It is a very convoluted way to have two things happen. Thing A, Kotamina gets Iris Veil. Thing B, Saber and Ryder get into a fight. And thing, both of these things could happen in. Eh, this is the low point of the volume for me. It's like yeah. you know, aside from maybe Maya's backstory, but like this is like these things could happen in such a less convoluted way. You could achieve Ryder, both of these plot points. Ryder is literally looking for Saber to start a fight, <laughs> and mm-hmm. like Kotamine could just get. Irie himself? Maybe I mean, they could bring? walk in there and take her. No one's like, what, is Maya gonna stop him? <laughs> we, we saw how well that went. 
Um, yeah, he could just do the thing that he does in Fate Stay Night, where he walks in and kills the shit out of a girl and then takes some, whatever he wants. Because he just does and that. And I mean, like, okay, you also need to establish that Karia and Kotamina are hanging out. Because for what's but also, following... Karia could just take... Okay, I don't know if Karia could kill Maya. That's a bit of a stretch. Like, just have Berserker go in and do it. He's already making Berserker do it. Why make Berserker wear a funny coat while doing it? (laughs) It's like... uh... Anyway. It's it's, it's silly. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. It's another thing where it's like, oh, yeah, uh, there's a hundred assassins. Uh, we're not really gonna do anything with that. They're just kind of gonna hang out for a bit and then die. Uh, or like do basic surveillance that other people are also doing with familiars uh it's just like a waste of a power that could be kind of interesting yeah you know? it's yep. yeah there there's kind of maybe best save for next time but i think the berserker curse is very real i i Berserkers think berserker I think it makes sense in Fate's Day Night because it works for Elia because she, in her eyes, was betrayed by her dad. So her, like, surrogate dad is basically, in her eyes, like an unthinking, you know, automaton who she grows attached to anyway. It works Mm -hmm. for Elia. But when you have to expand that out to be a franchise thing, you're running Mm -hmm. to some problems. Yeah. It's like, it's okay to have a guy who's just like a monster, right? Well, this is basically what they do with Assassin. <laughs> anyway, but like when you try and like squeeze it for more than this is just a guy who's a monster, then yeah, you're going to Yeah, and uh Berserker is going to be pretty important to the back half of this book. So oh, okay. Yeah, it's like, "Oh, don't worry. Berserker, he had all of these cool powers. He can't use any of them or do any of that stuff." Uh oh, uh this this once just just cuz it's cool for this one scene, I think. Uh yeah. It's very silly. Okay. Uh, yeah. So he doesn't. He doesn't even lose command spells over this. This makes Kotamine seem so much more suspicious to me. Where he's just like, "Hey, get them while they're hot. Command spells <laughs> fresh and ready for you." Um. <laughs> let's see. Uh, Karia is helping Kotamine because uh, Kotamine's uh, taken over the supervisor role, and it's like, I want you to win, Karia. Karia's not questioned this very much because he's also said, I'll let you kill Tokiomi. Tokiomi's already dead, so <laughs> we know that this is not going to go the way he wants, but oh well. Uh, let's see. Uh, right, right, right. They are, uh, he's saying that Tokiomi killed Big Kotamine, Risei. And that's why that's the whole excuse for this. He's like, oh, that was my that was my dad who I care so much about. See, ooh, I'm crying. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love so... Kotamina. He's like, you know, he's not quite there. Something no. feels a little off, but like do, we're I, so I much closer. This. I think okay, I don't okay. even know that it's necessarily like unintentional. Like Kotamina kind of being a like pale imitation of himself does make sense. For like the timeline, but also it's not uh, as fun, (laughs) you know. He's had ten years to acclimatize to enjoying other people's suffering. This is what I mean. Is like it totally makes sense, but like this is again the the prequel curse is like it's just not very interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think you know talked about this a bit in episode one. 
the you know, in Urobuchi's eyes, the main character of this book is Kotamine. Guess where Kotamine Kirai had a story told better than anything done in here? Heaven's Feel, where in Nasu's eyes, uh, he said this in one of the material books, Nasu views Kotamine as the co-protagonist. So, mm-hmm. of, he like, was- Stay Night. Even if you don't, like, really buy into that because he's such, like, a cartoon villain, he's still a funny little guy. And yeah. it's fun to watch him run around and do stupid shit. Which is, like, yes, this is the thing, is, as Gil is gonna say in, like, an act and a half, or uh, act act point, point one point five, uh, uh, like, good effort on your first go around, yeah. but, like, it was... I, that's extremely grating on a scale. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It is very funny to have Karia of all people be like, "This guy's vibes are terrible." <laughs> yeah, I do like how because Karia thinks of like you know logically there is no reason for Tokiomi to kill Big Kotamine, but because Karia's image of Tokiomi is like a cartoon monster man, he's like, "Yeah, of course they do it. He's Tokiomi. He does everything I don't like." Yeah. <laughs> I, I think um, that's fun characterization. Your vibes might be bad, but Tokyo's Tokyo vibes. vibes. Um Okay. Uh Kotamine takes Irie from Kadia and uh then uh Kadia goes to I don't know, freshen up so that he can meet <laughs> Tokyomi. Uh and then Kotamine has a visit with Zoken. I did I take no notes of this, or does that seem no? They in a minute? they cut away to the saber okay, and rider yeah. stuff. You know what I'm always hungry for is more Zoken. Like, <laughs> yep. Uh, real this quick, is, this is worse than if they had uh, Kojiro come back to do some honor deals with Saber in this too. Uh, God, can you like... fucking imagine? Better than Lancer. It would be better than Lancer. I do have to give the give it that, but like. Zoken is the last character I want to spend time with from Fate's Day Night. This is the thing. <laughs> Ko- Kojiro has a sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, mostly also, in uh, Hollow Ataraxia. Yeah. He's actually funny sometimes. Uh, but also, um, I miss... Like, it used to be that each like sub-act was from a character's perspective. And this is partially just for writing stuff down. Uh, and partially just... Like, I understand why, but I do kind of miss it being like, oh, yes, a sub-act is from this character's perspective, and then the next one will be from someone else's perspective. It feels like it's too quick to do that. That's like the end of the fate route, you know what I mean? Where they jump, 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 jump. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of too frantic. Yeah. Um, Wait, fate? Elemental Blade works. No, it's very in specifically too. in fate where, like, they're jumping the between Shiro and Kojimine and Saver and Gull. Um... Kojido, he didn't even really want an honor duel. He just wanted to be annoying. Yeah. <laughs> that's why. That that's was making it funny. It, it got really grating, but it was much funnier than this. Uh, I, guess- I, I will say, it is funny to me that you bring up this idea that they fight Kojiro a lot in Fate when they only fight him two times. Okay, he makes a lot of appearances uh, that are, he stands there with his sword, and then they leave, and then they come back later to fight Kojiro again. Um... There are so many scenes with Kojiro in that fucking game. I th- because I they're think, all truncated uh, fights for the final cool fight. Yeah, I-, I am pretty sure that in terms of, like, raw scene number, Kojiro has, like, five scenes throughout all three routes. But 
it's the same scene every time. Yeah, yes, <laughs> that's, that's fair. He can never move or do anything else besides stand there on a step and be like, oh, I'm going to do, I'm going to Tsubami Gaeshi you. Oh, oh. <laughs> that, that's fair. That's fair. It's like, um, it's not word count wise the most things, but like, it's just the same scene like so many times. It's like being back in Tsukihime where the common root stuff is attacking me all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Saber uses uh, a psychokinesis to make her motorcycle have armor, and that makes it stronger. It was about to fall apart, you see. The this is another this is another dumb quibble, but she's like, "Wow, this motorcycle is going so fast, so far beyond anything it would ever be designed to actually do. That I have to use magic to reinforce it, so that I can use nitrous oxide to make it faster. Why would I have another speed boost if it was already falling apart?" Um, it is also presumably say I, I guess she is because she, like because of her riding skill, but presumably part of the reason that it's falling apart is that an engine that powerful needs a lot of air to stay cool. Mm -hmm. And so you couldn't put stuff around the engine because <laughs> then it would overheat. <laughs> and so maybe... Her armor has built-in cooling. Uh... That's because of the invisible air. Oh no, that's why she uses invisible air is to cool it down. No, she uses invisible air to oh. reduce air resistance, but To get a like, fucking Mario Kart speed boost. Yes. <laughs> Um, dumb. <laughs> yeah. Don't live it is stupid. <laughs> There's like a whole long bit of her like dodging debris and shit that of different kinds of debris that Ryder is throwing at her, like it's fucking Donkey Kong or something. Um. Anyway, it okay. Real quick, uh, not to complain too much, but uh. It is really silly that Saber just completely waves off why Ryder would do something evil. Mm -hmm. uh, parentheses, kidnap Eerie. And then it's well, like, but we're going to have an honorable duel. <laughs> well, she does, he does say, she does say the thing about the, the um, whatchamacallit, the uh, command yeah, spell. Like, command it could spell. be waver. But, but then like, she okay. has noticed at this point that he's she's not in the cart also. She hasn't noticed that yet. She notices that when she goes for the, like, overhead strike. Okay. Um, oh, but at the part that where she's like, okay, she, the next line is she pieces together that she's been tricked because I knew that she's going to shoot Excalibur at them in a second, <laughs> and like she wouldn't do that. Uh, um, but yeah, Saber. But yeah, it's just the thing of like, yeah, yeah. She's I don't know. just uh, very bright. Yeah, yeah feel feel free to cut this. I'm only saying this because I know both of you have seen this. This is Saber and Ryder's last scene together yeah that makes sense he doesn't really have anything else to say oh yeah huh. yeah which like uh from his perspective i mean like the thing is right i like the i i just wish saber like you know we're talking about this in the watch party give saber three fucking lines where she says i thought about your bullshit it's all stupid fuck you mm. i'm gonna achieve my ideals no yeah something but, but not saying that gets it uh, allows the space for it to be like oh isn't that so tragic if only she had listened to Ryder <laughs> well okay this scene is truly silly because Ryder's like Ryder says something about like I'm just gonna charge at her and she's gonna use her NP and one of the two of us is gonna win it's 
And uh, that's the only kind of battle I like. One where if she loses, she'll truly believe that she never even had a chance and that her stupid ideals are dumb. And she'll subordinate herself yeah. to me and be my servant from now on. Uh, uh, also. And I'm like, Don't worry, though. Rider if that dumb? happens to me, nothing changes. <laughs> okay, so like, is Ryder dumb? Does he seriously believe that if he beats Saber in a fight, Saber's gonna be like, fuck yeah, you rule, I'm gonna join your army. This is apparently how his entire life has worked, so probably. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think that okay. he, he truly just has such a low opinion of her. Uh-huh. That he's like, well, I will show her that she didn't even have a chance of winning, and therefore she'll yeah. uh entirely give up. It's that thing again where where he's gonna have like a all the blood is off screen fight with a bunch of guys, and then they're gonna be like Wow, that guy was so cool. I, I'm not even going to like care about how many of my like wife and children that he killed. I'm going to follow him to the ends of the earth. <laughs> anyway, he's so cool. Ryder, what a paragon of masculinity. Anyway, he loses this fucking fight. Many people I mean, believe this unironically. I have many enemies in this world. <laughs> Sayaka voice. What was it that I even thought was so worth protecting? <laughs> uh, ben on a train hearing guys just be like, yeah, rider, rider, walking over. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. Rider's not as cool as you think he is. Go get a girlfriend or something. Um, He lost his cart. Uh, this is the one good part of the scene is when Rider and Waver <laughs> are like, really I guess good. we have to walk home. Yeah, that that was a Weaver's good bit. like, so what do we do? And Ryder's like, well, I guess we walk back. Yep. He won't. He yeah. Can, he can use. We never said this, but he uh can use the hetero hetero the Ionian hetero one more time. Mm -hmm. He's saving it for Gil. Uh, so there's a little bit of a thing where he's like, I'm not gonna waste this on Saber. Also, um, because he considers Gil to be his his real actual final enemy. But. <laughs> Whatever, it's funny that they have to walk home. Yeah, this I does do. a little bit uh, feel first. like they're being. I, I, we've had nothing from Ryder about how he actually has to fight Gil, right? Like, or rather, it's like in the scene after the Caster Squid Monster dies, right? That's where they kind of build that idea up yeah he's Do like they? saber you're so stupid and gil's like but isn't that sexy and he's like i hate you too <laughs> and like i think this we were talking about this with peregrine i think and peregrine was like where no wait wait we were talking about it because we were like where was this heat what against gil yeah when the fucking banquet happened and he was like i want to sexually assault women <laughs> and <sighs> yeah, Ryder's like it, shut up bud well, i have to yell at why a woman. doesn't say okay so, I know she's looking for Irisville. Why doesn't Saber kill them? She says in the book, uh, I don't have time for this. And then she leaves. Or yeah. she doesn't even say it out loud. This That would have been fine even if she was like, I don't have time to waste on you and your dumb bullshit. Yeah. And she gets on the bike and drives away. I, mean, I, I just wish there, this was a scene where Saber like, very explicitly rejected the idea of Ryder helping her at all. Because Ryder's a fucking... Yeah. Mm hmm there, there's a good scene in here. You just need to take it through the drafters a couple more times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like 
I feel like Zero was not heavily edited before it was released. Probably this is, this is This is like conjecture, but I do think it has a lot of hallmarks. As someone who's writing without an editor, I feel like it has a lot of hallmarks of stuff that was written without like serious editing work. You know? Well, it feels... The thing I was going to say was, this feels like like a wrestling booking Mm. of, like, writers, like, looking at his list of, like, well, my next fight's against Gil. I guess we should go head off to that one. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of scenes that waste my fucking time, (laughs) Act 14-4. Kotamine and Zoken. Well... Screw me and Catherine, I guess. Tokiomi knew that Zoken was comically evil because he told uh, Kotomine, Zoken is comically evil. Wait, wait, where is this? Where is this? I've got the thing open. Right. He did say, he does like talk about uh, uh, Act 14 uh, Part 4. He does like talk about like, oh yes, the grim specter that haunts the Mato family. Mato Zoken. Uh... Yes, they know about Zoken. They've been fighting them for 500 years, and Zoken's been there the whole time. Of course they know about fucking Zoken. Tokiyomi's telling Kotamine about it. He knows about this shit. Again, I'm going. I'm not going to get in this fight again. Sure. Tokiyomi does not know about the bugs and piss room. Sure. But he does, He like if he doesn't know that soccer is going to be mistreated, that's not good or interesting. That's just lazy. That's just like, oh, don't you feel bad for this pathetic guy who's never thought a single thought in his entire life? Because his little brain bit. is just a couple of butterflies? A little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. <sighs> anyway. Zoken is the only person with the brains to realize that there's something wrong with the Holy Grail War. Which is funny, because he is insane and, like, deteriorating. Yeah. Yeah. But he's smarter than all these guys, apparently. <laughs> he's like, didn't you notice that all of the servants summoned this time were like fucked up Joker guys? <laughs> or like a bunch of them were? Apparently he just calls out Caster. Yeah, I think he yeah, I think it the is Berserker just, oh. is also extra fucked up, I think he says. Um But yeah, apparently servants summoned before this point were less evil. <laughs> Which makes sense, I guess. Yeah, I think this is implied, like, this is sort of soft implied by Stay Night and Hollow that, like, you know, before the Grail Corruption, you wouldn't be getting, like, Medea and Medusa on your Mm -hmm. Grail summons. You would get only honorable fight guys, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, like, honorable Uh. fight guys are, like, machine murder bots. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Zoken does some more gloating. Love to listen to Zoken gloat. Uh, this whole scene is just setting up uh, Kotamine and Zoken's fight later. They're like posturing at each other, going, "We should have a cool fight at some point." By later, uh, you mean in Heavensfield? Yes, in fucking Heavensfield. <laughs> yes. Which, to be fair, this is one of those scenes where, like, you know, I think a it works to show that Kotamine is not like fully Joker mode yet, although Heavensfield points out that. You know, even when he is, he is still a significantly better person than Zoken and, like, more mm-hmm. human. Um, so in that respect, I do kind of like the Zoken Kotamine stuff in general in Fate Stay Night, because I think it works as a good contrast to bring out Kotamine's, like, humanity. Um, but um, this is one of those scenes I feel that kind of is there because it has to be. It's one oh, yeah. of those, like... Yeah, I feel like 
this is this is a complaint I've had with Zero Forever is that like you don't have to show every single domino get set up. Like Kotimine lives in this town for ten years after this point. He could have bumped into Zoken at the supermarket when Zoken's getting eggs. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Yeah, no, I I was like literally two seconds before you said that, I was thinking to myself, wait a minute, do you do you not does this have to happen in the fourth grill war? Not really. Not really. Yeah, the and... scene is just like two guys standing there saying, let's have a fight sometime. <laughs> and it's like, that's just not interesting. Like, you don't have yeah. to set up every single domino. It's, and it's I not think it's, cool. It's one of those things, right, where it's like, this scene does not tell you anything new about Kotamine and Zoken's relationship. It doesn't yeah. reframe what you already know. It's just restating a thing from Fate Stay Night, which like Terminal if you are being problem. if you are being harsh, you can extend this issue out to Kiritsigu and Kotamine generally, mm-hmm, in that they mm-hmm. are just characters who redo Fate Stay Night themes. Yeah. But like I think I think a lot of the stuff with Kotamine and Kiritsugu that isn't that is stuff you have to like jump through hoops to like read into them. Yeah, and it's like I I like Fate Stay Night and I like the fact that Zero takes time to try to engage with Fate Stay Night um sometimes. But I you know, in cases like this, it just comes down to let's say the thing that was in Fate Stay Night already, there's nothing in this Kotomine Zoken scene that isn't in the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you, okay. Yeah. If you need Kotomine really to know that Zoken is on to him, just have him do the thing that he does, which is like cackle as he leaves and is like, ha ha ha, I'm on to you. Anyway, <laughs> bye. <laughs> classic Zoken. He's often doing this. Yes. Now, now we're gonna get something that was not in Fate's Day Night. Byakuya, Mato Byakuya point of view. <laughs> you know how I said that the last scene was totally unnecessary. Guess what this one is? <laughs> totally unnecessary? unnecessary. What am I supposed to like? What? Are, oh, you're telling me that Mato Byakuya, Shinji's dad, was a bad guy and a coward and a drunk. I'm pr- the thing is, right? Mind I'm, blown. I'm pretty sure that was in Fate Stay Night, or it's at least heavily like, implied by Shinji's flashback. Yeah, like we get the he he participated in uh, all the fucked up shit they did to Sakura. I don't need to like look at this guy and like hear him be like, "Oh, servants are so scary." <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you like, you can you can cut you know you can cut this if you don't you know want in there. I find Shinji to be an interesting and engaging character. I don't think this scene does anything for me as somebody yeah, who thinks that. Yeah, because this yeah. isn't even Shinji. No, <laughs> it's Shinji. His like, dad who has nothing going on. Even if you can yeah, make an but... argument for Shinji, you can't make an argument for this guy. No, you can't. He's in three fucking... He's in... Oh, God, this is way more than three paragraphs. Why is this scene so long? He's in... <laughs> Uh, also asking 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. He's in, oh god, help, one second. <laughs> He's in 31 paragraphs. Uh-huh. 
You remember in uh, uh, Red Demon God in Kigatsu Toya where there's a scene where it's like, oh, that guy in the corner not getting murdered by Kiri must be Makihisa, right? Yeah, and like it's that's like if instead implied. we got a whole bunch of Makahisa <laughs> fucking point of view being like, oh, I'm such a cowardly rapist. Oh, oh no, I'm being beat up for some reason. And I mean, yeah, I'm like, you know, with Makahisa, you could even make the argument that it would be more interesting because he's not that yet. Shinji's dad, basically the same guy we'll like very briefly see in Shinji's yeah. flashback. Nothing has changed. I really, one of my, like, th- least wanted things in all of Tsukihime is Makihisa point of view. Yes, that's uh, completely I think fair. that this is, like, absolutely poisonous vile uh, to get into. Uh, and this guy, he's, he's yeah, again, he doesn't even have as much interesting going on as Makihisa did. No, because he's a nothing. Yeah. Like, the, you know, Shinji's dad technically sort of exists but like the uh-huh. abusive figure in the Mato household is Zoken. that's what Zoken's mm-hmm. here for Shinji's dad already too much Zoken to <laughs> like point of view yeah you could truly tell this entire scene from Kuritsugu's point of view and lose nothing yeah Except yeah though for, to like, be fair I'm not sure paragraphs. what you would gain from telling this scene from Kuritsugu's point of view would he just be like well fuck it he time to say... intimidate this guy <laughs> He could just say, I broke into the Mato house and she wasn't there. Now I'm going to the next house. Yes. yes. You know what I mean? Wait, oh. This really feels like, okay, we fit in nearly fucking everyone from Stay Night. We humanly could. We gotta uh-huh. squeeze Shinji in before the end. Yeah. It's this, so that you can be like, this ha ha, Shinji does suck. And it's like, I don't, that's not fun or interesting. It's like, yeah, I, imagine I if they fucking vote. had a cutaway to Kuzuki trading in the mountains, because they might as fucking well at this point. <laughs> I, You know what? I would fucking take that over Shinji's goddamn dad. <laughs> um, Yeah, I would also they vote. They should have just done an interlude about how Kuzuki knew uh, <laughs> Kiritsugu, because <laughs> he's also in the assassin business or whatever. That's the kind of book that Zero is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like this little detective bit. Oh yeah, seeing Kuritsugu do Batman stuff, fun. Uh, it's so <laughs> Batman. It's also so funny that he sprays succubus cum on the floor. And I'm like, okay, now I'm like, wait a minute, did he get that from... Where did he... Because of what we brought Listen, up earlier. She's not above it. She powders his bones. It's only fair that he gives, she gives him a jar of her own cum so that he could tell what guy died in a room. Yeah, okay. So that, that's okay. Natalia's... Okay. The, the funniest part of this I'm is so like... I'm sorry for pro- positing this idea, folks. You could also just test the blood type and be like, pretty sure, but I guess he has a cool magic gadget. So, yeah, like, I mean, like cool magic gadgets are fun. On. Yes, but yes, for sure. It seems more in character for him to use like machines than magic equipment. But anyway, he's like, "Whoa, uh, this is Toki- Tokiomi's blood. No body. Where's Tokiomi?" Uh, I was also like, "Wait, why didn't Gil just leave Tokiomi here?" Yeah, <laughs> he needs a, or like a spirit Gil. Halloween prop. <laughs> Kuritsugu, not Kuritsugu, Kotomine. There we go. Uh, yeah, and then we get the bit where he's like, "Oh, I know. Oh, what could have happened? Oh, I know. Kotomine and Gil teamed up to kill Tokiomi, and they're now the final boss. Great, world's greatest detective. Fourteen dash five. Last scene." 
<laughs> Karya is going to the church to have a showdown with Tokiomi. Uh, I don't really know what his plan is besides to get his ass whooped again. Uh, to be fair, I don't know if Karya knows what his plan is. He's just like, yes. fuck it, I'm gonna do it. We're winning this time. Uh, the beginning of this section made me write down that Karya Tokiomi feels like a ship that someone somewhere cares about. There's yeah. like three people who are on a mailing list together and they're <laughs> all like, hell yeah, isn't the best ship in... Fate Zero, Karya Tokiomi. That would be... Like, at least with that sh ship, I feel like you would really learn something about, like, humanity if you studied their brains after they died. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, though, um... Maybe, though, it's one of those things where I've noticed that Fate Zero... Because Fate Zero anime readers and Fate Zero novel readers have very different opinions of Karya, where the novel readers, I think, very, like, easily latch on to the idea that, like, this is a shitty insult guy who's basically just in it because, you know, maybe he does want to fuck, fuck Owie, but also, you know, you know, he wants to, maybe he wants to save soccer, but also he's a weird insult guy who has bad complexes about He wants what, what's owed to him. Yeah. Yes. And anime guys are like, oh my god, look at this tragic hero who, you know, got screwed over by circumstances beyond him. It's, it's, I feel like it's on the adaptation, but it's just funny to me that, like, these two radically different interpretations of Kari exist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think... I don't think I really like uh totally got what what I was supposed to be getting from Kario when I watched the anime in the first place either cuz it's like yeah, like the anime without context feels sometimes even more like yeah, here's some fucking misery pandering for you to be watching for some reason. You know. <laughs> mhm. Mm and like that's Kario, right? It's like am I supposed to be like having fun with Kotamine watching this cuz I don't think it's like fun this is i didn't really care about kotamine when i watched fate zero uh because i didn't really understand what he was like doing or getting out of any of this fate fate stay night really sold me on kotamine what i'm getting at yeah he's really uh, fucking good he's really great he's really fate great stay night. He's incredible like one of the best guys in fate stay he's the best guy in fate stay night um that's why i rated him at least yeah. i don't remember if you rated shiro higher than him I may have just to piss you off. I think we did have a shared Kotamine moment. Oh, yeah. So that you could... No, no, no. Like, Kotamine number one moment on yeah, that. Yeah, So that you could then stab me in the back about Ilya. <laughs> You're never going to forgive me for that. That's what we do this podcast for, fans. So if you ask... Build okay. Grudges. Ben, if you ask me today, <laughs> Ilya's the best character. Oh, because Saber got, has gotten so tarnished. Uh, no, I, like... Stay night saver, still incredible. But I'm like that scene where it's like, yeah, and Shiro and Ilya actually got to like follow through <laughs> on this, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, they did. Ilya the is simply, literally built different. <laughs> the thing is, all the, unlike this book, all the major, you know, major characters—they're not like side jobbers, like you know, Lancer and Assassin. You can take or leave those guys depending on what your tastes are. The major characters of Fate Stay Night are all reasonably developed and interesting. Like Shiro, mm -hmm. the heroines, Archer, Kotamine, you know? Mm -hmm. Ilya included in heroines, of course. Yeah. 
She's great. Zilia. Yeah. She's Ilya. Look at her. Yeah. Oh, probably okay. like the worst major character in Fate Stay Night is still better than every character in this book. Yeah. I'm glad that like shaking hands. Like I'm glad that we can agree on something. Uh-huh. Okay. Um Right, yeah. So Tokiomi's propped up in a pew. Mm-hmm. Karia comes in in the anime so slowly, shuffling across the fucking uh, hall. Very, very, very dark church. Uh, then uh, Tokiomi like falls over and slumps on him when he because he's dead. And then this is, I think, where it takes it a little too far for me. Aoi comes in for some fucking reason. I guess Kotamine. Oh my god, also... you just killed my husband this second, even though there's no blood here and he's dead. He's been dead for a day and he's cold and probably smelly. <laughs> Kotamine did do something to, like, dress up the corpse. Why is Aoi here? I I assume because Kotamine was like, uh, by the way, your husband wants to meet you at this time, you know. Like, this is more like, Aoi, you, this hasn't, like, struck you as odd at all that your husband has, like, asked you to come to the middle of the battlefield during the battle and not given you any kind of signal that it's safe? And uh, Kotamine just showed up stinking like wine and is like telling you, no, no, it's time to fucking go, babe. Like, but no, because she's she's not a character. She doesn't think about anything. She might as well have started to exist as soon as she like came in the door, you know? Mm hmm. Karya, she's like crying over her husband's corpse. And Karya's like, why isn't she looking at me and spending time with me? I'm also having a hard time. (laughs) I, I I I love him derogatory affectionate. He's awful. I he's awful in a way that's very fun for me. I cannot just, follow you on this one, Cameron. He's a he's a Reddit nice guy. He literally posts on love him. <laughs> I, I I think it's fun watching this Reddit nice guy ruin his life. Uh, it's so funny that he can't get out a single word to even try to explain what happened. Uh-huh. I, yeah, I, I think his like, monologue it's, it's here absolute... is like pretty well written. I think. Yeah, he's like, it's Tokiomi's fault, actually, which is a really funny thing to say about a guy who's dead. <laughs> yes, yes, he's stupid. He's awful. He's horrible. I love Kari. <laughs> <laughs> cannot follow you even like one step down this loony road that you have selected um so he then strangles Aoi to death or so he thinks Uh. she's actually alive um but he thinks she's dead so then he wanders out of the place uh this scene is not not is not not uncomfortable in the book but the anime chooses to so weird the anime basically, uh, with shots of her like legs and like there's a bit of boob movement, you know. Yeah, it's she's really like flailing tra- under under him while he's strangling her to death, and her boobs are just like flopping around. And then there's like it's a close really up of her framing, crotch. Yeah, it's really framing like, it as a you know as a sexual assault scene, which I do not like. That I don't like. No, that. it's ah, it's just. It's bad. It's weird. It's like all of the like uh, UFO table K and K like uncomfortable like leeringness on women's bodies as they're being brutalized by men. Uh, stuff but again. Worse. Come back. Mm-hmm. 
because uh, yeah, because it's not even like <laughs> it's not even in the source material. They just like we're like yeah, we're gonna add some some like close up away crotch shots. Um. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Gil and Kotamine talk like do a review of Kotamine's first play. I hate the playwright uh like comparisons. Kotamine is not a playwright. Kotamine okay. does not make plays. He is a he's a priest. He's teaching life lessons with sermons. That's, that's yes, and he's actually a really good priest. Um, yeah, like, I like think... you don't have to call him like a like say he's writing like characters in a story that's not what he's doing at all like this is i think the thing that is missing is that it always feels like in in fate stay night it always feels like kotamine is trying to teach you a valuable life lesson like because he's your like cool priest guy uh and it's funny because he's a freak and here it's just, just kind of feels mean mm-hmm. yeah like, there's Kari is this... not gonna learn anything about from this yeah there's this kind of i think you know r- you know you know, it can kind of, depending on the individual, it can sort of be a little hit or miss depending on how, like, how much you bind to Kotamine's deal. But with, when Nasu writes Kotamine, there is a, you know, he has a very strong sense of Kotamine as somebody who, like, you know, yes, he finds, like, pleasure in other people's suffering, but he is still somehow, despite this, a moral person in ways. <laughs> I think that's a very weird framing but i do kind of get it because like i do think kotamine thinks that he's doing people a favor a lot of the time you know and like uh reframing it as I don't like no that he thinks that he's giving those orphans like that he's doing them a favor i don't think but... every time you know well no no um... he's, he's fed and clothed them. <laughs> not clothed them he's given them a place to live but like uh he taught them a valuable lesson about taking help from strangers. You know what I mean? That's yeah. the kind of shit that he would say. Well, I think, He's like, I think it is true that he has a morality uh-huh. that is his own. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which is entertaining. Yeah. You know what I mean? But here it's just like, it's Uryu, uh, Uryu again, right? It's like, oh, this is my art suffering. And it's like, no, it's not. That's not what you do. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just so just slightly off from what I expect from Kotamine, which is fine. Again, but it's just much less interesting than the kind of Kotamine stuff that I've already seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing is, right, this has always been my read of Zero, and we can maybe revisit this next time, but I think it's good to bring up here. I think for for Urobuchi, Kotamine is his self-insert. You know, that Urobuchi is somebody who likes writing stories where people suffer and are miserable, and he's trying to use the character Kotamine to work through his weird, complicated feelings about that. It's a really interesting theory that uh, really uh, underlines why I'm not <laughs> liking Kotamine here. Yeah, because uh, I know Rubuchi has talked about how in interviews his parents are like sort of like stuffy, literary, like opera types and how he's always felt sort of like i don't remember that might not be the exact phrasing used i'm just trying to convey the idea you know that he comes from a like sort of like very sort of like stuffy background and how he's all you know how he kind of writes the stuff the types of things that he does because he's felt very constrained by that and that's why he likes working within genre fiction uh Mm -hmm. 
And I'm like, yeah, I can really easily map this onto Kochimine's relationship with his dad, especially how it's portrayed in this book. Mm-hmm. So I am, like, really on board with the fact that, like, Kotomine's Urobuchi self-insert, which basically works to explain why he feels different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Hmm. I feel like writers writing about writing is rarely good. <laughs> or good or interesting to anyone except for the writer who's writing about writing. Um, uh... But yeah, it's like that's certainly something you could take away from this, right? I don't think that's a that doesn't seem wrong to me. But like, um, and I respect where he's coming from. I like writing fucked up stories where people suffer a lot. You know what I mean? Because uh, I think that's interesting. Uh, so I'm not so different from Urobochi, right? But like, um, I don't know. It just doesn't work for me here because it's got so much baggage shit that I don't care about you know mm-hmm. yeah that's fair uh, there, it there's feels very other... like like baby's first sadist shit sometimes yeah i think I, I even as i like the back half of zero volume four as we come towards kotamine's character like conclusion it's gonna come to some stuff i've talked to you about in dms about how i think urobuchi kind of has either willfully changes the character to better fit his vision or has fundamental misunderstandings. <laughs> it mm-hmm. could be either. Yeah, because it's like, I would respect this more if it was just like a grindhouse horror movie starring <laughs> Kotamine, you know what I mean? Uh, 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 or yeah, it was I... like more of a horror book, right? And not so caught up in Saber's, like, beautiful, honorable duels and how sad it is that she doesn't get to do those things. And, uh, I, it's try, uh, it, it keeps coming back to, I think Fate Zero is doing too many things at once and inconsistently. Yeah. hmm Yeah, there's... I, I, I was so convinced that, like, I would be the one who, like, and I still like Zero more than a lot more of than things. Me, certainly. That, more than I more than you, probably more than Fan, but like Absolutely. And, <laughs> and I think more Hell than yeah, uh, more more than a lot of what you will cover in the future of this podcast. But um it's I definitely I, I thought I was gonna be the and like I would still call myself a zero liker, but I think that that liking comes with there are lots of things that i don't like about this that i don't Mm. have to deal with in nasu works per se Mm. like you know we talk you know yeah it's like you know the sort of like it feeling kind of you know feeling like it doesn't necessarily get to delve into its ideas that much you know say what you will about sikihime and fate stay night they are works that take their ideas to their conclusions regardless of if how you feel about those ideas and all the stuff about like you know women being like very explicitly subordinated to the narratives of men i don't think nasu like does bridging in that way generally like i said i think nasu's kind of got like lay misogyny in the same way that everyone's got a little bit of lay misogyny especially men you know what i mean yeah oh definitely Um, but uh especially like cis dudes you know but it's like not this bad. It's no, like it's it's in it's in very different. This. It's in very different ways. Like you know, 
The Feyrue is not about Saber being subordinated to Shiro's narrative. If anything, mm -hmm. it does the opposite, which it can do because there's two more routes where Shiro would yeah. take the center stage a bit more. Yeah, I think yeah. There's there's an element of Nasu's writing that is like he he views men as having a kind of lay misogyny mm -hmm. that is part of their character. Mm -hmm. Uh and he can't really imagine a world where or uh -huh. doesn't write worlds where that is not true. Um, yeah, as opposed to yeah, making those though that like part of the narrative mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah whereas like but like you know it's not the fridging it's not the mommy complexes it's you know the mommy stuff is so bad i i like the combination of the mommy stuff and the fridging is fucking killer you know, I said I like Kiritsuku, and I also said that I like Karia, but both of these characters have something in common when I say that I like them. It's that their narratives are often developed through putting women as tertiary characters. Tokens. Tokens that they move around. Yes, and like, I can like those characters... You know, I can I can like those characters still, and I still do. Um, you know, I like Kiritsugu, I like Karya. Kotomine is worse, but he's not like, you know, worse than Stay Night. Kotomine gives you a pretty, you know, wide gap to fall down. You know, there are characters in this book I like, but it, you know, it there's I don't like the way the book does women, and you know, even the characters I do mm -hmm. like often suffer from this i think the only character who does not end up in weird shit through zero's like many weird complexes is waiver who relatively gets out normal guys yeah he, he's a normal guy and like he needs to learn some life lessons and i think the way those things come together in the back half is good uh mm. and like it's not like kiritsugu or kario where like this is kind of like often predicated on like the suffering of women i'm like mm -hmm. the thing is right if fate zero wanted to present a worldview where like women are like often subjected to like the you know the whims of men and like the suffering you know like where women are kind of like used by men i i think that's great that's fine not every uh, you know, not every female character in a story like this has to be an action girl boss. But if I was going to say, I was going to bring up the idea of Zero having a girl boss as being somehow <laughs> even worse than what it's already doing. Yes, it's but like it's one of those things where I think if you want to do that idea, well, you have to center these women. And like, yeah. that's the part that Zero is missing, because like. You could make Aoi Tosika and Irisfield and all these other characters interesting without changing that much, theoretically, if you centered them. But there's no that that's the like and you know, that is how the same person who writes Fate Zero writes Monica, because the mm -hmm. only difference, and it's a very important difference, is that Monica centers them. And a few years. Yes, and, and a few uh, years. other people on the team. Yes, but okay. 
<laughs> all, um, all true. But I think I think you see where I'm coming from, right? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think this guy. I don't think Arabuchi's the devil or anything. No, right? no, I, not I not that, at all. Um, I think he just made some mistakes in really plotting out this that, book. I do think that having one woman be a master could do wonders. You know, she doesn't need to be like. I'm a flawless girl boss. You know what I mean? Even no, if it's like, um, no, I'm this like, would not what work. If, but like, what if you gender bent wafer? <laughs> that would be, that would be interesting. But then you lose the yaoi and, uh, or then you lose the, the yaoi. And I guess the, I guess if waver's a girl, the care, like the power dynamic between yeah, waver and East Gonder gets, girl. <laughs> yeah, yes. gender bent both of them. Gender bent both of them. Alternatively, cut Ryanosuke and Kijotarai out of this book and replace mm-hmm. them with a female master servant team that does anything interesting. But uh, yeah, overall, I think I came out of this still liking Zero, but the stuff that annoyed me because I am reading it so freshly and not the last time I read Zero, which must have been in... Well, no, okay, I read Zero like a year ago to show my boyfriend could but because we were just talking through a lot of that um the last time i like dedicatedly read zero and like actively absorbed like all of it must have been in fucking 2016 or some shit 2017 mm-hmm. it's like yeah i still i would still describe myself as a fate zero liker but that like comes with a lot more asterisks and a lot more things i dislike about it yeah i think it's fascinating that i feel like you came expecting to uh to throw hands a little bit and then didn't find any purchase no because like it, i i think also because like my favorite um my favorite section that we cover today is kiritsuki's backstory and you were especially in the notes which i kind of talked through slash about you were pretty kind to kiritsuki's backstory so yeah. I, I think it's I think it's like some generally I think it's stuff that could sell, like make Kiritsugu a character I cared about if it came earlier. Mm-hmm. And if you know, or you know, give him a good like foundation. Yeah, give him a good foundation, and like you know, you uh, you did you know you did like the thing about him killing Natalia if Natalia was more centered in it. You know, you saw it in the notes. Yeah. Uh, generally, yeah. I think that going from that to the rest of Zero uh, does leave a bad taste in the mouth a little bit, uh, because it's... Hmm. I feel like, yeah, as it is right now, where Natalia in the book is not complicit at all in her own death, going from Irie, who who claims at least to have some kind of agency or can pretend to have agency to Natalia, who's just like, yeah, I'm going to fly this plane uh, <laughs> into New York City and then gets killed by Kiritsugu, who's doing uh, the smart, uh, like, materialist, this is what has to be done, paternalist thing. You know what I mean? That sucks. Because yeah, it's somehow even worse. It... But changing it around, if you freshen up Irie's character a little bit it could be not as bad as it is right because then you go from a yeah, character who uh Kiritsugu has to kill to a partner who he could if they did any work to like ground the two of them as a couple who have anything approaching uh equilibrium in their power dynamic it could be kind of good <laughs> but i am describing yeah, a fantasy exactly. world 
Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, uh, when they very, br- you know, because um, when they very briefly describe the young Zoken stuff in Heaven's Feel, you do get the sense that Zoken and Yastiz were equal partners. And, like, you know, that stuff's obviously meant to mirror insert pick of Kiritsugu Saber Shiro Archer, so just have, you know, write Irie a little more like Yastiza's implied writing. Yeah. Yeah. Irie doesn't even get, like, in any of this so far, she doesn't get any of those, like, Ilya wise beyond her years moments. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, because they don't, like, they don't ever bring the Yastiza part out like yeah. they do for Ilya and Heaven's Feel. It's yeah, I, I don't know. There's stuff here, but it's also undercut by not so good stuff. It's it's a, and I think it's still, I think it's still valuable, especially where you, if you consider what the climate around Fate's Day Night discussion in, you know, for a long time was of like fuck yeah, Shiro should have killed Sakura, and it's like, you know, seeing that I see how you make this book about a guy who throws away all of his attachments for justice and ends up miserable and, you know, sort of like, you know, who ends up in a very miserable spot. And I like that idea, but execution needs some work. Yeah. I feel like too many people took the law, take, first of all, I don't think you should be taking lessons from anime generally. (laughs) Thing two, I feel like, too many people have taken the long, wrong lessons from this, especially the anime. <laughs> uh, what? Do you, oh, with the writer stuff. Yeah, like writer stuff, and just like the the power of cool guy with a gun has enormous gravity, even if he's miserable. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know that this is like works to be an instructive work so much. Uh, even if that was maybe how it was intended. Um. But I do think, I, again, I totally agree that there is a good zero in here somewhere. That there is a, like, I think that the premise is flawed. I'm not a big prequel person. But there's a good book despite that in here. Somewhere. Yeah, part of, Fen is part totally of me really wonder. Fen is so tired. I, I'm so sorry. I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry. Mm. That, that's completely fair. Part of me does wonder, like, what if you just made, because, like, you know, the parallels are already there. What if you made this a young Zoken book and, like, made it about this the process the of starting the first Grail War? I don't want to read about Zoken, though, is the thing. Like, That's fair. It's like, this is, speaking of Fruit of the Poison Tree, you know what I mean? <laughs> like. Yeah, I'm just like, if you set it all the way back in the first Grail War, you you still technically have prequel baggage, but it's so much less because the only returning character would be Zoken and it would be at like such a different age and mentality in his life. Yeah, but I just guess that like that old rapist back when he was an idealist isn't the super compelling character that I want to read about, you know? Yeah, that's um, also fair. That's also fair. I do think that like shitty villain characters can be interesting and like fun to read about, but like uh I don't know. Zoken's just such like a cartoon character that like I would this is uh, again I would rather just read about something else. 
That, that completely fair. It's like, I don't want to read about Maki, Makihisa growing up uh, and being an idealist or whatever either, you know? And Zoken is like yep. even more uh, of like a unrealistic cartoon kind of guy than Makihisa is to me. Mm-hmm. 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 <sighs> Fan, you got any th- closing thoughts on Zero? I know you're hungry. I will try to have more thoughts next episode. I feel like you uh, talked more than you think you did, because I know you think you didn't talk as much. Yeah, but uh, I feel like no, I talked you, a you whole bunch talk. until we finished the notes, and then I was like, oh, it's how late? <laughs> yeah, it did get a little late, didn't it? I had very delicious danishes for for breakfast this morning. <laughs> I didn't eat anything since then. But that was breakfast. <laughs> Fun. Yeah, I just, uh, I, I didn't eat two meals, but I did get a chance to get one meal in before the podcast. I had before, an omelet like, you know, before. I woke up early. I, I, I had like a plate of chicken and some fries. Mm, we need to get some food, fan. Tasty. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I, you know, I'm gonna have my second meal at 1.25 a.m. I'll, have, I'll throw some garlic bread into the oven. Shout outs. Oh, that sounds delicious. Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay, we gotta do the closing stuff. Yeah. I think One that's day, it. let's meet the <laughs> Sorry. We are part of the Abnormal Mapping Network. I am just... I did remember it a bit ago, and then there was talking, and then I'm remembering it again, that... I think off mic, we were like, we should put a, we should do an outro docs so that we know yeah. what to say at the end. Yeah, we definitely should do that. And then I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. And then we didn't do it. Nope. So I don't have an outro doc to work off of. Where can people find you, Ben? Oh, boy. Um, I'm Ben Enns. You can find me on Twitter at Ben Enns or at Doom Gender. Um, I don't even want to talk about Reckless Sympathy right now. My beautiful, beautiful visual novel that is still not released yet. It'll happen. I promise. What about you, Catherine? Uh, you, too. you can <laughs> find me at, uh, at KimiCatherine1 on... I, my, it's either at KimiCatherine or at KimiCatherine when I actually don't remember right now. It's one of the <laughs> two. Um... Fair warning, I do tweet about stuff that is past the podcast timeline very frequently. So if you're mm-hmm. not, you know, if you're like super concerned about not being spoiled, cover your eyes when you see some of my tweets. I do have to keep myself on my toes when I see Catherine tweets. I'm like, hmm, is this something I can read? Mostly yes, but sometimes, you know. Yeah, because I feel like the only things I really tweet about that you haven't gotten to yet are Sukihime Remake and CCC. And these are the things I care most about not getting spoiled on. (laughs) Yes, Mm -hmm. but the other things aren't even worth tweeting about to me. You can find the show at Crying Rules on Twitter. Um, You can type fennec.moe into an address bar. That'll get you somewhere. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't remember where right now, but mm-hmm. um, you should like find a uh, like zoo video feed of some like foxes, baby foxes, yeah. or something. Oh. Yes, so people can just look at that. You're so brilliant, Pat. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Be... Find me, ju- find me like 
uh, 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 like live stream of um, like just an Arctic tundra somewhere. This would be extra funny because it is Fennec.moe and it would not be a Fennec Fox again. <laughs> no, but Fennec is F E N N E C, I think. Uh huh. I spell it differently. I know you spell it differently. What else? The show. Oh, email us. We're getting to the end of oh, zero. Shit. Please send Please. us emails. I desperately need emails. You can come. You can complain about how much we complained about zero. Uh, I will probably make fun of you though. So play <laughs> or cheer us on. Say hell yeah! Thank you for standing up to all of those zero likers. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So emails. We're finishing up zero next episode. So we'd love them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, on anything else, I don't know. What's your favorite color? What's... <laughs> okay, we're not reading emails about people's favorite color. <laughs> okay, you can ask us your favorite, <laughs> our favorite colors, but like, don't talk about your favorite colors. We don't care that much. Can I say that? Yes, yes, you can. <laughs> um, you want, if you want to talk about something, you have to ask us a question about it too. So yeah. at least you can justify <laughs> it. Yeah. Um. We read every email and appreciate each and every one of you. Mm-hmm. That's a lie. I appreciate most of you. <laughs> Do we get any bad emails? No. No. Not if someone good. emails and is like a huge dick about Zero, um, don't do that. No. Be nice to be us. Be nice to us. Be, be, nice. Be, be nice. Ben and Fan are great people. So. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it's like... I don't know. I don't think Zero needs defending. Like, not just because I don't like it, but also because, like, so many people like Zero who mm-hmm. like bait shit. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to be Zero's strongest warrior. Join me. Be Tsukihime's strongest warrior. Um... Yeah, so join us. It's, uh, for one root of Tsukihime is probably better than everything in Zero. Not, Any you know, root. let alone, let alone the, like, culminate value of all five. I'm thinking about a Kiha's route now. I think that there are pieces of Zero that are better than a Kiha's route in yeah. its entirety. I I think so too. Probably. But I think if I had to read all of Zero or read a Kiha's route, uh, however many times in a row it would have to be to make the the equal amount of time with reading Zero, I think I would rather read a Kiha's route. <laughs> And, but this is me being a hater. This and, is me you know, being a hater. Uh, uh, route, it's gets has some issues, especially with how Aki has handled towards the end, but it also has some sick shit in it. It has Sotsky. It has motherfucking Sotsky. A lot of my my complaints with Akiha's route are rooted in the way that we recorded our podcast on that, and we had two episodes on the middle of that route where very little happened, mm-hmm. um, and that has stuck with me. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm, I'm telling you, there's uh, cool cheeky stuff in that room. It's a good cheeky room. We are covering next time. Next time, we're finishing zero. Oh my god! Oh, I feel like the sun is coming out. That is translucent yeah, JPEG of fate zero heart of freaks. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, don't say that. <laughs> yeah, that is sometime in the future. Um. Yeah, finishing zero, that means finishing the show. That means that we're watching the specials for season two. 
uh, which I'm sure will be a joyous and fun occasion for all of us. Oh, why are we even doing that? Uh, we should. Uh, because they're part of the thing, Ben. That's like, okay, but Ben, this is the argument that ends with me going, no, we really should play every single Fate Grand Order event. Because it is part of the thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, the time commitment of these things yes. is very radically different. <laughs> Watching all three specials is going to be half an hour of our life. Reading every Fate Grand Order event would take me literal weeks. Uh, um, it's not about the amount of time. It's about the principle of the thing. Also, I've discovered like, honor teen... because I looked at Saber. <laughs> also, Teenage Tiger, like, she's cute. She's fun to be around. She's fine. I don't like Tiger. Um, I like I like Teenage Tiger more than I like Adult Tiger. That's fair. Yeah. What is our next uh, altogether game? I was just getting there. We're watching Madoka Rebellion. Hell yeah, we are. Heck, Heck yeah, we movie. fucking are. We're watching Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> Are we actually? Listen, you two up for it? Yes. How long is Snakes on a Plane? It cannot okay, be that long. <laughs> what's that long? <laughs> okay, what's that? Snakes on a Plane length. Let's have 105 a minutes. That's nothing. An hour 46. That's not too bad. Let's fucking do it. I think you're outruled, Ben. We're watching Snakes on a Plane. Fine, we'll watch fucking Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> <laughs> for for uh altogether we're playing i too saw dreams through the air it's not about christmas this one might be good <laughs> yeah i it will at very sure it's not about christmas That's it will just the title it will at the very <laughs> least be interesting like uh uh like formally hmm. i don't want to you can't guess, tell me anything more than that well Okay. Yes. Yes. I guess. Yeah, okay. Do you usually you usually tell me how long it is? Uh it is two games. <laughs> oh right. Uh, how how long are they in unison? Are they like downloaded together? I think it's like a total of an hour ish. Oh, that's um, fine. God, I can't fucking wait till the episode drops and people find out we're doing fucking snakes on a plane. <laughs> No one say anything. No, no, we're not saying shit. I want people shit. to discover this, uh, like, uh, organically. Yes, of oh, course. Um... I'm such a good addition to this podcast. Yes. It's like 20 minutes. Huh? What is 20 it? minutes for the two. For both together? 20 yeah. minutes? Yeah. Wow. Oh, God. Okay. That's nothing. Yeah, that's In not inspiring my faith, but we'll see. Short things Listen, can be good they're, too, Catherine. They're Dojin games. Um, and that's everything, right? Those three? Yeah. Okay. Uh, unless you wanted to read Bloom Into You Volume 1. Sure. I'm, I'm down. I'm down. That's I, too I many confess. things. That's too many things. Okay, okay. You have can... to take off snakes on a plane. Okay, I don't want to take. I don't want to take. We have committed so hard to this bit. I'm actually kind of excited to watch it. We're not doing that. Should we? Okay. Should we? When after the episode drops, like wait for the episode to drop a couple hours and then put a snakes on the plane uh watch party in our Discord. <laughs> Fuck yes. Yes. If you want wait, to watch uh, snakes on a plane wait, with will us, the episode. Wait, will the episode drop? I don't sure this works out. 
No, it doesn't, because we're recording part two next week. Mm. Or part eight. We could just do a watch party, the three of us. A secret watch party. Okay, yes. Yes. I I, I would love to hang out with you two. Alternatively, we could have an inexplicable snakes on a plane watch party. None of us can mention why we're doing it. Oh, no. That would be too fucking painful. Private watch party. A girl sleepover energy. Yeah. Um, one day let's meet in the snakes on a plane. <laughs> Fan. One day let's meet in the digital sea. Okay, you said that fu- a little funny. Yeah, okay, one okay. One day let's meet in the digital sea. One day let's meet in the digital sea. One day let's meet in the digital sea. <laughs> Whispered it. That, that, I can't that, help it. The whisper okay. one was kind of Moe. I'm not gonna lie. It was like really it cute. Not, well, that's because Fen's Moe. Yes, that's Fen. true. I've seen Fen. I'm looking right now. I'm... Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Fine. okay. I'm recording now. Uh, okay. The blue waves are going through Audacity as I speak. They aren't turning yellow or red. Nope, that that they're all blue. Okay. Cool. We'd love to see. Oh, oh, am I spicy? Are you spicy, fan? I think we might be a little spicy. <laughs> Oops! All clipping episode. Okay, I think we're good. Let's clip until there's no sound left. Ah, uh, the clipping will continue. Continue until sound quality improves. We're going to start speaking entirely at a tone that is too high-pitched for human beings to hear. (laughs) This is going to be the world's first podcast for dogs. (laughs) Uh, Does that include dog girls or just dog dog dogs? Obviously can hear it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, let's do 30... You don't have time to do this, do you? One second, let me, let me, let me get it up.
I almost said, by the way, uh, I, I may, I will for, have forgotten this by the time we record next episode. I almost said number one fate fan NA. And then I was like, wait a sec, Catherine's not in North America. Catherine could <laughs> claim that title probably. <laughs> International <laughs> fate fanatic. Oh, that, that, that that's kind of, it's not alliterative, but it does sound nice. Okay. Uh, okay, I am on time.is, so... Okay. That was... That sounded way off. I heard Catherine... Catherine has the whole Atlantic to go through, so... I'll figure it out. that clap through so many tubes and pipes. Yeah. Um... Hold yourself up to a high standard. Not... An impossible one, Frank Sonnenberg. This is weirdly prescient for what Zero is about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Who's Frank Sonnenberg? He read a play. Oh, maybe it's a good play. He's an author and well-known advocate for moral character, personal values, and personal responsibility. Hmm. Fascinating. Hmm. No. Yeah, this is another one of those fake guys who just writes quotes. <laughs> there seem to be a lot of those there's so many of them they all write about using your time efficiently god where, can i get a fucking job doing that <laughs> i think you just have to sell your soul it might not be worth it uh I, th- 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 there, there might be a topical show called monica magica where this <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Could I wish to be a boring white guy who writes quotes and makes millions of dollars? I'm sure that you could if you tried real hard. The first wish that ever moves Cube's heart. You can tell that my thoughts on Madoka are less well thought out, I guess, than you two's, because I was like. Madoka, she's pink. How could she be any lower than second? <laughs> that that's so valid. I it's all relative. I love all of these women. So I think that Madoka's like journey is still really interesting. It's just not the one that I'm most interested in. I'm most interested in Sayaka and Homura, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh again, uh I wanna save the world is uh not my first interest. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, even as, like, a very big Shiro-liker, the reason I like him is because he is a very traumatized boy basically imprinting the first thing that happened to him in hopes that that will make him happy. Mm-hmm. Like... Shiro, you know, feels kind of motivated by trauma and daddy issues to save the world, but at the end of the day, he just wants to be happy because he feels emptied out. Yeah. I'm still, you know what I'm still thinking about? I'm still thinking about that uh, Madoka 30 years later spinoff or whatever. Did they give Homura a husband? Fan? Uh, I would accept uh, Madoka having a husband. Madoka is engaged because uh, then they can have the like this nightmare NTR situation going on with her stalker. <laughs> but I don't know if 
Homura had a husband. This is the... So. This could save it all to me. Because the other girls, I can imagine them all being, like, cajoled into being normal people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But Homura, yeah, Homura like, not at all. Freak. <laughs> Grim, though. The whole, uh, I might watch, like, interact with Magia Record, not the Nakaji game itself, but, like, at some point, just out of, like, grim curiosity, but I really can't imagine that there's much there. Yeah. Yeah, from from what I understand, the anime ends up going in a very radically different direction from the mobile game, for better or for worse, depending on who you're talking to. Hmm. Interesting. I'm pantsless. I'm ready for zero. Okay, so are you are you Eastgonder manga pant like novel pantless or are you anime pantless? I'm anime pantsless. Okay, wearing a different different level of pant for the manga. Yes, should be wearing like, <laughs> I, like he should be wearing little shorts. Things. Yes, <laughs> Eastgonder in Kyoko's like cutoffs. <laughs> I've successfully murdered Ben. Uh, Ishkandar would be a better character if he was wearing shorts that said juicy on them the whole time. 